Hello, everybody, and welcome to Turn to Page 3, Season 2. It is confusing, I can't deny, but it's the Gateway of Doom, Grail Quest style. What an intro that is. <laughs> How are you doing today, fellow Pip? I'm doing well, fellow Pip. Wow. I'm, I'm Pip -Pip. over the moon ready for this, because the last book was, yeah. uh, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of the first one in terms of uh, enjoyable and, and quality. Not to say the first one was bad at all, but the second yeah. definitely eclipsed it. Should that trajectory hold, I'm mm. not even prepared for the number that I would need to place on a theoretical numerical review at the end of this. I would have to invent <laughs> new notation to create the appropriate number for that rating. I'm just going to roll two of these sixes, and that's my rating. A <laughs> three. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's bad. The, the dice said so. Uh, yeah, you, I agree in the sense of one to two. I mean, I think I said at the beginning of episode two of, of Grow Quest that uh, I enjoyed the first one. And then hearing that the second one was really like a lot better or the very least a lot deeper, which in my eyes is better. Like if someone's just trying to have like, I just want a little fun little story that's simple. It's like, yeah, I mean, you maybe you'd prefer the first one, but I, I really, really liked how in the weeds it got at certain points and how, I don't know, it just feels more developed. So as mm -hmm. for me, I don't need it to get better as long as it is like kind of in that realm. I'm very, very excited. I've been looking forward to this. Also, and... something that we didn't get from the leap from one to two was like a necessary kind of like contiguous lifespan, which is, you know, there are, we kept EJ, we kept the dragon skin jacket, we kept the globule wand, we kept a couple of things, but the story was not necessarily uh, continuous yes. between the two. Whereas here, we defeated the brass dragon, we were told at the start of the last book that that's not going to end things, you're going to have to close the ghastly kingdom of the dead. And that's what we're here to do this time. Yeah. We have unfinished business, much like the poor souls trapped in hell. Uh, I forgot <laughs> the name. Uh, even though you just said it. <laughs> so hell. The ghastly kingdom of hell. Yeah. Just the bad place, as they say. Uh, I mean, fundamentally, ghastly kingdom of hell is basically just... Sorry, ghastly kingdom of the dead is effectively just synonymous with hell in this instance, right? Like It's true. It's, it's just like evil and not any alive anymore. The evil, bad, terrible place to be. It's like, I mean, I get you have a flair for the dramatic, but like, let's just say it's bad. It's a bad place. You know, it's heck. It's heck. It's just heck. But hey, uh, I think we shall get into the intro, which does seem like it's a little bit more uh, condensed, perhaps, in this one. But we'll mm -hmm. see. So. Sorcery already? Okay, this is definitely Merlin, though. This is absolutely Merlin. The pseudo-chapter introduction of Sorcery already. Sit still and pay attention! Don't fidget! Otherwise, this book may kill you with paper cuts. Uh, also, kill you in the story. Probably several times. Oh, it's a magic book! This book is one long spell, one long exercise in sorcery, one long operation of wizardry, one mighty memorandum of magic. Uh, my magic. 
My name is Merlin. I'm also dead, but don't let that disturb you. I'm not a ghost. I'm just talking to you from another time. I was, am, perfectly alive in that other time. Perfectly fit and healthy for a man of my age, which is quite old. In my time, they called me Merlin the Druid, or the Wizard Merlin, or Merlin the Magician. I am casting a spell, specifically, I am casting a spell over you. Uh, don't panic, it's a nice spell. It will help you come and visit my time. You're quite famous in my time. In my time, you were, uh, are, called Pip, and you're a bit of a hero. They call you Pip the Wizard Basher and Pip the Dragon Slayer. In my time, you happen to live quite near Camelot, which is near Glastonbury where King Arthur has his court. Oh, you remember King Arthur? You know him quite well in my time. Quite intimately. And he knows you, which is more to the point. I shouldn't be surprised if he asks you to join the round table soon. Especially if you manage to close the gateway to the ghastly kingdom of the dead. But before you can do that, you have to come back to my time. And before you can do that, you'll need dice. Ordinary dice. Six spots and two. Uh, two of them, the dice with six sides and spots. Or one if you can't find two. And paper. And pencil. And a rubber. They're, they're called rubbers in my time. In your time, you call them erasers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go get your equipment <laughs> together and turn the page. Now, let's explain what's going on. When the spell works, if it works, your mind will come back to my time. When it reaches my time, it will occupy another body, the body of a young person, a young hero named Pip. When you're in Pip's body, you won't be able to carry on the way you do now. Uh, not exactly. You'll be able to get into trouble all right and have adventures and find gold and get yourself killed all right, but only if you go it about the right way. Which is the way I'm about to explain. If you forget any of the explanations, don't worry, they're all down the card at the back of the book. All my spellbooks have that sort of card. Saved a lot of trouble. But before I can do that, I need you in my time. The Monday Meeting of the Round Table Monday meetings of the Table Round were not usually up to very much. It was the weekend that did it. Unless there was a war or bad season for dragons, most knights took the weekend off. All but the most urgent quests were quietly postponed. Notes were sent off to distressed maidens, advising them to hang in there just a little bit longer. <laughs> Wrongs that could not be righted by the Friday night were scheduled for attention as early as possible in the coming week. The weekend itself was devoted to pleasure. At least that's what the knights called it. Normal human beings might have called it something else, but normal human beings might had very little say in the affairs of the realm in the days of King Arthur. It was the king who ran the show, and under him the knights. What the knights did at the weekends was hunt and joust and was sail and carouse. Of the various pleasures, was sailing and carousing were by far the most lethal. In a joust or a hunt, you usually went fully armored, which protected you pretty well against boar's tusks or opposition lances. But on Saturday night, when you went off with sailing and carousing, it was considered very bad form to wear full armor. Or any armor at all. So... You put on your best linen tunic and fresh leggings and a new pair of boots and ro rode off lickety-split for the nearest tavern where you assailed the crowds until the landlord's daughter threw you out. The landlord himself could not throw you out, of course, since as a knight you were gentry and a landlord, and he was only trained. But in the age of chivalry, 
No knight would dream of refusing a request from a gentle maiden, so landlords would wink at their daughters who would take you by the ear, out as you would be, into the pouring rain. As you can readily appreciate, anyone who spends a weekend with sailing and carousing can't expect to be in peak condition come Monday morning, which explains why the Monday morning meetings of the table round were always such a mess. They never started on time, for one thing. King Arthur should enter the meeting hall promptly at 10 to find the only person in attendance was the senior polisher, whose duty it was to maintain the high sheen of the tabletop. For want of anything better to do, the king would examine the newly polished surface of this table round. It really was a beautiful example of craftsman's art. The main body of the table is oak, of course, but teak inlays marked it precisely to twelve segments, each marked with a zodiac sign, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, so on, all the way around to Aquarius. The original idea, thought up by the old fool Merlin, of course, was that Arthur would choose twelve trusty knights, each with different birth signs, thus ensuring strict astrological balance. But it never worked out in practice. Before Arthur established chivalry, Camelot had been a rather wild place. Half of the knights in the realm hardly knew where they had been born, let alone when, so the astrological calculation of their sun signs proved totally impossible even a skilled practitioner like Merlin to understand. <laughs> and the table round had become so popular it was evident the membership would never stop at 12. Nor did it. Now, whenever there was a large attendance... Seldom on a Monday morning. The knights just sat anywhere they pleased, all squished up together to fit the table's rim. But on this particular Monday morning, things were different. It was still a full five minutes before the Roman water clock would dribble out the hour of ten. Yet the chamber of the table round was already packed to capacity. The king was there, of course, so too were all the important knights, Lancelot, Galahad, Bedivere, Mordred, and even Pellinor who had never been known to attend a Monday meeting of the table, let alone arrive early for one. The reason for this strange development was that there was a crisis. Rito, what? if what? you, like I, yes. uh, first saw the words were sailing and carousing and thought, that's okay, I probably don't need to know what they meant, and then that was repeated another ten times through yes. the passage, <laughs> let, me, uh, let me share with you, the I, definition yeah. of wassailing is apparently to drink riotously, and it refers to an old thing that used to happen in old, old, old England, we're talking pagan ritual times, where people would go door to door and sing at people in order to get them to give them drink. So it's kind of caroling, but uh, everyone acts as a bar on the way. Fun fact, first time in the history of ever in the podcast, I'm gonna let you know, Rex, I actually knew what wassailing was. You, I, well, this is for the actually in the audience who didn't know, yeah. I just taught myself and you at the same time. I, I went to a medieval dinner and that's how <laughs> I know it was a medieval themed dinner. And there was a lot of songs about the concept of wassail, like wassailing. And it's just, I, yeah, I knew that one for the first time. Mark it. Mark the calendar, the, the, the mark score, experience. Mark experience. Yeah, mark the score chart of times when Rito knew the word that raps didn't. Uh, I'm up to Italian <laughs> one. All right. The Blasted Oak. Well, King and Knights of Avalon met in the turret chamber of the table round, another meeting of a very different sort was going on in a very different setting. About five minutes as the crow flies from the court of Camelot, a huge oak tree had grown for centuries beside a crossroads. Because they're easy to find, crossroads are often used as meeting places for lovers or farmers or gossipers, and 
A few even became unofficial fairgrounds as wandering peddlers found them to be a convenient place to sell their wares. Minstrels tended to congregate at crossroads and sing ballads about deeds of valor, but nobody ever gathered at the crossroads of the oak. It had a very nasty reputation. The oak itself had been blasted by lightning sometime in the dim and distant past, with the result that it no longer leafed and presented a monstrous silhouette against the skyline, particularly at night. Then there was the fact that the crossroads had been used as the site of a gibbet. Rats? Mm-hmm. Gibbet? A, sorry, a gibbet? Gibbet? Uh, I know that that's I for Crocs. that is a gallows? No, 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 no. Gibbets are for Crocs. <laughs> you can't fool is me. It, is, oh, is that's that a, the, the thing that the... you flip forward to put the croc into attack mode and then flip backwards to put <laughs> no. it into defense mode? No, they're the little pieces of flare that have little plugs and you stick them into the holes into the croc to customize them. And they look ridiculous, but it is kind of fun, almost like a charm bracelet for your feet. I actually kind of think that's very lovely. <laughs> yeah. So there's a bunch of gibbets here for crocs. Until King Arthur outlawed public hangings and was consequently believed to be haunted by the spirits of several generations of criminals who'd been hanged, drawn and quartered there. Then there was the swamp, which produced marsh gas, which in turns, in turn, sometimes ignited, particularly in the summer, to produce those eerie floating lights rural people call will-o'-the-wisps. And then there were those colored flashes often seen to emanate from the blasted oak itself, flashes for which there was no natural explanation whatsoever, not even marsh gas. So people kept away for fear of losing their lives or their souls. At least the most people kept away. On this misty, eerie, chilly Monday morning, there was one idiot, one absolute buffoon, one piece of work, God's gift, who kept wandering in circles, calling loudly, Hello? H hello? Hello? This absolute idiot's name was Pip. This dummy. This no good waste of space piece of trash merlin's lair next chapter you know it's weird they're always really complimentary to you when you are pip, i know but just before you become pip they're yeah. so mean that <laughs> you are a hero known as the dragon slayer wizard smasher idiot <laughs> dunce cap <laughs> dunce cap <laughs> Merlin's lair. Hello? You call? Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? You're only vaguely aware of how you got to this ghastly, mist-enshrouded place, and not all at all aware of what you're supposed to do now that you're here. Merlin said he'd meet you here, or somewhere here, but there's not a soul in sight, and absolutely nothing of interest to explore. No landmarks all at all, except... The desolate crossroads itself, and the remains of an absolutely gigantic ancient oak tree, no longer in the land of living vegetables. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Is anybody there? Is anybody here? I do find it... I wouldn't consider a tree a vegetable. Well, I... that's why it's no longer in the land of the living vegetables. It used oh, to be right. one big cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. I'd pay to see that. Uh, a small milestone cut with Roman numerals tells you how far you are from Camelot. Too far. Since the information isn't much use to you, you sit on a stone and wait. 
The mist is very chill. It soaks into your leggings and creeps past the ties of your jerk to absorb the heat of your body despite the woolens of your adoptive mother, the good wife Miriam. Or Mary, as she prefers. Miriam insisted that you wore this for this little outing. <laughs> Hello? You call, beginning to wonder if you're in the right place after all. For want of anything better to do, you kick the stone near your foot. Underneath it, to your horror, is a snake! You're in trouble already, and the adventure hasn't even started. No equipment, no magic, no weapons, except old EJ Excalibur Jr., your trusty sword from early adventures, and you've left him toasting his palma by the fire in your farmhouse home near Camelot. Will you try and reason with the snake? Run like blazes? Or strangle it with your bare hands? As always, the choice is yours. After all, it was you who got yourself into this mess. Is it now? This is page one. Is it now? I will say, I do respect that they gave us a choice on page one. Uh... Hmm. You're in trouble already. The adventure hasn't started. No equipment, no magic, no weapons, except EJ, who you've left at the farmhouse. That has me fearing that we don't that we will not get our old equipment, but we'll see. Um, I guess we got a choice oh. already. We'll see. I, so I, we I, don't I mean, even have EJ for this fight. It says except old EJ, but that just means EJ is in the realm, not in our hand. I know, which is... Scalper Jr., trusty sword from early adventures, and you've left him toasting his pommel by the fire in your farmhouse near Camelot, which we do know is too far. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd feel a lot more confident if we still had the snake venom antidote from the last. That is very true. We do have literally snake venom antidote. Uh, but... I mean, right. legit... So, if we want to think through this, like, in a non-fantasy realm... The strongest weapon you have against this snake is 100% your legs, and it's not for kicking, it's for running. I mean, I don't I don't mind that. We have no equipment. I think there's... I don't really want to... I'll run. Yeah, I did, I'm not keen on just suddenly dying at the start of this. Though we don't have our equipment, so we didn't, wouldn't lose anything, canonically. Well, it's true. Okay, uh, right. Let's uh, let's lie down and uh, present our neck. <laughs> I'm happy to go to page eight. Uh, is it eight? Is oh, eight not the fight? Oh, is eight twenty was the run? Oh, oh, I saw the word. I saw the word run right by eight, but that's yeah. yeah. It's the it runs right before it. Page twenty. You're off. Before that rotten snake can say hiss, you're off down the road like a jackrabbit, possibly one of King Pelador's hunting hounds. Stop! Roars the snake. Where do you think you're going? Do snakes roar? This one definitely did, which is enough to make anybody pause, especially since when it spoke English. With a well Welsh accent? Admittedly, but you can't expect snakes to be civilized on top of roaring and talking. Do you stop? If so, go to 50 or continue running. I mean, it's Merlin. <laughs> What a sick burn! It has a Welsh accent, but you can't expect it to be civilized. What? <laughs> oh. Oh my lord. Yep, I, I think we should absolutely stop running. It's, it's, it's correct, this is Merlin. It's, I mean, if it's not, I feel like that's their, like, you read the last books, here's your little treat. Mm -hmm. So, let's go to 50. Yeah, because in this book so far, they haven't even mentioned that he has a Welsh accent. That's true. You stop. Who wouldn't when they start to imagine snakes are talking to them? You 
haven't been carousing, have you? Mm. Let me roll. Uh, I got a 10, so we have been drinking. Yeah, you... that's, that's a, a high carousing check right there. Yeah, you turn in time to see the snake rearing up and changing. Changing quite dramatically at that, growing taller and broader, shifting its outlines and colors all until in place of the snake, you're looking at a tall, thin old man with glittering blue eyes, long white beard, similar robes, and a pointed hat with funny symbols on it. <gasps> Merlin? You gasp. Is it you? Of course it's me. Who else would be silly enough to go around as a snake in this weather? We snakes feel the cold, you know. Very bad circulation and no fur. But there's a reason for my appearing as a snake. A very important reason. Unfortunately, I can't quite recall it now. But that's no matter. We have no time to discuss snakes. Come with me! And he turns on his heel and strides away, leaving you to follow. Which, of course, you do if... You move quickly before he disappears from sight. You'll find him at 55. We're so deep in the book for being so early in the book. You know? Like, page 55? Mm. I don't think that means anything. He's walking towards... Especially because, like, page 20 is the setup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we happen to know. Yeah, we scrolled right past it. said, here's the rules of the game <laughs> on page 20. He's walking towards the oak tree. He's walking into the oak tree. There's a hole as broad and tall as yourself in the trunk of that huge old dead tree, Pip, and if Merlin has to stoop a little, he can still fit through easily enough. So you follow him, feeling like an overgrown squirrel. Would you believe he's had stairs put in? Sort of spiral staircase that winds upwards to the top of the tree and downwards into the bowels of the earth. Uh, excuse me, sir? You say hesitantly. But where are we going? Uh, down, Merlin says brusquely would take us to the observatory, uh, but we won't be needing astrology just at the moment. Down into the roots? Uh, roots? Oh, you too, Rabbiton. Down to my living quarters, of course. My laboratory. My oraculum. My transmogrification chamber. My food store. My fuel store. My kitchens. My library. My restroom. My... Oh. But what else is down there must remain a mystery for the moment. Oh, sorry. That's actually back to you. I got, uh, I missed oh. the... Wow, 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 Firsts for days. First, first, firsts for days. Uh, but what else That's is down real there? quest first. <laughs> World premiere. <laughs> but what else is down there must remain a mystery for the moment since he is already well down the spiral staircase and his voice is fading. So he lives there in this oak tree, an eccentric wizard to be sure, since you know he also lives... Sometimes. In a log castle and... Sometimes. In a crystal cave. But not wishing to be left behind, you follow him quickly, almost too quickly, since the running around and round the spiral staircase makes you feel distinctly dizzy. The staircase ends in a hallway, and while there's no sign of Merlin, you notice a doorway ajar and go in to find him seated at a table in the middle of a surprisingly comfortable room. Hunched over a large crystal ball, pondering his orb, which is emitting a weird blue-green light. Look at this, he says, gesturing you over. Look, look. He bends forward short-sightedly, his spindle of a nose only an inch away from the surface of the glowing crystal. Across you go and peer into the crystal over his shoulder, and to your surprise, it's rather like looking into a room through the wrong end of a telescope. And what an interesting room, for it is full of knights, and at the center is a table that can only be the famous table round. The knights seem... Very excited, for several of them are gesticulating wildly and 
Most of the remainder show expressions of worry and concern. Only the king, whom you recognize instantly, appears calm. I wonder what they were saying, you murmur absently. Oh, oh, just a moment, Merlin says. I'll turn up the sound. He makes a mystic pass over the crystal, and and at once a clamor of voices fills the room. Turn to page one. I love the flavor of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me get some headphones. The chamber. Oh, uh, sorry, Pip. Do you have a splitter? <laughs> oh, my vein of my existence. Whenever I need a splitter, where'd it go? <laughs> They're back in 2006. Yeah, I still use some. <laughs> I still use them. Uh, the chamber is in an uproar. Mordrin, who is a natural troublemaker, has made a snide remark to Galahad about the intelligence of his father. In later life, of course, Galahad will become known as the Knight Parfait, the perfect knight. He will ride a white horse, wear pristine armor, right wrongs by the cartload, never swear or lose his temper or even be slightly discordious. In short, he's destined to become an absolutely sickening individual. But at this time of this meeting, Galahad's still young. He's just hit Mordred on the nose. <laughs> Mordred, <laughs> Mordred falls back on the toe of King Palinor, a fiery old warhorse who pokes Mordred vigorously in the ribs. This action is noted by Sir Percival, a knight with an interest in fair play, who takes King Palinor to task for what he sees as an unwarranted action. Sir Lancelot, who is Galahad's father, and besides, loathes Mordred for several other reasons, Proceeds to berate Sir Percival, while the king tries to make himself heard above the rumpus. Gentlemen! King Arthur calls, pounding his fist on the table to restore order. Gentlemen! We are here, as you know, to discuss a crisis. Now, listen to this, says Merlin as you stare into his crystal ball. Pay close attention, because it concerns you, or it will. Most of you know the details already, continues King Arthur. But for those of you who've been out of touch... Here he glances at King Pelinor, who's notoriously out of touch with most things. I will give a brief outline of the facts. A little while ago, our realm, as you know, came under attack by a brass dragon. That danger is no more. The beast was slain very efficiently, as you're all aware. But the implications of the creature still with us. There are, of course, several theories about the origins of the brass dragons. Some people say they hold from a result of a clutch of prehistoric eggs hatching at intervals in the Welsh mountains. Another school of thought suggests they were flying in from the moon. Another claims they're born in hell. But the fact is, nobody is terribly sure. After the last one was dispatched, I took advice from the matter on on the matter from the druid Merlin, who made something of a study of such things. He is convinced they come from a curious region known as the Ghastly Kingdom of the Dead. Of course they do. Uh, no doubt about it, mutters Merlin. In so far as I understand it. King Arthur goes on, thankfully ignorant of the fact he's being spied on. This ghastly kingdom does not exist in the way that Scotland or Hibernia exist. The druid Merlin considers it to be a sort of underworld. 
an abode of spirits such as the Greeks. No, no, I knew he wasn't listening. It's a different dimension, a parallel world. Perfectly simple. Nothing at all to do with the Greeks. Be that as it may, the king is saying. <laughs> I like that it sounds like the king is responding yeah. to Merlin in that instance. Yeah. The important thing is that the appearance of the brass dragon proved there must be a gateway open between the ghastly kingdoms and our realm. Such a gateway is a very dangerous thing indeed. Anything could come through it. More brass dragons, imps, wraiths, whites, anything. And even when nothing of that sort comes through, the Merlin druid, the druid Merlin rather, informs me that there is a wind. I said a radiation! This is Merlin. Which blows through constantly and influences events in our land. This wind causes tempers to shorten and evil to flourish, undermines the foundations of chivalry, affects the growth of crops, increases the incidence of accidents, Encourages the spread of plague, leads to the proliferation of vermin and insects, especially fleas, Merlin remarks, scratching, and generally does no good at all to anyone. The gateway has remained open since the brass dragon was sighted. It remains open now, even though the brass dragon's no more. That is our problem, gentlemen. The question is, what do we do about it? Close it! Sir Lancelot says promptly. As you say. King Arthur nods patiently. Close the gateway. But how? King Pelinor surprises everyone by looking up and saying gruffly and sensibly. We need a hero. A hero? Asks Mordred. A hero. Pelinor repeats. Zoron willing to risk life and limb to get that gate closed. What about that Pip person who got rid of the dragon for us and did old wizard what's-his-name? Pip? Asks the king. Pip? Asks Sir Percival. Pip? Asks Mordred. Pip? That was a, that was a voice acting challenge right there. Quick remember. <laughs> <laughs> Quick remember all four that you just kind of... <laughs> You know, I, I'm so glad that I write like a little uh, aid memoir for any time there's multiple characters. Turn to 21. <gasps> that can't be rules. 21 be rules. The rules rules. Uh, you see, says Merlin, turning away from the crystal ball, which flickers a bit, then fades. I knew they'd get around to you eventually. Uh, now, we must get you prepared. If you've already been on a Grail Quest adventure, then you can safely skip the 40... Skip, skip the 41. Skip the script and go to 41. Well, well hang on. I think we need to just very quickly uh, continue. You'll know all about life points and combats and weapons oh. and armors and spells. Uh, if you've forgotten, you can get the uh, refresh memory at the age of, uh, back of the book. But remember that if you have any money treasure or magical oh. weapons from previous adventures you hubba, can hubba. bring them with you on this one but if this is your first quest then a bit of guidance may not come amiss hubba hubba we got our stuff hubba hubba we're not in trouble we so, are very strong so money treasures yes. or magical weapons so i'm assuming we don't keep our mace for instance 
mm. or axe or any of those kinds of things but i'm assuming so treasure i would let's... imagine i think that treasure equates to like things you find in the dungeon mm-hmm. that's what i would say i think that's a fair assessment it also says money and we do legitimately have two hundred thousand. <laughs> that is true it did not take that away from us yet at all not yet so i i patiently await the robbery um so i believe we will also be keeping the does does this make a good argument that we would have the snake venom antidote still i yeah i would say so we found it in the dungeon didn't we mm -hmm. it was in one of the minotaur's chests whether or not it'll Tingle like ring. be relevant we'll see we have the tingle ring, we have the wand of uh, the silly thing, which mm -hmm. is the big Snake one. Antidote. Sorry, this is just me writing them down as well. Uh, Dragon hijack and EJ, which we get to keep from the previous. We probably don't get to keep our leather armor as it's anything that we bought last time. It looks like the, yeah, exactly. The treasure is just the things that we looted effectively. Yeah, I'd say so. I wonder if this... I'm, I'm going to still write down the orb, that dragon-binding orb, because that, to me, is a magical weapon. Yeah. And I treasure. Mean, yeah. The thing is, like, we can write it down, like, whether or not it becomes relevant is up to the book anyways, so we might as well be prepared. Exactly. Cool. All right, let's get down to 41. Been there. Now, first things first... Merlin stops abruptly, frowning. Uh-oh. Where's your sword? I... Uh, I left it at home. You admit guiltily? Although, why you should be feeling guilty is a mystery. Oh, what a silly thing to do. Uh, supposing you'd met a monster. What then? You'd be eaten, that's what. Uh, but never mind, I shall teleport it to you before we go. Go? Go where? But you don't dare ask yet. Now! Says Merlin briskly. You'd better sort out your equipment. I came into a little money from a grateful gnome the other day, so I don't have to charge you for it. But I'd better warn you not to load yourself down with too much. This business with the gateway has affected the law of gravity, so every item you carry will deduct one from your speed. You can find your basic speed right now by rolling two dice and doubling the result. Then oh, no. deduct one from your answer for every item you decide to carry. If you drop below half speed for any reason, you can only strike every other turn in combat, so don't take too much. Now, roll up your stats and life points, if you haven't done that already, and then take your pick from this list. And he produces a parchment inventory of the following useful items, which are a many. Um, um, excuse me, Merlin, sir? You say politely. There are some items here that I don't really understand. Uh, really? Oh, they seem clear enough to me. Uh, what are they? Well, the artificial aardvark, for one thing. A little invention of my own! Says Merlin proudly. It's a sort of mechanical mouse that eats ants. What about the bookworm? Oh, that's a worm that eats books. I should have thought you would know that. But why? But Merlin is looking impatient. However, so you only ask... Blue powder? Oh, Andy, stop that! You throw it behind you when you're being chased, and if you roll a six or better on two dice, whatever's chasing you will slip and break its neck. I can only spare enough for one, though. Click stick? You ask? Another one of my inventions. It enables you to communicate with crickets. 
This is getting sillier and sillier. Why should I want a gold braid, a joke book, or a xylophone? Why would you want a hammer or a saw? Merlin asks in return. Because they might come in handy? So might a gold braid, or a joke book, or a xylophone. Merlin says dogmatically. Anything might come handy in an adventure like this, but it's up to you what you take. So make your choice carefully, Pip. Enter the details in your quest journal, then turn to two where Merlin has more surprises for you. I will say, things have taken a turn for the goosebumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're bumping. If, if you, I feel bumping. So yeah, we got <laughs> the gateway to the ghastly dead dimension has affected the law of gravity. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. So, so, would you like to roll for our speed or for our oh, HP? God, I'll do speed. Cool. cool. Oh, that's not so bad at all. That's a twenty. But well, I mean, it's a ten times two twenty. That's not so bad at all. That's very good. Good, in fact. Oh! We've also got sick health. Uh, that's an 11. 11 by 4 is 44. That's our highest health stat yet, I believe. I mean, and we have one or two free HP on top of that from leveling up. One or two. Uh, that's a great question. We have one and a carryover of 16 experience. Out of 20. So we okay. are 44 plus one permanent. And our EXP is 16. And speed was 20? Correct. Excellent. Excellent. So if we drop below our half speed for any reason, we can only strike every other turn in combat. Having a very high base speed makes us much more capable of taking a lot of these things. And also the fact that they're relating, you know, taking items to your stats rather than to your gold does make a lot of sense when they've allowed us to keep 20, 200,000. Yes. Um... So I guess can I just read through them relatively quickly? Is that absolutely? There is an axe, an artificial aardvark, a backpack, a blanket, bandages, a bookworm, blue powder, carpentry hammer, cooking utensils, counting as four speed down, container of oil, climbing spikes, chains of clothes, change of boots, click stick, dog collar, fish hooks, food rations. Counts as four off speed, but one life point comes back each time you eat it. Does that mean? Surely that means one speed pack back, right? Surely. Well, it doesn't. It. I I don't. Here, my assumption is it's possible <laughs> that that's that's actually like a a infinite supply of health, but counts as four off speed. That seems busted, though. That seems yeah. That maybe. seems too strong in that. That that version of it seems too it. strong. I think it counts as four off speed, but I imagine. But you get one speed back whenever you eat one of them. But there's mm-hmm. four of there's four four rations. You eat one, you get one speed back. But it's a penalty to have them right away. I don't know. That'd be my guess, but I, I don't know. Gold braid, harp, healing potion, one dose. Hasp, joke book, knife, leather thong thing. It's literally what it says. Loot, parchment, twelve sheets, powdered ink, quill pen, rope, sack per six, saw, tent. Counts off as five speed tent, tinderbox, water bag, xylophone. Hmm. So for under a half speed, we can only attack once every other. My fear is there's like a 
you get stuck in some goop. You lose two speed on this fight, and then we're under half, and we get a tech. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's my fear. Uh, Which means we should stay... Well, I mean, that's probably going to happen, but if it does happen, it might be paired with an enemy that we can actually face in that kind of instance. That is probably true. Hmm. So, you deduct one from your answer for every item you decide to carry. Correct. There's... Does, this can't be counting EJ, our dragon hide jacket, Surely and not. the globule one tingle. Right? Surely not. Otherwise, we would only be able to purchase one thing. <laughs> I mean, I'd say surely not. It wouldn't make sense mm. otherwise. I think that I think it's just trying to say, for every item you purchase, I yeah, I just I guess I don't see, I don't see how it would be anything but, like basically your new purchasing ability. Yeah, that's that's definitely what I'm assuming as well. Otherwise, it's almost negative to be carrying things from the previous book. Yeah. Um, so let's start thinking about our defaults that we definitely want to take. Because there's a lot of these that only cost one that just make a huge bunch of sense to definitely yes. take. Dog collar. In case we find exactly. a dog. Bango. Unless that's proposed as a joke that I've accidentally just nope. routinely agreed with. Not a cool, joke. Cool. Dog collar. First purchase. The, not, not, a, not a joke in the slightest. Dog collar. Check it and see. Dog collar. Um, uh, I think that the uh, the axe was extremely useful for us last time, or it was useful in one instance, actually. Maybe it true. wasn't extremely useful. I'll also say the climbing spikes and rope saved us from mm-hmm. literal, like, death. Yeah, let's definitely take a pack of climbing spikes and rope. So that's another two. So what does that already put us at? Are we at four then? Uh, 17 speed. Okay, okay. So collar... Yeah, collar... Hmm. Hmm. I do like the idea of the joke book. I do too. I think it'll uh, play into some more interesting resolutions for things. Yeah. It's the thing where it's like... I can definitely see the artificial aardvark being important to, like, a fire ants situation. Mm-hmm. Bookworm? I don't... I'm trying to figure out how that... It's going to be a big deal. I mean, blue powder specifically making someone chasing you break their neck. Kind of interesting. It is, but also we have to roll above a six, and they have to be chasing us. Is that too situational? I think this is all situational, to be fair. It's hard to say. Very fair. Um, are there any compulsories that we still... We, we don't have an instrument yet. There's a lute and a harp here as well. It's true. I guess I'm confused on that gold braid. What is... What is the... What does it do? I don't know. I believe it is gold and it is tied into a braid. Other than that, nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> but I feel like of all the things listed, like that was said in the dialogue, that's the one where... I would have been like, oh, I'm not I'm not going to think about that one. And that's exactly why I thought about that one. You know? Mm-hmm. I most medium suspect it. I was, okay, I also say health potion, probably a good call. Yeah. How, oh, can a we dose for speed. One? We could probably take as many as we want, but it costs one weight for every dose. It's my guess. Mm-hmm. Which, yikes. Hmm. So that puts us down five so far, down to 15 speed. Uh, 
I'm assuming at this point we don't intend on uh, counting off any of the, the four or five stacks here. I guess not, but a tent could be great. Who knows? Um, I guess I don't strongly care about any individual thing at this point. The aardvark the I'm interested in because I do see, like, I see this the use case and the use case is fire ants. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me make a case. I think we need, like, a physical equipment. I think we need a musical instrument and the aardvark. Great. I'm in. That all, I love how much sense that all makes until aardvark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Artificial aardvark. Uh, so do we want the xylophone, the lute, or the harp? Uh, they mentioned xylophone. Mm. We're going into the realm of the undead. Could it perchance make the sound of a spooky, scary skeleton's ribcage? Mm? I'm fine with that. Let's go xylo. We didn't even get to play the loot last time. That's true. How do true. we know if we know how to use it? That's very true. Um, and then I'm thinking either the saw the knife, the carpentry hammer, or the axe as our physical tool. Hmm. I say... I say saw. I say saw. saw. I see saw, I say saw. All right. That takes us down to only uh, 12 speed, but we're still above our half value. Hmm. What about a hasp? What about a hasp? What's a hasp? We're down to 11 speed now. I, I, uh, I googled it. It's the little... Thing you put on a door to to lock it oh that could be legitimately impactful then yeah i like it all right down to a speed of 11 we can either stop there or get the uh gold braid in case it is i don't know i don't care at this point i've 11 i'm good because like there is also play in keeping higher because i imagine that who goes first in combat is going to be based on this Mm. But I could be wrong. You know what? Let's take that gold braid. Great. I would kick myself if there was like a ah, you you saw through the ruse. Mm-hmm. We tried to get your attention with the aardvarks and the bookworms, and the hee ha 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 joke books. But no, you've seen through the puzzle and you've correctly selected the item that is the weakness of hell. Mm. Page two. Now, where, where did I put it? Merlin asks himself absently when you have chosen all of your equipment. He rummages for a moment that produces a neat little leather-bound book. Ah, here it is! Uh, your spell! But I already have my spells! You protest. My pip spell and my pal spell and... Oh, yes, yes, I know! Says Merlin irritably. Uh, those are your standard spells. Uh, you'll need a few extra for this adventure, mark my words. Never one to look a gift spell in the mouth, you open the book and start to read. Pip's second spell book. <gasps> uh, back and forth. You Why don't you take, take the, the first? first one? Oh. <laughs> both of oh. us did that at the same time. Oh, you. So let's both take it. Three, two, no. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> Pip's patent lock picker, plop for short, will pick one lock per section on a throw of six or better on two dice. One lock per section. Huh. Interesting. Pip's incredible duncher. Pid for short. 
causes the appearance of a magical cap which, when worn, will shrink Pip to a height of 6 inches, thus allowing passage into small spaces. Size reverts to normal in the next section. Mm, Minish cap. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Pip's amazing legume spell, PALS for short, gives an automatic friendly reaction from any attacking vegetable, which we now know can include trees. Mm-hmm. Pip's instant levitation. Pill for short, but not to be confused with the standard pill spell. Allows Pip to levitate, but only three times per adventure. If used indoors, it will lead to the banging of the head on the ceiling with concussion and loss of half current life points. My god. Steep. Pip's obliging power sword. Pops for short. Allows Pip to alter EJ's power. When applied, it'll double the damage caused by EJ on the next throw, but half the damage caused on the roll after that. The spell must be used before rolling to determine a hit. That one sentence has me questioning everything. Yep, has me questioning how uh, spells work mechanically in this. It must be used before rolling to determine a hit. Can others be used after determining to roll a hit? Yeah. And it also implies, can they be used whenever? Because we've been saying they take a turn. If mm -hmm. they don't take a turn, then combat's even easier than it's been. And it's been fairly easy. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway. Page two. This, this isn't as long as my first spellbook. You protest, having examined the contents carefully. Of course it isn't. Merlin tells you grumpily. Spells are expensive. It's the research and development, you know. I'm not made of money. Now, is there anything else? He stares thoughtfully into the middle distance for a moment before deciding there's not. He turns to you abruptly. I don't suppose you've brought a decent pair of boots? Bewildered, you shake your head even though there was a pair of boots on that list that you could have purchased. Oh, pity. Uh, the ones you have on need polishing. Badly. Oh, still, they'll have to do. I don't suppose he'll notice, what with everything else on his mind. Who? You ask, just the slightest bit alarmed, having had experience of Merlin's particular ways of doing things, peculiar way. Oh, the king, of course. We have to meet him now, before things get completely out of hand. Meet the king? You exclaim. But I'm not dressed to meet. But as usual, it's too late. Merlin, who seldom listens to anyone but himself, isn't listening to you now. In fact, he isn't listening to anyone. His eyes have glazed over and is waving his arms about in the air while his lips mumble something about the high ancient druid Welsh, the mystic tongue of all great British magicians. As he does so, a high wind is springing up, plucking at your jerkin and spinning you round and round until you're so dizzy that you can no longer stand or think or see what's happening to you. But something is happening to you. Turn out to... Turn to page nine to find out what. <laughs> Gradually, you stop whirling, and the wind, as the wind dies away, you find yourself in a round chamber packed with people, standing beside Merlin on a table. Of course, this is the chamber of the table round. You're on top of the table itself, feeling rather dizzy, with a storm of scattered papers subsiding around you. Dip! exclaims King Pelinor. Pip! roar the knights excitedly in unison. Pip! Says the king, smiling, then remembering his manners, adds, And greetings to you, Lord Merlin. Your majesty. Merlin acknowledges tersely as he climbs down from the table. Uh, forgive the interruption, my aim went a bit off. 
But since we're here, and you can see that I have young people kitted out and ready for his next adventure, uh, at least when I fetch his sword, that is. And that adventure involves closing the gateway to the ghastly kingdom of the dead, does it? The king asks wisely. Oh, yes, says Merlin. Yes, indeed. Uh, all we need is your blessing and we'll be gone. At least Pip will. I have some urgent business to attend to in Scotland. A matter of magical haggis, you appreciate, that can't be handled by anyone else, so I'll just have to leave things to Pip for a change. He waves his left hand carelessly and plucks Excalibur Jr. out of thin air. Hey, watch what you're doing! Claims he exclaims EJ, then notices the king and falls silent in embarrassment. If my blessing is all that detains you, says King Arthur regally, then you shall have it, and welcome. Oh, thank you, your majesty, says Merlin, then to Pip. Off you go now, and good luck. With which she begins waving both arms so that the whirlwind springs up again, surrounding you and spinning you once more into oblivion. Or to be more accurate, into page three, which is where you should turn to next. Just a moment! You scream wildly. Just a heckin' gosh minute here! I don't know how to get to the gateway of the ghastly kingdom of the dead! But Merlin's dry voice echoes in your mind. It's easy when you know the trick. Oh, wherever you find yourself, you take the least pleasant direction. Then, when you stop, you take the least pleasant direction again, and again, and again. You keep taking the least pleasant direction. And since the ghastly kingdom of the dead is the most unpleasant place you could possibly imagine, you're about to reach it eventually. Wherever you start from. But where do you start from? No good relying on Merlin's spells, as he told the king, his aim isn't what it used to be. Roll your dice, two of them. Two to six, turn to twenty-five, seven to twelve, forty-five. Why don't you roll and tell us where we're going? We are going to... That's a weird time to crit. <laughs> oh, 45. 45. <laughs> Here's trouble and no mistake. Merlin's sense of direction must have slipped up badly. You're on a tiny barren island in the middle of an ornamental lake. It's still, surf it's still surface smooth as glass. There are two other things on the island... Which is only a few yards across at best, incidentally. One is a leafless tree, the other is a gorilla. <laughs> this is Goosebumps. <laughs> a gorilla? Has the old fool sent you to Africa? No time to worry about that now. The gorilla is lumbering towards you. Better make up your mind fast. What to do? He's huge. Will you climb the tree to escape? Go to five. Will you dive into the lake and swim for shore? It isn't very far. Go to 11. Dare to try for a friendly reaction. If you do and succeed, turn to 26. Will you fight the beast? 51. Oh, my lord. I mean, is the thing trying to fight us? It doesn't seem like it. I mean, if we know anything from Goosebumps, the gorilla is probably just nice. Yeah. And we'll... like, the gorillas have been the nicest to us in Goosebumps. They've yeah. been very friendly. What if we try and be friendly? Dare you try for a friendly reaction if you do and succeed, 26. Oh, boy. It is a very tricky call. Because 20, 26, if we get that, that's... Mm. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that it does have a weird thing here of, of testing for a friendly reaction. If you succeed, go to this. 
If we don't succeed, does that mean we immediately have to go to the fight? Or we get to choose a different option at that point? If you do and succeed, turn to 26. I think it's just like if we try to do it and we don't succeed, then we have to pick a different option. Well, I mean, seems like only worthwhile giving the possibility of the friendly yeah. reaction then. All right. I used up my crit, so I think it's on you. Cool, cool. I'm going to uh, first roll for the enemy, because if they roll a certain number, it's not even possible. Yeah, they rolled a three. We're not capable of rolling lower than that on three die. We can roll equal. Uh, you know what? The we... two and then four and then six that I rolled, not going to do it. Oh, yeah, the first one, they the what they roll, you want it to be high. Oh, I did roll a six. Right, let's theoretically see. Oh, and then I rolled a one. And then I rolled a five. Oh. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. <laughs> Alas. Alas. Um, I mean, do we think that the gorilla can climb a tree? <laughs> I presume. <laughs> <laughs> Will you climb the tree to escape? Go to five. Will you dive into the lake and swim to shore? It's not very far. Go to 11. Did we learn to swim? We did learn to swim in the last book in case that comes up. Did, did we learn to swim or did we fail that? And then we had to use a different spell to save us. You're right. I thought I remember the words, you have successfully now learned to swim as a result of the failure of something. I think that only occurred if we succeeded the swim check. Gotcha. But it was in the description, if you do this, you then oh, can you're mark down right. that you know how to swim. Um, this says just swim for the shore, though, and it isn't very far. I think we can give ourselves a little bit of a struggle. We can doggy paddle our way there. I'm, I'm down to do it. Five, so that's 11, on 11. 26. All right. You make a spectacular swallow dive into the still smooth glassy waters of the lake. Uh, crunch? Crunch? Surely that should be a splash or something of that nature. No, indeed. The bad news is the glassy surface of the lake is real glass. Solid glass all the way through. The really bad news is that this glass is harder than your head. Go to page 14. No way. You die. <laughs> Come on! We were going so well! It's true. You just you just dive into the ground and die. So, should we read 14? Yep. Welcome to the dreaded 14. This is what it's like to be dead. Fortunately, you don't have to stay dead for too long. What you have to do now is roll up your life points again. Uh, as actually as you did before, you might even get a better total this time, which would be great. Then when you've done that, start out again. It won't take long to get back where you left off since you can safely ignore all the monsters or baddies that you've already killed. Or you can go in different directions if you want, because this is your adventure. So you can make the most of being dead. There's an interesting note that I think we'll just come back to in the future. If we mm -hmm. die in the Ghastly Kingdom of the Dead. Oh, I have great news. At worst, we're still going to have the same health. Great. We take those. Okay, so... Yeah, back to 45. 6, 5. 45. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be 45. It would be the role before that that, that Merlin randomly teleports us if we want to possibly go elsewhere. That is true. Do you want to? No, I'm fine with this. Okay, then, well, well, then... <laughs> hey, I'm just leaving the options open. Uh, let's see. Well, since we're back here, yeah. couldn't we theoretically make another friendly? I'd, I'd love to give it a go. Okay, give it a go. 
<laughs> All right. We do, 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 do. Rolling for the gorilla. They rolled a one. We do not test a friendly reaction against them. I... I just, I'm, I'm so, so wary of the, the attempt of a friendly reaction being the result of adding three die versus one. It seems so wrong. Yeah. It does. But I. It seems the only one that makes it unlikely though as well. Yeah. Uh, so. Do we try and climb a tree then? Yeah, I think so. I guess it's like if we don't if we don't want to fight this gorilla because it's nature's beauty, then I guess. Mm-hmm. It has to make the first move. Yeah, you climb the tree to escape from the gorilla. This is known as a bad decision. Gorillas climb trees too, and quite easily, despite their size. Gorillas are so at home in trees they actually build nests in trees and sleep in them. You have just re reached a gorilla's nest. A huge construction of interwoven twigs and branches, not at all like a bird's nest. In this nest, you wake you wake up grumpily from all the noise you are making climbing the tree. A second gorilla. A friend, partner, husband, or wife. It's tricky to tell with gorillas. Of the first gorilla, who incidentally is climbing up the tree after you. This is a real mess, Pip. You're supposed to be looking for the gateway, not mucking about with a herd of overgrown monkeys. If you fancy your chances of fighting two gorillas at once, turn to 51. Or if you want to try for a friendly reaction, go ahead. If you succeed, 26. If you feel like throwing yourself into the gorillas, mercy, 56. Okay. Hmm. Sounds like it, we are being offered yet another attempt at a friendly reaction. Absolutely. I took the last one. Why don't you do this? Okay. One of these times. I'm looking for a... Okay. It's a five. It's theoretically possible, mm -hmm. but I I would have preferred a six. A one? Mm -hmm. A three? So if you get the same result, does is it not... It's a no? Uh, we don't have to find it's out. It's another... No, but... it, we don't have to find out. It's another three. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Dang. I want to be friend of gorilla. Goosebumps I mean, said it's easy. Mercy. It's true. I think 56. Maybe they just require a show of supplication. I mean, I'm I'm down. I just want them to I just want them to love me. All right. You No. Throw down your sword. Hey, what do you think you're doing? Asks Excalibur Jr., but you ignore him. They they served you a perfect sentence for your Excalibur Junior voice. Hey, what do you think he's doing it? Hey, what do you think I'm doing here? I'm walking. And you stand in mute, helpless appeal, hoping your youthful charm will be sufficient to calm the fury of a gorilla. Are you sure you really want to do this? Yep. You stand still, head bowed, waiting, totally defenseless, feeling the great ground trembling beneath your feet as something huge approaches. Two massive, muscular arms enfold your great, ugly, fanged face bears down towards your own. What? You've just been kissed by a gorilla, Pip. Collect your wits and go to 64. We found it! We found the friendly route! We did it. Sometimes you get yourself into the oddest situations. You're sitting on a tiny island in the middle of a glassy lake trying to establish some sort of understanding with two gorillas, the second having climbed down from a nest in a solitary tree. You point to your chest. I am Pip. You say, then since you know the sort of thing that impresses the gorillas, you add... Lord of the Jungle. 
E.J. Snickers sil silently, silently, slightly in his scabbard. <coughs> says the first gorilla. <coughs> says the second gorilla. As an intellectual discussion, this cannot be said to be going well. But at least you're not being eaten by the gorillas, so will you try sign language? If so, go to 31. Or will you give the whole thing up as a bad job? Dive into the lake and swim for the shore? Well, <laughs> uh, let's not. Let's absolutely not just go back to the death page. And also, for what it's worth, I would have advocated the other way anyhow, because Coco the gorilla and sign language were in the media consciousness at this period it's of true. time. All ball. Just yet another place where I can share that. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many people know this, but the fact that Coco the gorilla had a cat and signed the name of the cat when asked what she wanted to name it, and she named the cat All Ball. All, one word, ball, second word. <laughs> and it's my favorite cat name. <laughs> I almost want to name a cat that just because, you know, that people would be curious anytime you call your cat and then you can explain the fun story and then they would find it wholesome as well. Yes. The two gorillas watch you curiously. You thump your chest. I, you say, you fall on your knees, adopting an attitude of supplication. Raps. Hey, want, you say, you hold up two fingers, taking great care to not make a rude sign. Gorillas being notoriously sensitive about such things. Two, you say, you circle the little island, peering closely at the ground before whooping with joy and picking up an imaginary object. Find, you say, throwing your arms wide as if opening a huge portal. The gateway, you say, pull a horrible face and then fall down flat. Of the ghastly kingdom of the dead, you say. One gorilla looks at the other and taps its forehead lightly with its fingers, if trying to make a point, but then leans forward and draws something in the sand. Look at the picture of what the gorilla draws and see if you can figure out where to go from here. Uh, so what is in front of us is a stoplight, and then two, two in Roman numerals, and then a birthday cake without lit can without lit candles uh there's 16 candles on that also that that stoplight there that traffic light um in, in i i'm assuming this is 16. in america yeah is is go on the bottom is is green on the bottom of the traffic light i this is the kind of thing where my heart says yes but like seeing a stoplight without colors on it because this is in black and white just breaks my brain entirely but it, yeah, it, green's on the bottom for yeah, your yeah, stoplights. Yeah, it is. That's wild. Uh, so, go, uh, yeah, so yeah, go to si go. Canada 16. It's got to be go to 16, right? Because there's no birthday cake page. Yeah, I mean, have we scrolled through? What? Oh, that would be so good is if you scrolled through and then on one of the pages instead of a number, there was just a birthday cake. <laughs> uh, okay, 16. Mm -hmm. This is the gorilla's nest. What a strange place to send you. It looks even bigger now that it's empty, with the two gorillas down below waving encouragement. Why would they watch you in their nest? There's an old-fashioned spinning top in the nest, a spinning top with a whip. You know, the sorts. You could wrap the cord of the whip around the top and then snap the whip to spin it, and you whip the top from time to time to keep it spinning. You reach into the nest and take out the top and whip, holding it up so the gorillas can see what you're doing. 
They jump up and down and wave in encouragement. One of them even smiles, which is a sight you wouldn't want to see again in a hurry. They obviously want you to play with the top. Stupid gorillas. Or are they? It's your choice, Pip. You can try spinning the top, in which case go to 36, or you can dive into the glassy lake from the top of the tree and swim for shore on 11. <laughs> I I mean, I mean, okay, 36 it is. 36 it is. Although, like, why do, why, why do they have Beyblades? Why do they have Beyblades in this time? I mean... Is this nest just a Beyblade arena? I think it is. I mean, why you don't have to question where you let it rip. That's true. You just must. You must let it rip. 36. This is real kid stuff, but rather fun. You climb down out of the tree and look for a flat bit of stone since there's no way the top will spin on sand. The gorillas, who are very excited by now, are grunting and jumping and scratching themselves and pointing at the flat rock. You wrap the cord of the whip around the top and snap the whip and the top spins on the flat rock. Except it doesn't. The top drops on the rock, but stands quite still. You stare at it for a moment in disbelief before you start to spin faster and faster so that the gorillas on and the island and the lake and just about everything else becomes a total blur and you feel you must be on the point of losing consciousness completely spin your way to page 25 raps i'm pretty sure this is the unreleased goosebumps book <laughs> as soon as we meet a penguin exactly i'm gonna contact a copyright lawyer 25 what a pleasant way to start an adventure. What an extraordinarily extraordinarily pleasant way to start an adventure. Merlin has dispatched you, possibly by accident, to the village green of, well, of, well, village somewhere. It's impossible to say quite where, since you've never been here before, and there's no signs up. You're standing in the shade of a large chestnut tree, chestnut vegetable tree. Well, in front of you, the green, on the green, some sort of game is taking place. It's a peculiar one, actually played by a group of rather sturdy young men, watched by a group of rather, rather willowy young women. At one end of the green has stuck three swords in the ground side by side. Standing directly in front of these swords is one of the players, a red-headed youth wearing a padded leather jacket and a metal helmet carrying a large club with an iron nail sticking through it. The other end of the green is another of the players mounted on a pony carrying a massive wooden mallet. Between them on the ground is one of those spiked iron balls you usually see attached to a mace in a knightly tournament. And between the ball and the swords is a net. The rest of the players are scattered about on the green doing nothing in particular. As you watch, the rider urges his pony into a gallop, heading directly towards the player in front of the three swords. As he reaches the spiked iron ball, he hits it with an almighty swipe of the mallet, falling off the mount in the process. Torque! cries one of the other players out on the field. The iron ball curves upwards, arcing perhaps 15 feet off the ground, clearing the net before dropping towards the player at the swords, who steps forward to meet it, swinging his club wildly. He's obviously trying to hit the ball, but instead of the ball, hits him, crashing down directly into his metal helmet with a reverberating clang that echoes across the green. The player with the club keels over unconscious. The player with the mallet... Who had fallen from his pony, you recall? is carried off with, apparently, a broken leg. Who's that? Calls another player on the field. An old man wearing several hats, one on top of the other, emerges from a side of the green and walks away slowly to examine the three swords, one of which has been knocked slightly askew by the unconscious player with a club. Out! Calls the old man. The willowy women applaud politely. What a strange game. 
Love one. Calls the old man, then adds, Me ball, please. But interesting though all this might be, you've... You have an adventure to Advent. What was it Merlin said? The least pleasant direction? You look around you. To the north. Judging by the lie of the sun. Are thatched cottages of the village itself, a drowsy rural setting, with honeysuckle climbing to the walls and roses in the gardens. To the west, a road which winds away into the distance between serene meadows towards a bright valley between two gentle hills. To the east, a small wood full of bird song, And to the south, the green. Nothing very unpleasant here, not anywhere. Clang, crash, clunk. Hosa! Aight! Someone else seems to have bitten the dust. One of the willowy young maidens has appeared beside you. Do you play Pagalfi? She asks with a, without preamble, presumably referring to this peculiar game. Then, without waiting for a reply, adds... Only they seem to be out of clubber swingers, and I seem you might be an athletic type. I thought you might want to join in. What a crazy situation. Three different directions, all of which seem equally pleasant. An invitation to join some stupid village game, and... While well, you're trying to make up your mind, the gateway of the ghastly kingdom of the dead remains open, spreading its evil corruption like a creeping plague throughout Avalon. Better make some sort of decision quickly, because if you go north into the village, turn to four. Road westward, ten. Wood to the east, forty-two. If you... Waste your if you must waste your time playing Pagolfit fifty eight. That's unfortunate because I actually did have an uh, advocacy for the South, and the reason primarily was the the South just says the green, which actually I guess that's possible that that's the field where they're playing Pagolfit, um, mm. but also it's not North, so it's the least pleasant direction in a couple of different ways. Yeah, perhaps well, I mean, we, we still stay playing Pagolfit because we seem to hate this. That's true. It's it, the least pleasant so far. The book tried to explain this as being bad and a waste of time, at the very least. Exactly, which makes it a pretty pretty unpleasant. Yeah, let's uh, let's play some begolfit. I'm already there. Anyone mind if I join in? You remark cheerfully as you step up to the begolfit pitch. All heads swing in your directions, all eyes regard you suspiciously for an instant, all four heads crease in sudden frowns. Are you prepared to bat? Someone asks hesitantly. Yeah! You exclaim with confidence, all mouths stretch in dazzling smiles. We got a batter! The word goes round excitedly. And only just in time, remarks the player crouching behind the three swords, a middle-aged man with a drooping moustache and a bird-like eye, and bird-like eyes, plural. In time for what? You ask, with just the slightest doubts that your decision beginning to nibble at the edges of your mind. To face the visitors, the player says. Visitors? The Scots team. They've been warming up until they've arrived, but they're probably here by now. And at least they'll soon be. You can hear by the distant howl of haggis and the smell of whiskey. In point of fact, you can hear nothing, and the only smell you notice is peat smoke. Easily explained by a small chimney fire in one of the village cottages. But you say nothing, assuming these people must know their own business. And indeed they do, for as you take your place before the swords, there's a sudden skirl of bagpipes. Which the villagers, deprived of your education, may have mistaken for the distant howl of a haggis. <laughs> and 
<laughs> On the pitch marches a huge contingent of brawny men in kilts. Bobbles bobbing on their bonnets, sporins swinging with military precision, dirks stuck out of their leggings and flashing in the sun. They are a terrifying lot. The Scots form a tightly knit circle in the center of the pitch and remove their bonnets gravely while a long piper squeezes out a plaintive, plaintive lament. One by one, the great bearded heads bow as if in silent tribute. What are they doing? You ask curiously. Paying respect to the dead, says the sword wicked keeper grimly. Has someone died? You ask, looking around you curiously for a coffin. Not yet. <laughs> uh, says the wicked keeper, refusing to meet your eyes. The piping stops. Hold me! Roar the Scots visitors in unison. There's a pattering of polite applause from the maidens underneath the oak tree. Then the largest of the visitors breaks away from the group and struts towards you, stopping no more than a yard or two away. Flexes a massive, massive muscles, plural, and remarks. Machit, okay, bro, You nod politely, not understanding, but you assume it to be a Gaelic greeting. He nods back tersely, then lumbers off to where several of his fellow visitors are taking sections of a collapsible caber from the sporin pouches, yes, and busily assembling them into something resembling a tree trunk. You watch with growing trepidation as the caber wraps uh, grows longer and fatter. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I believe uh, I believe Kaber is uh, a, uh, a a constructed out of uh, wood, a thing that they have to throw in order to demonstrate uh, strength. There's the Kaber toss as an event that that is yes, traditionally that is Scottish. A, it is a I thought... Scottish athletic event, in, indeed. They throw a pole. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought the Kaber had to be like a, a single piece of a tree trunk itself, but it's just a pole constructed. Cool. Yeah. But here it's a here it's a tree. It seems uh, okay. Hold on. Goes uh, <laughs> longer and fatter. The machute. He is of massive muscles. Takes the finished assembly, staggering a little under its incredible weight. Totters backwards, catching his balance, and begins a slow bow-legged run in your direction. Oh, here, j just a minute. You start to protest, realizing abruptly there are rules of Pogolfit that nobody has bothered to mention to you. But it's all too late. All too late. Sassanachs! Roars the visiting team in unison as the Mashut hefts the mighty caber in the vast arc in your direction. Don't take your eye off it. Advises the Wicked Keeper grimly as he dives for cover. But it's unnecessary advice. You stand transfixed, horrified. The huge tree trunk drops from the sky, going larger and larger, until it makes contact with your head, driving you into the soft turf like a fenced stake. Go to 34. I mean, this seems bad. <laughs> that, that has to kill us. It has to. You are in a tunnel, suffering from a splitting headache and amnesia, but as you stagger forward, your memory gradually returns. It seems that when the caber struck you, it drove you through the ground into some sort of underground cavern from which you wandered dizzily into a maze of subterranean tunnels, of which this is only the latest. Where you are, you have not the slightest idea where you're going. You have not the slightest idea how to get out. You have not the slightest idea. But there is a light ahead. 
Even if distant and dim, and with nothing better to do, you move towards it, and in so doing, eventually emerge at 24. Do we sport our way into hell? <laughs> yep. Did we successfully sport our way into hell? We we went the least pleasant direction and got sent straight to hell by a big muscled machute. Yeah. You are standing on a desolate fog and shrouded windsep windswept moor, chill, barren, soggy, underfoot, eerie, lonely, gloomy, oppressive, threatening, malodorous, and emanating an all-pervading sense of horror, terror, and ancient evil. This is by far the nastiest place you've ever had the dire misfortune to venture into, which probably means... Yep, there it is, over to the north, you found it, Pip. Looming from the swirling mists are two massive granite pillars, and between them a huge brass portal. Open. Leading into a confusion of writhing, moaning, multicolored fog. This is definitely the gateway to the ghastly kingdom of the dead. This is the place you've been looking for. It's the end of... This is the end of your adventure. This is the road to even greater glory. This is the softest touch you've ever had. All you've had to do is nip across and close the gate. Nothing to it. Except maybe for that thing standing in the gateway. I suppose you could always go home now, but it does seem a bit pointless. Or you could ignore the thing and saunter casually up to the gate and close it. So go to 47, or you could attack the thing before trying to close the gate, 57. Or you could nip over to 63 and ask EJ what he thinks. Ah, uh, we've got we've to check out EJ's response to this, right? Oh, a hun hundo P. Just writing these down for future reference. All right. <laughs> 63. I think we should probably go home to Camelot. EJ says... Which may be excellent advice, but hardly the sort of adventure it would take. Better go back to 24 and make up your own mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, you got us, EJ. You got us. Yep. Valid. All right. I uh, mean, there's no way this thing is, is non-aggressive, right? If it's standing at the gateway to the Ghastly Kingdom of the Dead and it hasn't closed it, hell. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think that that's the Do you case. want to give it the possibility? I mean, in a way, part of me wants to, but I am wary of... Well, I mean, what's the worst that happens? We die and we have we, get, we just go back here, I guess. I yeah, that's true. We still haven't gained anything additional, so all we would have to do is re-roll our HP. Yeah. All right, sure. Let's head to 47, saunter up casually, and try and close it without fighting the beast. Because there's a chance that's like, ah, hello. You would like to go in with me or something? I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Casually, you saunter up to the massive gateway. Whistling innocently. <laughs> whistling innocently. You begin to push the gateway closed. Smiling grimly, the thing pulls you inside the ghastly kingdom of the dead. Now stop messing around and go to 59. You know, I have a feeling that both would have led us here, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, we might have gotten to fight him, but we were probably also going to just get randomly pulled in here anyhow. Yeah. Anywho, we've entered a new chapter called Into the Ghastly <gasps> Kingdom of Dead, which feels like, um, whether or not it's the thing that Pip wants, it feels like the thing that the story wants. So, hey, we did it. That's done it. It's torn into no mistake. You're in a vast, gloomy underground chamber measuring 40 feet square. The floor, walls, and ceiling are composed of large black granite slabs. The only light is a single flickering torch set in a bracket in the north wall. There's nothing in the room. Except you, of course. 
and most upsetting of all, there's no door out. Is this it? Is that the end? Is this where the brave adventure ends up? Wasting, wasting slowly in some dank chamber, the ghastly kingdom of the dead, lonely, miserable, cold, unhappy, facing no brighter prospect than the final solemn journey of the dreaded 14? No, of course not. Pull yourself together. If you look in the southwestern corner, you'll find a scrap of ancient parchment on which there is a map. Go to 65, study it carefully, it may show you a way out of this mess. And probably into an even worse one. That's a different story. All right. 65. Now there's something to get your teeth into. This looks as though it might turn into an interesting adventure after all. The scrap of parchment seems to be the map of ghastly place you're in. See appendix 219. You'll notice 65 is marked as a 40 by 40 room, exactly as you discovered it to be. But the map shows no less than four secret doors out. Two of those doors lead into rooms, two into corridors, and the various rooms all have section numbers, so you'll know where to go. Don't do anything yet, Pip. It's dangerous to rush into things down here. At the bottom of the parchment, someone has scrawled a message in blood or possibly tomato ketchup. I have opened the gateway and hidden the key. See if you can find it, sucker. Yours in chivalry, the Black Knight of Avalon. So that's where the trouble started. The dreaded Black Knight of Avalon, the most wicked noble in the realm. Looks as though he was the one who opened the gateway of the ghastly kingdom of the dead and let loose the brass dragon you killed a while ago. He must have used this map to find his way around the ghastly kingdom, so maybe you can do the same until you discover where the key is hidden. Now turn the parchment over, there may be something on the back. There is something on the back. A set of instructions for- that was so fast. For adventuring in the ghastly kingdom of the dead. The handwriting is different to that of the Black Knight, so you should be able to trust what they say. And what they say is this. Just before we continue. It's a map, and we're like, oh, there's something on the back, and we turn it over. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I forgot the name of the, the Declaration of Independence for a second there. Mm, yes. The Nicolas Cage uh, creation. Mm, ex yeah. Exactly. He wrote it personally. Yeah, he wrote the name. Yeah. Uh, uh, level one, study the map carefully. You can start at the room mark 65. Oh, ooh, how much of this? Okay, some of, all of this is contextually important at least. Um, you start from the room mark 65. You may pick any of the four secret doors shown as your exit. If a door leads you directly to a room, turn to the section number and discover what you find there. If a door leads you to a shaded area, you'll find yourself in a gloomy 10 foot wide and 10 foot high corridor with worked stone floors and a stone slab of floor. Worked stone walls rather than a stone slab floor. For every 66 squares that you travel along a corridor to reach wherever you're going, you must roll two dice to find out if you've encountered any wandering monsters. What? Check the table on table one for level one of wandering monsters in the appendix. Sometimes the roll will show you meet no monsters. Sometimes it'll show you do. Wandering monsters are too stupid to be bribed and too bad-tempered to ever give you a friendly reaction. So when you meet any, you must fight them to the death. If you kill the wandering monsters, you may continue along the corridor, still checking every sexy feed in case you meet some more. If the wandering monsters kill you, then it's off to 14 and to re-equip and roll up new life points. But, and this is important, if you're killed anywhere in the Kingdom of the Dead, you do not have to start a whole adventure again. Instead, you return to 65 and start from there. Or rather here, since this is 65. One more thing. Hmm. The torch in the wall bracket on this 40 by 40 chamber is almost burned out. If you have no torches, lamps, uh. or other light sources in your equipment, you must travel in the dark. You'll be able to find your way, all right, but you will not fight nearly as well as usual. You'll need to score damage normally, but you'll need to roll an 8 or better to hit, even if you're using EJ. 
That's the bad news about wandering monsters. The good news is they usually carry a bit of gold around with them, and if you manage to kill them, you can add their gold to your own store. The table shows how much gold they carry. That's it for the corridors. Now the rooms. What you'll find in the rooms is anyone's guess. Good luck! Let me roll an eight. <laughs> yep! Oh, we forgot about light. Well, we, you know why? I was going to mention something because last time we had light and then it was like, you have a torch. And like, we had light anyways. And I was like, oh, okay. yeah, that's I mean, true. I mean, okay. All right. So yeah, we have a map of level one. Wait, we were on page. That was 65. Oh, that was 65. So 65 is not on here for reference point, but it's the big, we're in the big section of this map that we, we can see, right? Or what? Oh, um, did it say? Yeah, does it? Yeah, sixty-five. We're we're at the center of map one. It, sixty-five is marked on there. It's just kind of faded. Oh, I'm literally I'm just on the wrong page. There's map That's one good... level. Oh, map. Oh, there's two different maps of level one. Maybe I cheated. Um. Okay. Ah. We'll see how that is relevant at some point. But yeah. Okay. So we have mm-hmm. we're on page sixty-five. Basically, we have yeah, we have four doors. Uh, yep, two of them lead into corridors that we would be able to take to different areas, and then two of them just lead to other rooms. I will say there is a northeastern door. There is a northeastern door. That would be the one twenty-five, which also seems like a relatively small room. Want to check yeah. it out? Let's go to one twenty-five. Let's check that room. Hell yeah! To our northeast. This is a 10 by 30 chamber, empty except for a pile of straw on which lie a skull and a few crumbling human bones. There's no door out except the one which you entered. Seems the crumbling bones must have belonged to a previous adventurer. Hope you don't end up the same way. If you search the straw, you find 10 gold pieces, which is something. Not much, but something. I'd say not much, rousing success. Something. Oh yeah, sorry. It's sorry. It's I saw I saw the the something there as well, and I was like, wait, oh, so it does it again as a joke. I looked back up and and mistaken where we were starting back from, but that's okay. We just get ten GP and we go back to the the other room. I mean, I'd consider it a rousing success. It's just free exactly. real estate. Didn't kill us. Made us strong. What do we think about uh, going going southeast now? Checking out the other available room here. I think that sounds. Good. I'm just trying to open up uh, Microsoft Paint so that I can actually just cross out some of this stuff because I'm going to get confused about what where we've gone. Very, very, very good idea. Okay, so you want to just go to the east? So which which uh, one? The southeast. So southeast. that would be at uh, 85. Southeast. Going down to the southeast, 85. All right. You've entered a 30 by 40 chamber. Wait. So hold on. What was the deal about encountering monsters? Uh, only in corridors, and the corridors gotcha. are the dark shaded parts of the map. Do we have to roll for uh, encountering monsters when we do enough movement? Gotcha. And we're not in. For the record, we're not moving in those right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. But big enough and with a higher ceiling. You also have walked into a web, the strands of which are thick as cables and very sticky. Spinning a new strand down from the high ceiling is a spider the size of a Great Dane. What? This, this is happening quite frequently, that it's the size of a Great Dane. Mm-hmm. That's the bad We've, news. Uh, we're not familiar with any other dogs that yeah. are Great Dane, so everything is vaguely a Great Dane size. Yeah. 
That's the bad news. The good news is that the great Danish spider hasn't reached you yet. So you have time to make a dice roll to find out if you're stuck fast into the web. One and four, and you're not stuck. Five or six, and you might as well go direct to 14. So this sounds like roll one die. Even if you're not stuck, that's still the spider, which is a lot nearer now. Well, let's, let's roll the die first, the one die. Shall I? Yeah, please do. Okay, I got a four, which is good. Good, good. That's four good. is good. Oh, All right. Even if you're not stuck, there's still that spider, which is a lot nearer now. Has 15 life points, strikes on a five or better, and does plus two damage. Because of the situation, no surprise is involved here on either side. EJ, who's afraid of spiders, will score one less than his normal damage on account of shivering. Well, okay. Uh, so no surprise is involved on either side. So yeah, we just mm -hmm. roll for initiative. I roll spiders initiative. Yep. It is a four. We rolled one, unfortunately. The spider is going to well. be striking first. All right. Strikes on a five or better and does plus two. Do we have our... We do have the dragon hide jacket. Yeah, we have that. We don't have the other armor we had, though. New. All right. It got to, it got to six, which is a That's hit. That's three damage, not... which gets blocked. We have, It's a plus or minus four, right? Is what we have? Yep. Okay, great. Ba-da-da! We attack back and roll a seven, which is not enough to hit. This is going to be a problem. Eh, a little bit. <laughs> well, got a six, which is not enough to do anything. Wahoo. <laughs> uh, four. We also don't. Hmm. Okay. Clang, 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 clang. That's seven. Sword just strikes off the enemy's chitin. Seven, yeah. that does four damage, which we reduce by four and take no damage. Invigorating! I mean, we both need to roll above an eight to do damage, actually. It's a turn Yeah. Turn. Okay, we uh, we roll a ten. Now, okay. damage is assigned normally, despite the fact that it's harder to hit in this instance. So we do 11 points of damage, which knocks the enemy unconscious, and we finish them off. Boo, 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 boo. That's an experience. Even with the minus one from EJ? Not to... Oh, yeah, it was uh, yes, so with 10, our difference is 6, and then we also get plus 5 from EJ specifically. Negative 1 takes us down to only doing 10 damage to them, which puts them down at 5 life points. They are unconscious. Alright. If you win, go back to 65. There may be a lot of gold in this chamber, but you can't search safely on account of the webs. Alright. That's why We don't need additional gold, frankly. Truth, truth, truth. Uh, okay. So, yeah, on this map, there is... The next two doors are through corridors. Mm-hmm. One of them goes north, one of them goes south. I mean, do we want to air towards north? I mean, let's let's go towards north. It eventually... Because it eventually could get us north and east. So... Uh, we do that. So we roll... What is the exact... Oh, my God, what's the exact rules? So... I believe it's if we move six spaces. Yeah, for every 60 feet, six squares, you travel along a corridor to reach wherever you're going. You have to roll two dice to check if you've encountered any wandering monsters. And then okay, we check so the result on the table level one wandering monsters. So, all right. one, two. so we do indeed roll two dice because this is it's like 10 spaces. Uh, Yeah. Well, so. yeah, we'll, we'll roll after the first one just in case they have the ability to knock us back or anything like that. Yeah. I've rolled. I've gotten a five, which is a nun. That's none. No enemy. No, encountered. it's an evil nun. We... 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, unfortunately, EJ is terrified of those, so he's going oh. to shiver out of our hand and run away. Yep. All right, that's another. To be clear as well, the Wandering uh, Table has no encounters on a two through seven. So, like, it's unlikely, slightly unlikely, ever so slightly unlikely. Mm -hmm. All right, so that's 70, that's up to 75 then. Oh. What's up? Okay, okay. Um, I think before we continue at this point, uh, we should probably roll up our fireball and fire fingers. Oh, you're right. I forgot we have stuff we gotta actually do. Mm-hmm. So, for Firefinger, we roll high enough. We successfully create 10 Firefingers. We also take three damage to do so. Uh! 45 down to 42, but now we have 10 Firefingers. Do you want to roll for our Fireball? Nine. That'll do it. We also get our two Fireballs. We can no longer generate pew, those, though. Pew, 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 pew. Is there any other spells we should cast in preparation of a 75? So, I think there's the possibility that we might want to uh, do POW. Which is... Which one? Uh, adds plus 10 to the damage next delivered by the user. Yeah, let's do it. Sure, sure. Da -da -da -da. That's a good roll. That's a good roll. Thanks for rolling on my roll. Thank you for coming to my Italian bakery. That's a good roll. Um, 36. We're done. And uh, we've only used one stack of POW. Great. And we have how many uses of that? If you don't know what the heck these ones are, they, I do recommend probably listening to this series in order. But, uh, we have... Basically, we have spells from the past book as well that have limited stacks. Mm -hmm. For what it's worth, it is... Uh, you can use these spells a number of times in any adventure. So we have re we now have access to all of our uh, stacks of uh, pips immense rapid repeater pi r squared especially. Should we roll uh, up our sticky wands too? Or uh, so the game didn't tell us to, but it did also say that we keep our magical weapons from the previous book, and the previous book defined the global uh, the glob wand as a magical weapon. So yes, okay. You know so what? Why don't you do that? Is it a one one d six? One d six. Six. Let's go. Pog. Pog. Big That's pong. so. The second we roll not a six, we are gonna have some cold hard reality that's mm -hmm. gonna slap us across the face. But until then, not a consequence of these actions, maybe. Hell yeah! All right. So at seventy six HP. Move across to 75, was it? Yes, yep. it was. Cough, cough, hack. That is the sound of you coughing, Pip. The reason that this room, is, the reason being is this room is full of smoke. The map shows it as an 80 by 30 chamber, but you'd never know it from what you see. The map also shows no other door than the one in the corridor, but there might be a secret door somewhere if you searched. The thing is, do you want to search and risk choking yourself on the smoke? It's really foul and probably dangerously bad for the lungs. Risk searching on 67. I mean, we do... Or return to the corridor and make your way to another section is also an option. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. I mean, there has to be an exit, right? It's possible. I, I don't think it'll just... Or at least I hope it won't just kill us for trying to search for a secret door. I mean, I don't know. 
Let's do it. Okay. 67. No secret door yet. But you found the source of the smoke. Someone's been burning a poisonous slip. I was going to... Oh, I was going to say. Poisonous laburnum leaves in an open brazier in the middle of the room. Getting this far has cost you one-tenth of your current life points. And the smoke is getting thicker. Continue searching on 139 or return to the corridor minus one-tenth of your life points. I mean, I think we continue searching. We lost a tenth of our life points and now we're only down to 33. It's true. Is there... Is it allowed for us to now cast the anti-poison spell? Um, so the anti-poison spell is... It was Pip's immunity to poison. Gives immunity to poison, which must be taken before poisoning. Um, yeah, let's just give it a go. We didn't end up using that really much last time. Yeah, it says it must be taken before poisoning, but it's like... We're in the process of being poisoned. Yeah. I think it's probably fine, because I think we could probably roll it. And also, we might fail. Yeah. We did not fail. It costs us another tenth of our life points. We're now immune to the next instance of poison. It's true. Continue searching on 139. Where's my... Love it. Yep. 139. You're a glutton for punishment, Pip. Go to 14. Well, so the only things we lose here are well, 10 here's GP. The, here's, the, here's the thing. Mm. We were immune to the poison. Could we not turn around now, in theory? I'm I'm completely fine with that. I feel because, like if we like, spent the resource, the thing that's dangerous here is poison. It yep. feels as though took... that our resource was already expended and it's got to be used for something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I'm crazy. No, I'm completely fine with that. It, se- it seems like mechanically, like especially because they invoked the word poisonous there, they, they don't have uh, written here, if you're immune to poison... Instead, yeah. blah blah blah. I don't. Um, I think that it's very much like I. I could be wrong, but I think some of those are going to be up to user discretion. But I. I don't know. Some of them. Otherwise, it's going to get to the point where it's. If you have this from this book, this from that book, this from this book, or this from that book, then you might be fine. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like they're not going to do. I could be wrong, and maybe I'm fudging. If so, oopsie. But I guess so. We go back if to so, sixty-five. Oopsie. But or yeah, exactly. Like we have to go back to sixty-five anyway, so we're going to have to roll for another encounter. Um, but also, also. Uh, the worst case scenario is, uh, you know, if it needed to have been resolved the other way, we literally only would have lost 10 GP. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 10 GP. <laughs> That's the only thing that wouldn't come back with us. Yeah. Well, I ain't giving it up. You can pry that 10 GP from my cold dead hands. Ignore my 200,000 in the corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So roll for encounter. Do you want to do it, Chef? I'll do it. Seven! That's not enough. Two to seven is no encounter. Here's the thing, like, it might not even be bad for us to get an encounter. So it's like, but... Yeah, legitimately. Alright, so I guess we only have one door left? Uh Mm-hmm. That's our southwestern door. Hmm. Which would... One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, there's six spaces of darkness in there, so we should roll for another beastie. But then we would emerge on page 90. All right. I'll, I'll roll. I got a five. We'll fight something one day. Ah, for what it's worth, there is also one large room that we could have gone to uh, out of the, the northwest. 
there's another exit to that corridor we could have taken. Oh. If we, if we want to explore that at some point in the future. Correct. But yes, sorry, uh, What did you roll a wee beastie? Five, nothing, yeah. Uh, I see, I see, I see. Let's enter 90. Well, at least there's an exit door in this 50 by 20 chamber. There's also a funny-looking sort of mound in the middle of the floor. Curious, you move forward and inspect it, giving it a little poke. Now there's trouble. You've disturbed a colony of ants. Roll two dice and multiply the answer by ten to find out how many dice are attacking you. What? <laughs> Experience farm? I crit. <laughs> you crit? Multiply the ants. So you so sixty ants are attacking us? Uh no. Uh multiply the roll two dice and multiply the answer by oh. ten. Uh, oh wait, two ants dice attacking us. 120 ants? Okay. <laughs> Each has only one life point, but it's very hard to hit. So you'll need to score an eight or better to squash it. Already do. The ants in their turn score on a six and do one damage on a successful strike, irrespective of what damage the dice show. Um, do we really if roll? you want to try for a friendly reaction, you must roll for each ant separately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with one. I got a well, one. No, 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 no. I got a one. No, I'm joking. Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you quickly read that next line for us? So it all seems worth your trouble. Of course, if you happen to be carrying an artificial aardvark in your backpack, it'll eat 20 ants every time you wind it up, which you can do by rolling a six or better. If the ants kill, you go to 14. If you survive, you can leave by either door. I will say, 120 ants wraps mm. is six level ups. Yeah. In theory, That's I don't... six permanent HP. Which seems wrong, but they, I, I... they've they explained it that way, and also you crit, and also this seems really bad. Mm-hmm. And we have the artwork for the situation. So I, I can't imagine they're going to make us roll 120 instances of attacks for the, uh, the enemies. So when, how do they attack? I mean, the ants in their turn score on a six and do one damage each successive stri uh, successful strike, irrespective of what damage the dice show. I think this is an attrition match, and it's just there are so many of them, but every single round they only have one attack because it ju it just does. I'm not. I'm just. I, you know what? I'm putting my own foot down. I'm not rolling a hundred times for the ants if yeah. mechanically that's what they want. Yeah, I'm not going to do that either. If so, I would say no. All right. So then I, I guess, yeah, one guaranteed damage, but it's like big war of attrition. But because we have the mm -hmm. art mark, it's less of a war of attrition. I guess we will roll for initiative. Yeah, exactly. Though. Ants get one. You suck, ants. We get six. Well, great. What a time to I'm, use those. So I say we I'm use the art mark. This, uh, oh, 100%. Wind up this artificial art mark. It's, it's got a little clock screw on the back end. Uh, uh, pull uh, up in uh, one uh, hand. Uh, and starts clapping some symbols. All right, we're down to 100 ants. If you roll <laughs> Seven, six. We're down to 100 okay. ants. All right. The ants. <laughs> we level up. <laughs> 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 Ding. This is stupid. I love it. Uh, The ants got a six, so we do... Wait, no. Oh, no, they... Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, going yeah. to six. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they do one damage. Yep. 
And I believe, because it's irrespective of what damage the dice show, that they uh, are doing that regardless of our armor. I think well. that that seems to be the case. It's piercing damage. Okay, so uh, the, the artificial aardvark, of course, is now on the ground completely covered in <laughs> ants. But the corkscrew needs to be wound. So I crawl up to it and turn it around. Pip does, rather. And that's an 11. We Critical aardvark. Ding, level up. Critical aardvark. I'm rolling for the ants as they are going to try and sneak up our little pants and they get a five. Nope. Not today, ants. No pants, ants. Unfortunately, no ants for the aardvark either. All right. They're trying once more. They found a little hole in our pants and they got a critical, critical hit, which is just one though, so it doesn't matter. 28 HP. Oh, the aardvark is too far from us. The the ants, as we've seen uh, in, in many films, ants, bugs life. Yep. So on. Uh, Those two. The ants, exactly, uh, work together to be able to carry something that they otherwise wouldn't. And they carry the aardvark over to the corner of the room, far enough away that we can't turn the handle. Mm, jerks. Well... The funny thing about them is there's still many, many ants, uh, so they go f to attack us. Anyways, they get a three. Mm. No dice for you, ants. Uh, while the ants are all crawling over the artificial aardvark to try and push it back into that corner, a particularly weighty ant actually stands on the clock screw for a second and accidentally winds it back up. It eviscerates another 20 ants, and we get another ding! ding. <laughs> One's trying to crawl in our ear. Critical success. Well, nine. Yeah. Another one. One in our ear. 27 HP remains. <laughs> um, the... We, we roll a, a two. A critical fail. A snake's eyes. Uh, mm. And in doing so, uh, we briefly find ourselves forgetting what tool we intend to use in this purpose and looking around the room hopelessly for an answer. <laughs> uh, square hole and square object. No, no, can't be right. Ants <laughs> get, get a snake, guys. The ants look around furiously go, what were we trying to do? What were we going to eat? What were we going to attack? Was it the, the, the wall? I... And they, they freeze. As, as they do so, in their confusion, <laughs> they reveal the object of our search, the artificial aardvark. Immediately, all memories of three levels worth of experience have flooded back into our head as we make our way over to the aardvark and just coyly turn the screw a couple of times, munching another 20 ants and dinging once more. Ding. Uh, at this point, 40 ants remain. Why did they make the rule each creature and not each encounter? Why did they do that to themselves? Yep. Also, why each puzzle when we haven't encountered one? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, 11. Ooh, I, we take another damn. I'm, I'm glad that they can't, like, I'm glad it has to be one because I think that that has mm -hmm. helped us more than it's hurt us at this point. Yeah, legitimately though, like if we didn't have the artificial uh, artificial aardvark and we you know had to fight 120 of them, we would still only be getting them one at a time. 
I still think they win that fight. <laughs> they would. They would 100% win that fight. It also uh, would be so extremely annoying. The aardvark is fundamentally the only reason we're surviving this. Uh, yeah. And it knows it, and it's strutting its stuff. We don't even have to turn the clock key another time. The aardvark is still running off of uh, just... Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Instinct? Inertia. Mm. Instinct and inertia. Anything that starts with I, this aardvark is capitalizing upon in order to munch ant. Exactly. It's, I can only imagine so. Infrared. Ants have like a little acid in them, right? Yep. And of course, that is the way that the uh, artificial aardvark tracks these ants, by heat rays. And a little bit of um, inebriation, if we're going to be honest. A lot of ants. Alright. What are we... How many... How many 20 ants? ants remain. 20 ants remain. Three. They don't do anything. They're getting scared. Starting to become ridiculously outnumbered. Uh, they cower each of them into, hopefully, random corners. Unfortunately, all of them head towards the same corner, which is also where the artificial aardvark still is. In uh, resigned defeat, they simply crawl into the artificial aardvark's mouth and crunch themselves. We win. Yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. So, ironically, there's nothing in here except XP farming. This room is... Yeah. It doesn't have anything. It's just XP farm. So, we level up. <laughs> Six times? Mm-hmm. 51 max HP we have now, although we are down on 32. I mean, like... I would feel bad about it if the game, and I'd be like, hmm, something seems wrong. If the game didn't expressly explain that each individual monster not encounter was experience. Yep. So this is like, the pro tip for this book, take the artificial aardvark. If, in book three, you're going to want to grab the artificial aardvark, and you're going to want to go, make sure you go to the path to get the XP farm in the ant farm room. It, you know, it's... Legitimately, let's let's just write the IGN guide for this. Yeah. So that was page ninety. That was page ninety, and we may leave via either door. So we can head back into the corridor, or we can head to page one ten. Can we go to one ten? We can. There's a door out of ninety two. Oh, I see. South. Those are all okay. Gotcha. So yeah. I mean, should we just go to one ten? Um. What do you think? Yes, the only reason we would want to go back at this point, as far as I can see, is if we wanted to go back to the north and go to 70, which I'm fine with not doing. It's a choose-your-own-adventure. I choose the adventure in 110. Yeah, I mean, we can, always, we can go to 110. Well, I see what you're saying, because that's kind of, like, sectioned off that way. Yeah, starts getting pretty out of the way. I mean, yeah, I'm down to do that. We will have to roll for an adding two more encounters that way but i think that's fine we would only have to roll for one because um oh. the oh. second corridor well we, when we come back this direction we would have to roll for another encounter yes um but going into that corridor we would only move two spaces so yeah but yeah it was just i was saying because of the backtracking but yeah. good point well made then um, i mean yeah, I'm down to do, do it. it. Let's just see what's on set. We just power leveled and we just got six level off of ants. I think we can risk a little bit. All right, I'll uh, roll for the first uh, encounter. It's a six. It doesn't matter. <laughs> easy. Then we enter 70. All right. 
Wow, this is the largest chamber you've ever seen for sure. A full 70 cross and 90 long with a colonnade of granite pillars supporting a vaulted ceiling. At the end of the colonnade is a black granite throne on which sits a satin cushion on which sits... No, not a monster. You're getting paranoid. A glittering emerald as large as a duck egg. The chamber is otherwise empty and there's no exit other than the corridor which you came. The emerald looks as though it might be worth a fortune. Are you gonna snaffle it? Snaffle emerald by going to 128? Or return to where you came? Um... I don't... I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, gemstones have routinely sucked butt in this series so far. <laughs> I I think that I am not entirely interested. It seems too it's too much going to be a trap. It's sitting on a yeah. throne on a mm -hmm. cushion. This is no I've never seen a normal gem sit on its own throne on a cushion. Yep. No snafflable gem has ever sat like that. Yeah. All right, let's backtrack. Uh so you want to roll it for the other encounter as we move back towards sure, sure. 110. <laughs> Six, no encounter. Huh. <laughs> and we move into 90, and then we move into page 110, which, if I recall correctly, says we now just roll for a possible monster encounter. Make one wandering monster roll in this 10 by 10 chamber. If the dice show no monsters pres present or you win through the encounter, you may leave through any of the three. Count them. Three doors shown now. Okay. So Are you going to roll for the monster? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah or should I? Uh, nine. We actually do fight something, <gasps> finally. That is a... That is nerds. Two nerds. <laughs> they have 11 life points, hit on a seven, and do plus two damage. And are, give us 10 gold. Great. Oops. Groups of monsters will attack one after another and never together. That's also great to know. So initiative mm. for the nerds, they got a three. Uh... Our initiative is also a three, so we need to re-roll. Oh. That's number five. Two. Oh! Nerd! Not bad, All right, so they roll a seven, which I can... Is it... Oh, yeah, no. It's a... That it's does a, hit for plus two, but it does yeah. no damage to us. Yep. So that's a nothing. Smack these nerds. You gotta do six damage. Ooh, okay, I roll an eight, so we will actually collide with one of the nerds. Uh, and in doing so, deal uh, nine damage, which is that enough to knock them unconscious. Knocks one nerd out. Nerd! All right. And we, uh, we, we dunk the nerd and give him a swirly. Yep, we get a nine. The other nerd says, hey, you killed uh, Trevin. <laughs> Even though he hits you with a pencil for nine damage. Nine, not nine damage, nine on the die, which is seven. So seven to hit, nine, two, four. No, it's nothing. It's it's, mm -hmm. almost, it's as close to being something as it could have been. But yeah, they I killed Levin, and now I'm going to kill you too, says EJ in our hand as he swings up and absolutely follows through on his promise, rolling a nine in order to do ten full damage. Knocking them unconscious again. Two experience. And ten gold. Oh, that's true. We... Uh, ten gold uh, per. So it's uh, twenty. Oh. We could now actually farm, you know? We could. 
I However, don't want we to. only take 10 uh, permanent hit points between uh, different books. That's what it's typically said so far. No, yeah, 100%. Um, 10, 10 level ups would be the maximum value that we could possibly have anyways, yeah. Mm-hmm. We just need to find another uh, us... ant pile, and then we can just be fine. Leg legitimately, though, I mean, we still have the, the artificial oddball. Yeah. So, are we going to, what, 95? Or, I guess I don't even see the door, the other door out of the other place. So, the third door they're referring to there goes back into a corridor. Yeah, but that corridor doesn't have an exit. It does. I, does it for you? Oh. Oh, it doesn't have an exit on this map, no. Yeah. I think we're led, to, I think we're supposed to be led to believe that it goes to 105. Because there's like a little dot but there and it's... Yeah, but we wouldn't be able to go to, uh... oh, maybe maybe it does go to 105 and it's just a printing error again. Let's go to 95 first, just yeah, let's in go case to 95, 95 yeah. says you open a secret door in a different area. Yeah. All right. There's only one door to this 30 by 30 tight chamber. The one you came in. And it swings tight shut behind you. Not that this should bother you greatly, since your attention is taken up by the fact that this floor is just open up beneath you, dropping you into a 20 meter foot deep pit deduct a double dice roll of damage from your life points and go to 14 if it kills you then sit down on the floor of the pit which is littered with dried bones of previous adventurers and try and find your best way out so i heard some dice rolling i did i did indeed i rolled a seven we took seven damage we're down on 25 hp now and we don't have as many healing things as we did before <laughs> Mm, we have one healing potion, which maybe we should pop that. I'm down to do it. Is that a two? Why don't heal us? Please, 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 nine. Hey, nine's pretty good. Not bad. Uh, Not bad. Not bad. 34. Well, there goes our potion. All right. There, you try and figure the best way out. To try climbing out with... Without ropes, you need to roll two dice, succeed on 11 or 12, and you'll succeed in getting safely to the top. Anything else, and you will fall with a double damage, double dice roll of damage. Uh-oh. Use a rope if you've brought one to do this roll two dice. Score two to 10, and you make it out. 11 or 12, and you fall with a double dice damage. So it inverts. the Previously, yeah. 11 or 12 are the only safe options. Now 11 and 12 are the only dangerous ones. Uh, I'll I roll rolled, for the rope. Oh. Oh. No, okay. No, 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 you go. You roll. I rolled already, but I will say. I rolled eight. Okay, I rolled a five. We both succeed, so. Woohoo! If you climb out safely, you may leave through the door. Oh. Uh, there's only one door, so that just takes us back to 110, which means there needs to be an exit from 110. There literally uh, from has the to corridor be. next to 110 to 105. So I'm going to roll for the Wandering Monster battle, actually, as well. Yeah. Seven, no encounter. And we find our way into 105. It has to be 105. Yeah, whatever. The, the, the audio listeners aren't going to care about this. They can't weigh in. D due to the map, there is no other possibility. There's it literally no to... other possibility for us to go except for going into this path. Yep, 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 yep. Mm -hmm. All right. There are two archways in this 20 by 30 chamber, neither of which is closed off by a door. The room is empty, but you must make a wandering monster roll to cross it, which I do, and get a five. They're, they're scared. No wandering monsters encountered. They saw us However, absolutely wreck 120 ants, and they don't want to have anything to do with us. Mm-hmm, because all of the other enemies in here are also ants, and they know we're well-equipped. Yep. 
105 also doesn't have a different exit, so I can only imagine... It literally it's... has to be 120, then. It has to be. Well, right? it, it, oh. I think it has to be the corridor to the north, which then leads to 82. Uh, yeah, 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 because wait, 120 has, yeah, because 120 has a door, and it's a door from the east, yeah, mm -hmm. yep, 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 yep. Now, there's not enough, um, there's not enough darkness in that corridor for us to actually encounter an enemy, so we can just head directly to 82. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it's supposed to be, like, you keep in mind how many you've gone so far. And be like, oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? I, I reset it every time we go into a new area. Yeah. How about this? If we have to backtrack through this again, then it will be one encounter. How about that? Sure, sure. All right, 82. 82. An empty 10 by 10 room with two doors. Nice surprise. You don't even risk a wandering monster. Okay. So we can go to either 115 or 97 from here. Uh, not... Am I? Not 115. We can go to Wait, 97. What? There's only the one behind us. There's the God, door behind us map, into the corridor. To, yeah. To, to express what's, what we're looking at, there is a literally like a graph paper, but the squares are very small, and there's like various scribbly tiny X's that are kind of vaguely showing off where doors are. There's also lines saying, since it's the room we're in is one tiny square on a big graph paper, a bunch of tiny squares. So there's literally like lines pointing off. It's it's a it's a little messy. So a touch. So wait. I, so ninety seven, not one fifteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forward. I, that works for me. Especially because ninety seven will open into one fifteen. Yeah. There's a door on each wall of this 10 by 10 room. There's also a funny smell, similar in many respects to fish and chips. Although the room seems very, quite empty, you search diligently and eventually discover a crack in the floor. A cricket engaged in an unusual occupation of frying up a fish supper. A very small fish supper. Plankton, mainly, since crickets have small appetites. If you happen to have a click stick, go to 68. Otherwise, you may use any of the four doors, since the cricket will certainly not launch a vicious attack on anything your size. Oh, this is sad. Oh dear. I, 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 I feel it's possible that one of these exits will cause us to have to shrink ourselves in response and then come back here where the cricket will attack, maybe? Mm, Alas. That, that we can go to some sense. 115, we can go to 120, and we can go to 100. We can go to any of them. I'm in. 115, wait, so 115, 120, or 100? Yep, 115 yeah. and 120 are each secluded. They only have one entrance and one exit, whereas 100 is uh, a transitory path. I'll say 100 has a very funny, very long corridor that leads all the way snaking up to page 80 at the top. It's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 2, 2 3, 2, 4, 2, 5, 2, 6, 2, 7, 28, 29, 30. There's 30 tiles between 180. That's five rolls, the old uh, random encounters. But it does also make me think that there should be something good there, but also that's very... It's also tedious. Mm. I think we're ultimately heading in that direction. I think that that's the case. So do you want to go to 100? Um, yeah, sure. Let's get 115 and 120. I mean, because the thing is, like, if, we, if you think that there's a chance that we're going to shrink down or there's, like... The I, I, could be an insta kill or something like that. I feel I do. I fear. think it's 
I think it's theoretically possible, but I think it might also give us the ability to be like, oh, do you shrink to escape this? And we'd just be like, no, we know that's going to be a bad idea. I, yeah. I mean, well, okay. So then process of elimination, if we're going to go to 100 and going to go to 80, let's go somewhere else first then. Where do you, sure, sure. you want to go? 115, 120? Let's go to 120. All right. Whoop, big room. Trouble. There's a shark in here, Pip. You discover it by falling into the pool that comprises a whole, the whole of this eccentric chamber. You now have several interesting problems, Pip. First, roll one die to see if you drown. Scroll, score one, two, and th <laughs> one, two, or three, and you do. I rolled a six, so we're fine. That sounds great to me. I was, I was rolling the die in my hand, like, oh, am I about to drop this? But here in a six, great. Next, roll one die to see if you freeze. On a one or a two, oh. you do and die. I got a five. Hell yeah. After and after 14 score, anything else and you don't. Finally, see if you can cope with a shark which has 20 life points, hits on a five or better, and bites plus four chunks of damage out of you. What the heck? Alrighty then. Well, do you want to roll for the shark's initiative? Two. Three. We attack first. Wow. Um, 20 health. Now... We have our stack of POW, don't we? Oh, yeah. We have never used... Oh, do we? No, that would have been used on the nerds, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would have taken down one of the nerds. Dang. Curse me for remembering. Uh, We could use two firefingers to take this shark out. One firefinger, get attacked. One firefinger. Yeah, five or better and plus four is, like, actually spooky. Yeah, that's a potential for a lot of damage, and we don't have a lot of health. Yeah, we don't know to how to restore spare. health, so yeah, it seems. Well, I mean, we could restore health by sleeping. We that could finally explore that mechanic. We could finally, yeah, maybe they made it better. <laughs> Less uh, instant death sounding. It, so it sounds unsmart. Mm -hmm. It's a last ditch effort. All right, if you kill the Definitely. shark, don't forget to. Okay. So are we going to just do that? Well, I guess Firefinger takes a turn. So you Firefinger. Yep. And then I roll. Oh, my God. Firefinger. Okay, the shark gets a six, which is actually going to do a damage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. One singular point of damage. Yeah, this was a good call. Four. Yeah, this was a good call to Firefinger. Zap. Fry the shark. That would have been... Okay, so he... I just was curious. He rolled an 11. So, yeah, that would have been scary. That would have been that would have been six actual points of damage. Yeah, yeah, I think that we made absolutely the right call. Mm -hmm. If you kill so the shark, the shark teeth to our inventory. Don't forget to pull its teeth, which, when powdered, are a sure cure for poison. Really? All right. I mean, that's how alchemy works. The the bizarre stone in the stomach of the goat is apparently extremely powerful, despite just being a rock. Yeah. All right, do you want to go back to 115? Exhaust Let's all... We're going to be here a long while. <laughs> Exhaust all possible options. There's a chest in here, oak by the look of it, with brass banding. Want to open it? If so, roll two dice. Score a two or two to six and go to 73. Seven to 12, go to 134. If you decide to not open a chest, you can leave through the door you've entered. Um... I mean... I think we should give it a shot, right? The question is if we put on poison protection. It's kind of my own. I, I think if we're going to open it, we have to put on poison protection because 
chests are also always trapped, and this is yeah. hell. Yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. For I want to. Sure. I want to be poisoned, and I want to go for it. Uh, roll for our poison immunity spell. A seven. Seven. Woohoo! That costs. Wait, what do we need for that? Is it six? Uh, it's seven or greater for. Spell oh costs. God! Okay. All right. Uh, do you want me to roll for the so chest? We, yeah, roll for the chest as well. Two to six will take us to 73. Seven to 12 will take us to 134. Eight. 134. Hopefully that's good. Nice one, Pip. There's 50 gold pieces and a scroll in the chest. Oh, the scroll is the really interesting bit. It contains instructions for a superior class of the light spell. Wait, do we have a light spell? Superior class? Wait, do we have a light spell, Ravs? Or a really superior... Oh, not for a superior class, as in it's better than what we have. Yeah. It's for a really superior class of light spell. So it's just right. a very yeah. good light spell. I know, I was just that. wondering because I just didn't remember. Uh, mm-hmm. And which will give you light for the remainder of the adventure. <laughs> Once you've learned the spell, you can use it even if you're killed and have to come back. What a saving on torches. Wraps. I would consider this solving a puzzle if it wasn't a puzzle. If it was actually uh-huh. a puzzle. But it's not a puzzle. We even... Oh, uh, also from the, uh, the the shark encounter experience, which I didn't previously encounter and count up, uh, we do actually level up yet again. Wow. So... Wow. Power level. Power level. Power. Um, yeah, I think we should cast a light spell. Yeah. Although it has a possibility of failing if we don't roll a seven or plus, right? I mean, okay. all spells do. They have three charges, right? Uh, this one says it can only be cast once. It can only be cast once, and which voice will give you light for the remainder of the adventure. When you've learned the spell, you can use it even when you're killed, and have to come back. What is saving on tor- 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 torches? You can cast. Wait, what? No. It, which can be ca- cast at a cost of only one life point. Oh, it, yeah. Does it no, not say can... only once? No, it's only one life point instead of three. Oh, I've totally misread that. Thank God, because I did roll a five. That's why I was prying. <laughs> okay. So we have we would theoretically would have at least three attempts, or it does. I don't even know if it has an attempt. It's not listed like the others. It's irrelevant because uh, like spells. So okay. Yeah. It's irrelevant. I got an eight. Excellent. So we, we do pay subtract two, two health. health. Yep. Uh, that, easiest trade of my life. Mm-hmm. Now we can actually hit on a four plus. That's such a big deal. I can't believe yep. they they slapped with that big of a penalty for. I mean, I guess we're always gonna bring torches now. All right. So back to ninety-seven, which means we go to one hundred. Mm-hmm. There's a little old lady in here, Pip. She's sitting in a rocking chair in the middle of this 30 by 30 stone-lined chamber. Fireball! Her little old feet resting on a sea chest and a long strip of Aaron knitting trailing down from her lap. She must be working on a scarf by the length of it. Uh, either that or she's forgotten to cast off. She glances up at you as you enter, peering short-sightedly over the top of a gold of gold-rimmed bifocals. Oh, hello, young stranger. She greets you in a quavering voice. Who might you be, then? 
I am Pip the Adventurer, sent here by the command of King Arthur and his wise advisor, the druid wizard Merlin, to close the gateway to the ghastly kingdom of the dead and thus get rid of the realm of foul emanations. You reply long-windedly, then remembering that you have not been formally introduced, you add politely. May I have the honor of learning who you are, ma'am? I'm the little old lady monster, says the little old lady. It's my duty to guard this chest which contains a great many valuables. I suppose, as an adventurer, you'll be trying to steal it, won't you? Oh no, ma'am, you reassure her. Nothing of the sort. I'd never even dream of such a thing. Even if it happened to contain the key to open the gateway? Asks the little old lady monster slyly, which is an interesting point. Does it contain the key? You ask curiously. I'm not telling you, says the little old lady monster smugly. Now you'll have to try and steal it. Come on then, I haven't got a good punch up in ages. With which she produces a rolling pin from underneath her knitting and leaps up from her rocking chair shouting, Banzai! So much for the age of chivalry, they don't seem to have learned the rules down here, but you're stuck with the fact of the matter, and it's a nastier fact than you might have imagined. Since that is a lethal rolling pin with plus three damage, the little old lady monster hits on only three first round, but she needs a six thereafter on account of her eyesight. She has 50 life points and will batter you to death if she can. Oh, wow. Should we cons- Oh, uh, should we consider a goop wand or some such, maybe? Yeah, I think for sure. First of all, let's roll initiative. Mm-hmm. One. Yes. Bless. Six. Yes. Yeah. Why? He's always the- <laughs> The six- The, the six is we either come roll, out when we have a one. We either roll the exact same or- Complete opposite sides of the die. That's wild. All right, so we go first. I we goop we goop won this for sure. Goop 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 goop. Uh, Silly goop, thing. If I recall correctly. Silly thing. Is a six or better? It's a six or better. Goop. Yeah. <laughs> Snake eyes. We lose a charge. Goop wanders the enemy's turn. Hmm. You trying to goop me? How about ye, Banzai? <laughs> Oh, does she crit us? No, she got a two. <laughs> Snake eyes. This on there. <laughs> We're not a pie, so she doesn't know what to do with this rolling pin. Banzai, she crashes into the floor. Like, <laughs> um, she only needed a three. Wow. Uh, errantly pointing the wand in her direction uh, from the previous attack, we go, wow, that was a silly thing to do. And oh. the wand casts again. And it works! The enemy oh, is good. gooped up for four turns worth of combat. Yeah, so for four turns, the little old lady monster can't do anything. So turn one of doing something, she doesn't. Oh, it's so good to be hitting out of four again. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, should we throw a couple of normal... I, I, I don't think we should use the firebolt, but I would actually be open to it. I don't think we should. Because she, she's okay. back to... um. Just, just a plus three damage on a six is like not, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. We that's, can... that's very true. She needs to roll a seven or above. Sorry, she needs to roll an eight or above to actually to deal start any damage. damage. Yes. Yeah. So All right, I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm fine with giving a couple smacks first. We also we have four turns where before we can even, I, I think we give it a, give some tries. Uh, we look down at EJ and say, um, EJ, are you okay with fighting a little old lady? 
Uh, didn't you hear a little old lady monster? That's the part I care about. And swing EJ. Oh, and crit! EJ oh hates old God. women. I mean, you get advantage since she's prone. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's going to be a total of eight in the differential, as well as plus five, doing 13 damage to the end. As we take that, we take that, we take that to the bank. Okay. 37. They don't take another turn after that. We do. Uh, EJ uh, is at this point still within the gut of the little old lady monster. Uh, the little old lady is not bleeding such as we might expect a human to. Instead, mm. we're seeing gushes of purple ichor come from out the stomach. Uh, eh. EJ mm -hmm. advises us, oh, 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 just twist. It'll hurt real bad. And it does. We roll a nine, causing ten more damage to the enemy. Twenty-seven. And then she's used up her third turn of not doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we withdraw EJ from the uh, from the central thorax of this monster and try and swing for the head. Oh. Ooh. It's not... It's a glancing decapitating blow. We seem yes. to have got a carotid artery in this, uh, doing six damage to the enemy and taking them down to 21. Okay. They take their fourth turn of powerlessness, and EJ says, uh, let me get another go at that. And then rolls an eight for a total of nine more damage to the enemy, taking them down to 12. Okay. She's finally back up. She goes, oh, dearie me. And she holds the rolling pin up to the sky and says, I know one thing, Banzai. <laughs> And that is a nine, which is... No, she bonsaied us. Two damage? Did I remember correctly? Two damage. Ah. Uh, EJ takes direct offense at this. Hey, 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 I was doing so good. What are you going to hit me for? <laughs> and in his offense, uh, loses focus on the target, rolls snake eyes, and hits wide. Ooh. All right. She rolls. Oh. She, uh, well, five. <laughs> she doesn't. She just misses. Uh, she s tries to strike it as an overhand strike uh, and, and ends up striking wide, goes straight to the ground, but we stand on the rolling pin, ready to deliver a killing blow with EJ. Uh, seven. Differential is three plus five, eight damage. And in doing so... Uh, we strike EJ all the way up her rolling pin, scraping up her arm, and thunk, lop her head off. Go! Oh. Ah. What page were we on? It was uh, one. It was, was that one hundred? I scrolled down to the map because I was that curious. was one hundred. If you survive the little old lady, uh, you move on to one thirty-six to open the chest. All right. I mean, we murdered uh, we the also old lady. Better. All right, one thirty-six. There's a key in here, a huge brass key attached to a huge brass key ring with a huge brass plaque on which is engraved in huge brass letters, the key to the gateway to the ghastly kingdom of the dead. You found the key. Without even having to fight the dreaded Black Knight either. This is incredible. This is fantastic. The very key you were looking for and is here it is in the chest of the little old lady monster. Now all you have to do is zip out and lock the gateway, get back to Camelot and... Pig yourself stupid at the festive banquet while everyone tells you about what a good class adventure you turned out to be. Wait a minute. 
have to get back to the gateway. Wonder which way that is. The doors in this room open north to 97 and east into a corridor. So 97 is where we came from. So we go east yeah. and into the corridor, which leads all the way around to 80 after five wandering encounters. All right. I'll roll one. That's a six. I know that's nothing. Mm-hmm. I'll roll the next. That's a nine. We're beating up some nerds again. Uh, I'll roll for our initiative against the nerds. We have a five. That's a group surprise initiative as well. That's a six. They are more ready than you. Dang. All right. <laughs> Time for them to hit us. All right. If they don't roll above a nine, they do no damage. Okay. Well, they got a nine, so they do no damage. Excellent. Nerds. Uh, does the second one attack now? Oh, uh, wait, no, 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 no. They, it says in a group of monsters, they will attack one after another, but never together for wandering monsters. Oh, right. In different rounds. Um, huh, crit. Uh, that actually doesn't even knock them unconscious. That just kills the first nerd. Blah. Eleven. <laughs> Swings at a 10. That's a damage. <gasps> we take a single point of damage. They did as much as and one then... ant. Yeah, swing back and uh, in return, we kill Glevin. Oh! All right, that's two XP and also 20 more GP. And I'll roll for another counter while we're down here. That is a three. That is not an encounter. Mm -hmm. Next encounter roll is a six. No encounter. The next encounter roll is a eight. That is an anim one animated skeleton. 20 mm -hmm. life points, hits on a six with plus one damage. Oh, this is just a kind of an attrition fight. It's, it needs to roll real well. It needs to roll a 10 or above in order to do damage. Three for initiative. Two for initiative. It hits first. It, it misses. Um, I... Uh, I uh, Pip uses one uh, arm to parry away the, uh, the the attacking arm of the skeleton, uh, and in doing so, actually might knock it off. <laughs> and does so. Uh, so that's a 9 for 10 total damage to the animated skeleton. Bring down the 10 already. How <laughs> dare you! Yeah. Swings back with his arm. Oh my god! Takes his arm off and hits you on a ten, which was ten. Yeah. Ten, the first one that does damage. Yep, ten's the first one yeah, that does damage. There you go. Single one point. damage. Uh, I am going to wrestle that arm out of their hand and then try and strike them back in the head with it. Wow. Okay. Six, which is enough damage to knock them unconscious. And then, of course, I'll just club them into dust. Poof. Another experience point. Another 10 GPs. And that was the, that was the last encounter, right? Yep. All right. Oh, uh, you rolled for the eight. Yep, that's the last encounter. Yep. On to 80, all the way down. All right. You find yourself in a dingy, rather cramped 20 by 20 room, stacked floor to ceiling with broken furniture. None of it particularly good-looking, even when it was new, so far as you can judge. Since there's no apparent exits, you turn to leave, but some instinct urges you to search around a bit. And good instinct, Pip! You found another piece of parchment with another map! 
Let's see, 221. And this map not only shows you two secret doors in room 80, but also shows you a few other rooms and corridors that weren't on your first map. Looks like the Ghastly Kingdom of the Dead is a bigger place than you imagined, so study your new map and decide where to go. Good luck. Okay, so we scroll all the way back down. Mm. Oh my yep. god! Another half of the map! Another so half of the I'm... map, and then there's a whole another floor, and then there's a whole another. Oh no. I'm going to, at this point, make the quick realization that uh, there's this many maps and there's uh, also more maps in the future. We may have should take a less completionist approach towards our uh, adventures here. Despite the fact that I am often the person barracking for it, I will relent happily. I think that is the case, indeed. All right. Whole new map. Whole new map. Whole new many things. A whole new map. A whole new place to get kicked in the face. So I will say there's also like a weird little squiggly on there. What was that? Is that secret? I guess that would symbolize, maybe it would symbolize a secret door. I don't know. The the two S's on yeah. either side of room 80? Oh no, like the between 138 and 69, there's like a whole curtain of squiggle, which there's nothing on the key for what a curtain of squiggle would mean. I can only imagine that if we entered 69... It would make, would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, behind so the wall, you can see blah, blah, blah. We're in page 100. Uh, unfortunately, there is no doors to page 100. We must quit. No, we're in 80. <laughs> yes. We're, we're in 80. 80, so uh, we can either leave through a secret door to 72 or leave through a secret door to a corridor that eventually leads to 30. Sorry, 133. Uh... Hmm. I am down. I don't know. I don't. It feels like 72 might be a good call in, in kind of the goal of not I'm going against my urges to explore every single living thing. But there's that corridor. Yep. There's that corridor that leads. I guess what? Where's that even implying that's going to go? Oh, a secret goes all the way into. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. 72 sounds good. The audience doesn't get to see this stuff, so like explaining it in detail, like say just saying the numbers in detail won't help them. So there's, you know, here we go. Seventy-two through the secret door merrily and into a huge thirty by eighty chamber full of pot plants. Pot plants, that's what they look like: rubber plants and ferns and creepers, occasional flower and cactus, stuff like that, all laid out neatly in aisles like some sort of underground greenhouse. The ceiling of the chamber has crystal globes embedded blue, green, pink, and white shining down on the plants to give a bit of light. This could be quite a pleasant place if it wasn't for the scruffy-looking old fool shuffling towards you with a pitchfork. You can either leap on him vigorously and get an automatic surprise attack on 103 or take a chance that he might be harmless on 132. I mean, he... He's just a I'm, guy, isn't he? He's just a dude. He seems to be a gardener. And also, it doesn't say that we, you know, like, let him hit us. It's just, do we want to hit him first and get a surprise attack? Or possibly just start the combat with him attacking first? Worst case scenario? I Yeah, I like the idea of taking the chance on 132. Ris risking getting hit once versus... The trade-off is possibly get hit once... The other trade-off is have the blood of the innocent old man on your conscience forever. I'll take exactly. I'll take one possible hit one, on one thirty-two. What be you doing, young adventurer? 
asks the scruffy old man, setting down the pitchfork carefully on account of his old bad back. Oh god, we almost murdered I... him. Oh god. I seek to find the route that will forever close the gateway to the ghastly kingdom, scruffy old sir. You declaim politely. Ah, that be what most of them are, Does he like pot plants? Are. You reply, which he takes quite correctly to be an affirmative reply. So does I, ah, friendly things, pot plants, if you don't mess with him. Not like people, nah, no, most as either. Closing the gate, was it? I, 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 guess? What manage that area on the... Ah, that way be guarded. Guarded by the Black Knight itself. But take this bottle of my power weed killer on some on your sword. It gives a double damage the first time it's a vegetable monster. And there'll be enough in a bottle for three applications, sir. Which was, you must admit, a nice gesture, whatever he said on his part. <laughs> on his part. Potentially a very useful gift if you happen to meet any vegetable monsters. Stow it away carefully in your backpack for now and return it. Return it through the secret door on 80. So yeah, we got a thing that does double damage on your first hit against a vegetable monster. Double mm. damage the first time it hits a vegetable monster. Three applications. Okay. Alright, fair enough. Hey, it looks like we actually have to head back in the other direction. So by trying not to be completionist, we accidentally took the completionist path. Yeah, ain't it the way. So there's, but there's two extra paths. There's the, no, that's the super long corridor that came from a hundred. Never mind. So that one's yeah, a no-go. Exactly. So, so there's one go more. 80s secret corridor and in doing so roll two times. Yeah. Roll two times for an encounter. And we're trying to loop around to what? 133? Wait, where's the door? Uh, so it loops around the entirety oh, of 133 yeah, no, no, no. and okay. then enters. I Why got you roll for that first eight. friendly? What? Oh, I got a six. Six. And I got a five. No encounters for us. We enter 133. All right. This 30 by 30 chamber looks as though it might have been used as some sort of reception room at some time. Although the few scraps of wooden furniture are in a pretty ragged state now. All the same, it's not entirely disused. There's two armored guards at the door in the southern wall, and you, and you look carefully, you see why. The door has a notice saying, Treasure Room. The only way through the door is past the guards. They don't look particularly strong, which suggests somebody forgot to feed them for some time. <laughs> Wait. As against that, they are armed each with swords, and the armor they're wearing is very high quality, subtracting three from the damage scored against them. They will not attack you if you leave them alone, and you have a chance to return to the back door. If you want to go to 66... You're into, you're in, okay, you're in for bribery or a fight or both. I mean. We have enough money to bribe, right? We we actually might. It's three stars. Three stars. If I recall correctly, four stars was 100, uh, sorry, 100, 10,000 per piece. I think this is probably a thousand. Do we have that money on us? Uh, I guess why yeah, wouldn't we, right? I mean, it, it comes down to, because we've already used the glob wand. Um. 200,000 from our previous. It did say you can keep your treasures and you can keep your money from previous adventures. Yeah. I think we just bribe these guys I guess for we can a thousand apiece. I mean, yeah. I don't mind that. On 66. Minus 2K. Uh, bribery counts as though you'd succeeded a fight, so we'll gain two experience as well. Oh my god. Pay to win. 66. Treasure room. 
That's what it says, Pip, right there on the door. Who knows what loot and goodies you'll get to bring home to your adoptive parents with the story of how you eventually found the key and closed the gateway to the ghastly kingdom of the dead. You rush in eagerly to the 10 by 30 room to find yourself confronted by a very thin, bespectacled nerd wearing the traditional red cape and spats of the species. Wait a minute. He looks kind of like a, uh, like a mole vampire. Mm-hmm. We have a picture of him. Capital N nerd. Wearing the traditional red cape. Okay. Seated behind the wooden desk on which papers and a, on which are papers and a large bell. Welcome. Welcome. He says. What treasure have you come to give me? Give you? You echo? Give you? This isn't a real treasure room at all. Oh, never mind. This at least not the sort you thought. This stupid nerd wants you to give him treasure. While you were perhaps thinking you might be, you might be here and able to steal something. Your sword, perhaps. A magical item. I'll be bound if you've survived this far. Or you may have a tingle ring secreted about on your person. Or... I have not yet made up my mind if I'm going to give you anything, you ignoble nerd. You tell him pompously, looking around for anywhere he may have concealed treasure or possibly a key. In that case, I shall be forced to ring my bell. He blinks at you mildly. And I'm sure you wouldn't want me to do that. Well, would you? Certainly you can't let him have EJ, but by the looks of the sort of... Nerd, he'd be able to accept a hefty bribe. 100 gold pieces. Okay. Or you could always hack him into nerd cubes before he has a chance to ring the bell. Or you could let him ring the silly thing anyway, see what happens. You can try and bribe him with 100 nerd... Wait, bribe the nerd with 100 gold pieces. If you succeed, you may leave the room safely. Ring the bell on 101. Hack him into nerd cubes 124. He mentioned the tingle okay. ring. Okay, well, yeah, he mentioned the tingle ring, but it doesn't look like we have an option to just give him the tingle ring. I can't, yeah, I mean, huh. The only guess I would have for, like, where the tingle ring would even be theoretically possible would be, like, 101, right? Like, do we chance it? If we kill him, the tingle ring's not going to do anything. We could, if you let him ring the mm -hmm. bell, because, like, I here's my thing. Mm -hmm. why, why the hell would they even mention the tingle ring if it wasn't relevant in one of these two options? I do think that 124 just brings us straight to kill him. We know that there's a nerd stat block already. So I was trying to think from that direction as well. Is it possible they're trying to communicate to us that the tingle ring is still important and possibly important to the nerds without it being useful in this instance? I'm not certain. Maybe. All I'm saying is I am cool with letting him ring the bell and just for no other reason than I'm kind of curious what that looks like. I'm worried that that will summon someone we don't want to fight. Okay. I'm I'm very wary of our health point situation, which, as it stands, is at 25. Sure. So if we bribed him, we would be able to leave the room. Okay. Or we could just leap and hack him into nerd beasts. We've, we've killed four nerds so far. Why is this nerd any different? Yeah. Which page was that? Uh, 124. Let's do it. All right, roll one die, score one to three, and the nerd manages to ring his bell, and you'll go to 101. Well, here we go. We may not have the chance. Four to six, you get in the first blow, thus preventing his ringing the bell and starting yet another hassle. 
The nerd has 20 life points, hits on a six, and has a stiletto with a paralyzing poison on the blade. So you miss one strike back whenever he hits you successfully. Which is annoying. Mm. Should I roll on should I roll for the one to six? Please do. I got it. I got it too. <laughs> Alright. So raise the bell. What's so going rats, on? We are going to 101, I'll have you know. Alright. <laughs> I mean, but it was not on purpose. An accidental 101. The nerd reaches out a slim hand and rings the bell, which sounds with a delicate, though penetrating, tinkle. There, he says primly. I did warn you. But worrying about what? Perhaps it's something to do with a massive shape slowly solidifying in the corner of the chamber. First, it looks like a swirling smoke, but gradually takes the form of a bearded, turbaned giant naked to the waist, green skin carrying a scimitar. Looks as if it's a cross between Sinbad and the Incredible Hulk. And with your luck, is almost certainly a Jin. Another adventurer needs bashing, master. The Jin says to the nerd. Precisely, says the nerd. Bash, hack, slay, and then throw the pieces to the cross, making sure to keep any gold, weapons, magical items, or other valuables for our leader's treasure repository. No, whoa, just a minute. You protest, holding up your hands in horror, this being... You, they are talking about bashing, hacking, and slaying, but it's not that you're frightened, of course, but that Jin looks as though he might have a million life points, so a fight is definitely to be avoided. But circumstances are largely outside your immediate control at this point. It's doubtful that you can kill the Jin. Or even the nerd come to that. Well, all right, perhaps. I'm sorry. I wanted to go to 101. Sue me. You don't have to be sassy about it. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing that really counts is whether or not one of those hands you're holding up in horror happened to be wearing a tingle ring. Raps, we were both right. <sighs> if you, you were you wearing... also a hundred percent right that ringing the bell will allow us to interact with the tingle ring. You're also right that it summons something that we do not want to deal with. <laughs> so we're both right. They just conflicted. If you're wearing a tingle ring, either collected during this adventure, oh, okay, so there's a, okay, or during any previous adventure in the Grail Quest, then you should turn to 127. Hold on, master. Says the djinn in amazement. This one is wearing a tingle ring. A tingle ring? Gasps the nerd, turning pale. Yes, a tingle ring! You roar, wondering what all the fuss is about, but we'll be able to take advantage of what seems to be an unexpected turn of fate in your direction. So, you'd both better w watch out! Not the dreaded Tangle Ring! Screams the nerd, drawing a poison dagger from his sleeve, attempting to unsuccessfully <laughs> stab himself in the back! <laughs> what? I am your obedient slave, says the Jin, bowing deeply in your direction. Your wish is my command, O wearer of the Tingle Ring. You're not pulling on my leg, are you? You ask hesitantly. Never mind that, mighty one, says the Jin. Shall I crush this weedy nerd, my ex-master, as a token of my devotion? You nod enthusiastically, being a bloodthirsty sort of adventurer, but it's too late since the nerd has run out of the room screaming. First into 133, then down the long corridor until he disappears into darkness. 133. You're okay. really my servant now, are you? You ask curiously. 
Assuredly, O greatest of the great, and very handy I am too, since any time you get into a hassle, you can call me up by robbing the tingle ring, and I will appear to fight the monsters for you. I have 100 what? light points, strike successfully on a 5, and do plus 3 damage with this scimitar. The only thing is, my union does not permit me to fight more than 3 times during any one adventure. <laughs> Oh my god. I, however, so long as you retain the Tingle Ring, I shall accompany you invisibly on any adventure in the future. What's more, what the I hell? cannot really be killed. So even if I lose all my life points, that only stops me from fighting until you call me again. Just so long as you don't call me more than three times in any one adventure. I think we almost just missed out on probably the most overpowered thing that might be in the history of grail quest a hundred percent we found this ring in and amidst a pile of refuse outside the den of dragons yes indeed <laughs> it, it's a magic lamp <laughs> cool it's great what a reassuring development pip 100 life points strike successfully out of five does plus three damage it, they, I will appear to he fight the monsters well you for you. Yeah, but with 100 health and can die, and it's okay. It's great. Mm -hmm. That's so strong. Two pips. <laughs> if we think we only have, like, three fights left in the book, uh, we can just throw the gin at every one of them. And theoretically, if he has life points, he, does he fight instead of us? Or does he fight yeah, he, and take... He fights the monsters for us, and they have to be able to target him. Otherwise, otherwise why would he have life any points? Of his life yeah. points. So I think he fights in our place. So I don't think we're fighting as well. I don't think we're doing damage in the period of time. But if he loses the fight, we then enter. But we could um, freeze them in... Well, I guess there'd be no point to freeze them in place then. So uh, maybe. I don't know. Interesting. There's some logistics we'll have to work out, I'm sure, with this, but I think we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, what a reassuring development, Pip, as the Jin vanishes. Until you decide to call him with your tingle ring. You may return through the door on 133 and make your way ever onwards from there. Excellent. Making our way back to 133, we have and to go thus. back through the dark corridor. Ooh, wait a second. Do we? Uh, How do we go anywhere else? <laughs> I mean, well, I guess we'll just go into 66 and find out, right? Uh, we came from 66. That was the treasure room. 66 is the treasure room? Wasn't 66 oh, yeah. the, the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then 133 is the guard room that we just came through. Huh. Uh, Clearly one of these corridors must actually Okay, be. so... I think this one from 133 can link down and around to, to 92. 92. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. I agree. Six, and if that's seven, wrong, seven, they should have yeah. done the map better. That's not my Ooh. fault if we're wrong. So 92 sounds good. It does indeed. I'm going to roll for a random encounter possibility, and we are going to fail that, rolling a four. Great. You've entered the gallery of mirrors, 20 wide and 80 long. How many units of what doesn't matter? Not ordinary mirrors, of course, not in a place like this. They're all distorting mirrors the sort you get at carnivals where you look in and see yourself as a fat dwarf or a thin giant except they're not exactly like carnival mirrors because those are fun these reflections show you all gnarled and deformed distorted wise and twisted and ugh. in fact making you feel as though you really were all gnarled and wrinkled they're magic mirrors pip 
shouts EJ, somewhat muffled from his scabbard. Don't look into them. Fool sword never gives good advice, and when he does, it's too late. You're looking into the mirrors, Pip, and gradually changing into something ghastly. Throw two dice to quickly find out if you have the willpower to look away. Shall I? Do we? I got an eight. I don't know if that is good or bad. Let's see. 130. Write down 109 just in case. 130. There's willpower for you. With a massive effort, you drag your gaze away from the distorting mirror to find, with your relief, that your body begins to untwist and unwrinkle and unnarl until you change back into an in the incredibly fit, handsome, and athletic person you've always been. Huh? We're hot? Apparently. All right. The only problem here is the thing is stepping out of the mirror that you've been looking into. It's the gnarled, the wrinkled, twisted version of you that you've just been looking at. It's open to a four-star bribe since it shares your lust for gold, but apart from that, you'll never get a friendly reaction. What you need to do here is fight, Pip. Fight the ghastly version of yourself, but fortunately it has half of your current life points. Apart from that, in every respect, including the twisted version of EJ that it carries, it's the same, so it will not be an easy fight. How much health do we have? Uh, we have 25. So it would have... Okay. Are we rounding up around the nan? <laughs> Doesn't it? If we round up has, hmm. half of your current life points, we need a challenge. 20. Let's say round up 13. Well, but we could just bribe it. <clears throat> we could just bribe it, and it's probably and it good because we us... are... It doubles all of the golden booty we have, apparently, which means it would cost us 10k to bribe him, but he would then give us... Wait, what? Because bribing Wait. does resolve fights. If you kill the twisted you, you find your disordered replica carries the same amount of golden booty you do, so everything you have everything you have is automatically doubled. If you can cope with the weight, you can stagger off. Oh. Interesting. So it doubles everything, including... Hmm... I'm I'm gonna say that I think that this person doesn't drop the loot unless we kill them, uh, because it does say if you kill, and though bribery says treat this as you've defeated the monster, uh, being able to give this man money that he then just instantly gives back seems a little counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. We 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 could just summon the jinn to kill him. Yeah, I think there's real play in that can be used three times in an encounter has a hundred life points i mean I, three times in a i think it's worth it mm -hmm. and then we get to double that money too that way let's do it let's do it all right uh roll initiative against yourself uh, two from the thing five from the gin mm. get him gin so, tingle ring tingle ring i am ready to kill you master he rolls a six, which does plus one of his five to hit, and then three as well. However, but it, apart from that, it is you in every respect, including the twisted version of EJ it carries. Um, does that mean it has dragonhide armor? I guess I would imagine it would. It looks like it does in the picture. Which means we do zero damage. All right. Well, we strike the engine for snake eyes. So, never mind. We don't do nothing. We're embarrassed. Your replica is a wimp, master. Learn to hit, uh, the djinn says as it strikes back for five damage, negating <laughs> four of it, so we only do one to the enemy. 
Um, the enemy is half our H points. I'm okay. imagining that's rounded down. So oh, 12 yeah. goes down to 11. <laughs> well, perhaps we suck. I rolled the three. We <laughs> drop EJ, twisted EJ on the ground for a second. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, the djinn also fumbles around oh, through his scimitar in the same period of time. <laughs> a... And then uh, we hold our sword aloft and say, I can do this. And we got a six. So that is damage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that would do six damage to the djinn. Oh, no. 94 health. <laughs> the djinn rolls a nine in return, dealing, I believe that is three damage. Four plus three, negate three. Yep. Taking the enemy down to a total of eight HP. Oh, we're there. We're getting there. Mm, ow, that stings. And slashes for a snake eyes. Perhaps we suck. We're awful. We're getting all our bad rolls out through this transfigured, twisted us. This is the alternate reality where we did have to fight the djinn. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much, this is exactly how it would have gone, I guess. Uh, the djinn, in order to try and uh, keep the distorted replica on their toes, uh, tries to throw his scimitar from his left hand to his right and back again to give the effect of, you don't know which hand I'm about to attack with. Uh, and drops it. Uh, manages to uh, fail this to catch fight. it with the left hand, and it just this hits against the wall. This fight is so dumb. <laughs> and, and then he gets an 11! Absolute ah. fumble fest. Ooh. Right through the chest. So what an 11 is, oh my. 13 points of damage, taking that us actually, down to that means something. 81. Ow. <laughs> um, Ow. Seven in return. We get to do one point of damage. Holy Enemies now God. on seven HP. Two is more this, damage and they're unconscious. This is what it's like to fight us? That sucks. <laughs> I have a lot of sympathy for Medusa now. Yeah. Uh, we roll a six, which is the, is damage. Two. Mm -hmm. That's seven damage dealt to oh us. Oh my uh, God. So, or us, the Jin. 74 remaining HP. I'm glad we didn't fight this with our our body. Uh, the Jin noting that like he he doesn't care if he takes damage. He knows he comes back with 100 HP anyway. Uh, and since one of his very uh, vascular uh, arms has been uh, struck, he attempts to squirt blood in the eye of the distorted replica oh in order to blind them momentarily and does so deeply effectively hits them for a nine which is four and three does three damage the enemy is now unconscious and for those and that was just from home, the jet stream of blood who thought that uh rounding down was too much in our favor it now didn't matter that's a four mm -hmm. so it's all good we fall on the ground you kill the twisted you okay so we double everything we have Mm, if we can carry it. So the, the weighted things that we got from uh, Merlin, I imagine we probably just can't double because obviously we would decrease our speed yeah. too far. So I think we uh, just... However... What he about carries the, uh... double. So we get a double the gold and the booty and everything you have. So yeah, we can we just can just elect to not take some of the stuff. I think we get to choose what's mm -hmm. doubled. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean... Double the tingle ring! 
Yeah, let's double the tingle ring. Exactly. <laughs> Does that? Surely not. <laughs> He's carrying everything we have. He's carrying everything. Why didn't he summon the djinn? <laughs> Wait. But he, by all accounts, he's 100%. Yeah. He is carrying the gold and all the booty. So everything you have is doubled. If you can. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that moving forward. If we have two tingle rings. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I am open to, to the ruling of, like, this is a unique enough item that, that two of it doesn't really make sense. Or better there's yet. There's only one gin. Better yet. It's a warped reality gin, anyways, and maybe he sucks. Fair point, well made. Uh, do we again? The gold appears to be weightless in the way that the book has dealt with it so far. Yeah. So we now have four hundred thousand GP. Why do we don't need four hundred thousand? We get to bribe our way through everything. We're breaking the game, mm -hmm. and we even got a, a ringle ting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, summons a nidge. Mm. Oh my. We got the weight. You can say so 123 to the door to the south, 77 to the door to the west. Mm hmm. Let me see. So the door to the. Uh, so 77 does eventually lead back down to 123, given the map that we know. Uh, but it true. also has the ability to lead around to 69. <laughs> Let's go to 77. I do really want to know what that weird wiggly curtain is. I Find imagine it's possible we will have to. It seems like it might be the central object that yeah. we need to travel through. By not trying to be completionist, we've accidentally completionized this. Mm -hmm. So, 77? Yep. Though this does seem like a pivotal moment like for treasure gathering in Grail Quest, our Grail Quest lineage. I'd imagine if we didn't get that, and we found out it was an option it would have been sad uh all right 77 this looks interesting a 20 by 20 room with a chest in the middle of the floor an unguarded chest in the middle of the floor how about that the monster must be on a tea break the thing is pip do you risk trying to open the chest it might have some sort of nasty trap already in waiting to send you back to 14 risk it on 104 or go through the northwestern door on 92 or we can go through the southern door into the corridor as well um what do we think? Run it back, another pit's immunity to poison, and then open this chest? Works for me. Cool, cool. Uh, why don't you roll that spell for us? Oh, God. That is a good old seven, which, if I remember correctly, That'll is just it. what we needed. We needed a seven. So for that chest on 104. All right. 104. The chest is open, and you're still here. No trap at all. Inside, there's a vial of light blue liquid, which, when you take the stop route, smells of old socks. You're going to have to risk testing that liquid if you want to find out what it does, but if you taste it, you'll also risk the possibility that it's the most potent poison known to humanity, and it might kill you outright. It's known as Hobson's Choice, Pip. You can taste the liquid by going to 141, take the northeastern door on 92, or take the southern door. I mean, we do have poison immunity on right now. Yeah, exactly. So if we, we should ever had the right time for this. It would be 141. Let's do it. No thought, head empty, drink poison. All right. Tastes like old socks as well. It could be poison with a taste like that. Poisonous elixir of old socks, a famous alchemical distillation. But don't start to writhe in agony just yet, because this is, in fact, a poison antidote. One swig of this stuff will cure any known poison. What if we have poison immunity on and we drink it, do we get poisoned? 
And there are six swigs in the vial. Use a dose now if you happen to be poisoned. Otherwise, save it six carefully in case you might need it in the future. Great. Well, cool. Six charges of poison antidote. Hell yeah. And then I guess we're going to be going through the southern or corridor mm -hmm. down to 69. Well, so the southern corridor leads either to 123 or to 69. I see. You're right. What do you think? The, the corridor through to 69 is actually many spaces away, though. Oh, I see. It's like a very twisty thing, which mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest, means it's the exit. It probably does mean that's the exit. I imagine 123, because we have the ability to actually skip it by coming into 77 instead, might just be bad. That is true. I, at this point, it's like, uh, I mean, if I've got to admit, like, I see the, <laughs> I see the page at this point. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> I, we're one off of completing the floor, but also if you got places to be, it's, this is a long, long one so far. I don't know. What do you think? 69, 123. Up to you. I, hmm. You know what? 123. Okay. Uh, that would be one friendly encounter. Uh, sorry, one friendly encounter. One uh, possible random encounter. And I roll a four, so we don't even get it. We've been getting lucky slash unlucky on those. Mm -hmm. There's a man-eating plant in here. The... <laughs> There's a man-eating plant in here. The plant he's eating is a carrot. And it's screaming for help. <laughs> That's so good. This ghastly kingdom gets more like a loony bin every step you take. Help! Screams the carrot. Uh, just ignore it. Remarks the man with a friendly nod in your direction. This is one of the most appallingly evil carrots ever to pollute the face of the globe. I shall die instantly when I finish eating it, but I will willingly sacrifice myself for the good of humanity, which will be even better for the demise of this evil carrot. I'm not evil! I'm not evil! Shouts the carrot. I'm a beautiful young princess bewitched by an invisible wizard who wants this ghastly kingdom. You gotta rescue me! Uh, yeah, you'll be making a mistake if you try and do that. Says the man mildly. It's a vampire carrot. He's lying! Shrieks the carrot desperately. But is he, or is it? Or are they both? Desperately you look around for some clue to try and help you make your decision. Your eye catches a prominent notice on the southern wall. It says, rescue the carrot. You reach for EJ, but then you catch sight of a second notice on the western wall that says, don't rescue the carrot. You allow your hand to fall away in confusion. Glancing upwards, a huge poster pasted on the ceiling says, Play your xylophone, which seems as sensible as, of course, as any in this lunatic situation, provided, of course, you brought a xylophone. So what will it do be? I mean, we got one, right? Oh, we do have a xylophone. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> the unique solution is always the one you got to go for, even if it turns even out to be bad. Even if it's wrong. Even if it's wrong. I will say I got it for to mimic a skeleton, but carrot it also works, I guess. Both the carrot and the man stare at you in dumb amazement as you begin to play the xylophone. What on earth are you doing? Asks the carrot. Have you taken leave of your senses? Asks the man. Blink, 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 goes the xylophone. You'll attract an amphitherian if you keep playing that thing. Warns the man. No, I don't know what an amphitherian is either. But the question is, do you want to risk attracting one? If you continue playing, go to 114. Otherwise, return to 123. I, I mean, <laughs> all the way with LBJ on this one, 114. I mean, I 
I guess so. I don't like that it has 14 in it, but away we go. Mm. The door behind you smashes open. Both the man and the carrot flee without a moment's hesitation, crashing through the other door on the corridor, racing off as fast as the man's leg will carry them both. You spin around, find yourself facing a squat, rather toad-like creature, about five feet high and six feet broad. Carries a club, which hits with plus three damage, strikes on a six, and has 50 life points. It hates xylophone players. If you survive the counter with the Amphitherian, you may take the door to 92 or the other door into the corridor. This is not great. No, it doesn't. Mm. And it just brings us back to another page. So this is not even a success. This xylophone was a curse. <laughs> oh, dear. 50 life points? Oh, my lord. Well, I mean, it's not as bad as it sounds, I guess. But still, it's a lot. Strikes on yeah, a really six wanna... and a plus three. It's yeah. not that scary. And sure, but with 22 life points left on us and For no sure. health potions, uh, it's, it's we don't want to take any more damage. We're not going to die into this damage, but it might cause something in the future to kill us. That is true. So wait, roll wait, 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 wait. We had, no, oh, no, we used the life. Oh, I thought for some reason, oh, I wish we saved the life potion. It would have gotten double beans. Oh, yeah, that would have been great. But hey, nothing we can do about that. All right. Uh, we get a three. Oh, that's it. Four. Dang. Four. Four. It rolls and it goes. <laughs> cocks its tongue like a gun and then tries to lash it out it gets a six so that's a no Ooh. well it, it would strike us but yeah it's damage. a yeah it's a it's a no damage mm-hmm. um cool 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 uh enemy has 50 hp excellent um yeah, EJ uh, just immediately rises out of the scabbard without us even putting our hand there. We put our hand to where the hilt has risen and then draw him out of the sheath in such a motion that it slashes across the chest of this thing. Oh, for, uh, I mean, that's that's four, so we do five damage to him. Blah. Basically as ineffectual as we could be while still doing damage. <laughs> Cocks his tongue again. Bling, blong, a seven. <laughs> that's a that's a no. Bling, bling, bling. We as as it tries to swing the club, it's swinging the club across at our torso. We just throw one arm down around the other side of the club, catching it in our armpit, and then just try and punch the guy directly in the face with the other free hand and do so but again probably should have used a weapon as it would have done a lot more technically mechanically we are using ej i'm just flavorfully giving it a different description um and the different description being ineffectual because we don't do that much damage we do a total of six taking the enemy down to 39 if it's broke keep trying until it works to regain your confidence Blung. oh that's a nine so that is Thirty-six points two damage. damage. Uh, we we tried to deflect that uh, that tongue lash with EJ, but unfortunately, bring them up too slow. However, not too slow to strike back at the tongue that just hit us. And we try and cut the uh, the, the the frenulum on the bottom of the tongue that connects it to the bottom of the mouth. <sighs> that that would bleed a ridiculous amount. 
Oh, unfortunately, we must have nicked it doing damage to the nerve, but not opening the capillaries. We only do another five. All right. Now he's like, you know what? I've got a club. And he <laughs> crashes it down on your head and a... Nope, that's a five. That's not even a hit. The club stops dead against the complete sturdiness that is our rock-solid skull. And we draw down for a second, and then headbutt into the chest of the toad. Ooh, our most successful attack yet, doing a total of nine damage to their chest cavity as it crushes in. Oof. They're down to 25, half HP. They're oh bloody. Oh my lord, oh my lord. Alright. And he's gonna rear up and try and kick back like a horse, or like a donkey. Frog-like donkey. And that is a seven? Is that... Wait, is that a hit? No. I mean, it's a hit. Se- it's a... Seven is... That's yeah, the break it's, even. It's a hit for four damage, which gets uh, broke even. Um, however, enemy's at 25. Do we want to just lightning bolt this sucker? Yes. Too? Yes. Absolutely, yes. Lightning bolt. Fire finger! Fire finger! We do 10 damage immediately. Taking him down to 15. And he goes back to Old Faithful. Blung. That is an 8. Which was a... Oh, that's a that's one, one damage. damage. Uh, as the Old Faithful has managed to strike us, we use our fire fingering hand and reach up and just grasp the tongue and shout, Fire finger! Blip. In doing so, we burn his tongue off. And he falls down to the ground, writhing in pain, which we're more than glad to use EJ to end. All right. We get one experience for our troubles. (laughs) One experience. I do love the failure, the failure sentence. If you do not succeed, take your broken xylophone to page 14. (laughs) You know... This might actually be useful because it might give us information in the future for fighting amphitherians. They do hate xylophones. We know that now. Exactly. Okay, so door to 92, which we've already done, or the other door into the corridor. So, well, we just know we are going to 69. Yes. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to just start rolling. That is a seven, which is a no. How many more? Uh... Five more. I'll roll the next. Oh, I got a four. Well, well I guess... Nothing. Okay. So we got three done. I'm rolling four. Oh, you should probably get... I guess it's a podcast. I was going to say, we should get a camera on this so people know I'm not lying when I say I got another four. <laughs> Seven. Still no encounter. This is... I, I'll admit it is suspect to not roll any of these encounters here, but it works out well. I can't deny so 69 it is uh i think you have to roll one more it was five more after the first that you'd rolled i've rolled three i've rolled two so you have one more oh five more after the first okay we got an eight look what you did look what you did now we gotta fight a skeleton about it uh we get four on our roll and a five on the skeleton's roll I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go for it. We we've done this. Absolutely. This is like RPG. I've fight. I fought this already. I'm high enough level. I fast forward through this fight. I get a exactly. seven. So it has a. That's a nothing. It hits. It needs mm-hmm. to hit it with a six plus one damage. <laughs> we do five damage. Uh, as EJ barely connects. 
Okay, 15. That is a 9, which is a 3 plus 1, 4. No. Excellent. Uh, a 7 in response back to them for a total of 3, 8, uh, 8 damage. Taking them down to 7 HP. All right. Snake eyes. He, he, he dies. <laughs> he crumbles. <laughs> Stunting on this enemy, uh, we actually uh, decide to hand EJ from our left hand uh, to our right, but we don't take the pommel in our right. We take the blade and swing it down pommel head, the, uh, the skeleton, trying to just absolutely break this man's block and do so with ease. He shatters. Oof. Ten gold. And an experience. Mm-hmm. We are eight experience towards our next level. Ten gold just doesn't mean anything to us anymore. Yeah, not at all. I, I am recording it, but it's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a peculiar room, this, particularly shaped with a deep purple velvet curtain closing off the northern section. Ah, cold, isn't it? There's a little glittering crystals on the wall like ice, except they're green and pink. You touch one curiously and promptly get a cold burn. The stuff is colder than ice, colder than anything you're willing to sacrifice. You're shivering already. You head for the curtain fast before you freeze to death. You race for the curtain, score above a three, and you make it to 138, score three or below, and you die? Mm-hmm. I rolled a four. Excellent. Did you, did, wait, did you roll? No. Oh, okay. I, I was just lamenting the possibility of an no, instant there was a, death. But... There, was, there was a pregnant pause that made me think you rolled a, You rolled and you were keeping it a little secret. You know what? I'll, I'll peel back a mil, millisecond here. I didn't roll anything. I was thinking of the lyrics to Cold as Ice, and I was like, where's the next reference point? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. That's all I remember off the top of my head, so... <laughs> all right, well, well... you never take advice is the next one, but that sounded pejorative. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> and then someday you'll pay the price, my love. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, very aggressive song that one, as it turns out. One thirty-eight. Let's go. Sword in hand, you brush aside the curtain. No monsters, but something just as terrifying. A locked door. And behind <gasps> it, as you can see through the tiny barred window, stairs. Stairs going down. Only one key can unlock the door, the key to the gateway to the gas, the kingdom itself. If you haven't unlocked the door into the stairs, it's everyone. Otherwise, go back. We do, everyone. We beat that out of a little old lady Theron Square. <laughs> These are very long stairs. Very, very long, very steep, very dark stairs. This uh, sort of looks like the place where you might find spiders. But you press on bravely, brushing aside webs. Oh, spider webs! Groans EJ, knowing perfectly well that any spiders you're likely to meet will be quite harmless little flycatchers. You wouldn't do any harm that wouldn't do any harm to a brave. Here it comes! Shrieks EJ as two fiery red eyes approach you like an express train from a darkness ahead. It's a giant spider, of course. What else could it possibly be in a place like this? Thirteen life points, but the bite is poisonous. So if that spider manages to hit you three times in a row without you hitting back, you're lethally poisoned. And the spider's next meal. Hits on a six and has a surprise automatically. Okay, he gets to go first. Surprisingly enough, it is susceptible to bribery, as you may have noticed <laughs> by the asterisks, but it'll demand an awful lot of gold if you get past the spider 74. I want to bribe this spider. Absolutely. It, it can insta-kill it. We, if we don't use our immense riches to push ourselves further, rich get richer style, then what do we do with gold? That's what I've learned <laughs> exactly. that you do with gold. 
You want compounding advantage. That's the most interesting thing you can do with gold. <laughs> 74. It is. 74. Also, the spider is technically conquered, so we gain an experience as well. Cost us 1,000 <laughs> to bribe this spider. They were definitely asking for a pretty penny. At the bottom, 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 bottom of the stairs, you find yourself in a 20 by 30 chamber with a door in the south wall. Entire place piled high with bones, skulls, and rustling weapons of previous adventures. Not a good omen, Pip. But pinned to the wall with a broken sphere is a tattered, sketched map. See page 223. You find corridors of this level that you must make a wandering monster roll every 50 feet, five squares instead of 60. Results should be read from the level two wandering monster table instead. All right, try the door or return to 138. I mean, so... We absolutely should try this door as it would go to a corridor that leads out to 129, uh, but also because we've full completed the last floor, so there's no reason to go back. Yeah. Uh, so the corridor has six spaces, which means we will be rolling for a wandering monster. All right. So wait, which page are we on right now? It says... Uh, 74 is the page we're on. The map is on 223. Okay, 74. Cross that out. All right. Wandering monster. How many mo wandering monsters? Uh, One wandering monster. And anything below a six, including, uh, will not trigger a fight. I got a five. No fight for us. We enter room, I believe it was 123? 129. 129. Despite what the map shows, you're in a 10 by 10 room with doors to the northwest, east, and south walls. What? Interesting. We've been tricked. The door east leads back to the corridor, north leads to 78, west leads to 83. So yeah, these are not even marked on there at all. Mm-hmm. So this is like a subdivided room within that room. I so, mean, we prefer north to, to west. Yeah, let me just 129... Gotta actually use my notebook again instead of just crossing off stuff in Microsoft Paint. 78. You die! Another 10 <gasps> by 10 chamber. Doors in the south and west walls. Okay, well, so south would take us back to the room we came from, so the western wall takes us to 118. Yeah. Another 10 by 10 chamber. Doors in the south, west, east, and east walls. I mean... Okay, so ultimately... What we're looking at here is like a corridor that is two spaces completely wide, but it's subdivided into a room. So it's two rooms wide, and we can go between any of those connected rooms, and they are hiding what is otherwise adjacent. The reason I bring this up is because if we air to hanging exclusively on the north side, given all of the directions we can otherwise go, uh, we will, it looks like on the map, end up in 140. Yeah. And if we go across the south side, there might be a possibility we could cut directly to 81. Possibly. Though it does not look like there's a doorway entrance to it. Yes, but Where it looks I'm like assuming that because the map is not reliable in this area, that there might be a hidden entrance in one of these rooms. Per chaps. Up to you. Per chaps. Um, I kind of want to go south and then air along the bottom wall. Yeah, you're right. Let's do it. 83. I'll say that 83 takes us to the page 83 that 129 would have take, take, did us to. Makes a bunch of sense. Uh, then let's cut uh, west consistently, because east would just take us back. 89. Another grid. Towards the east, north, and west. Mm-hmm. 
86, another grid, northeast and west, to 98 is the next west. 98. You die! Another east-northwest. Can I go west? Yep. East-northwest. <laughs> 91. East-northwest. 129. 129 will take us back to the start, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah, 129 is the room in general. So Okay, go- so let's not go west this time. Let's try something else. North? North only? Yeah. 106. Oh. All right, 106. And then this one would be able to leave to a chamber by going north as well, I think. Theoretically. The other thing is, is there a chance that going south, the only one that doesn't make sense is the right call? You know, in like a like a lost woods kind of was ninety one. Well, yes, because because we go well north but... and then we go south backwards. Like we go in and then we go back in the door we just came from. Like maybe that's the secret. I'm I'm more than happy about trying that. Let's go to oh. ninety one. Oh well, it didn't really. <laughs> All right, it was one hundred six. One hundred six is where we came from. Yep. Yeah. So ninety one. Okay. So never mind. I thought that I solved the little secret. Uh, it's all good. I suspect there is a secret in here somewhere. 84? I don't know. 98 going east. I don't know, man. I don't know. Hmm. This is very mazy. It is indeed. I mean, I'm I'm kind of... I'm, I'm certainly keen to just take the exit to the north. Maybe the, the trick was this corridor loops back. And uh, if you're not paying attention to where you are on the grid, you might just go back to the entrance and have to start again. Mm-hmm. One can only hope. But going north at the final would be to 144. Okay. One, 144? Oh, all right. Uh-oh. By Jove, you're out, Pip. You're out of the maze, mark you. The mental effort has taken a lot out of you. Better nosh some of your rations before going on if you're not carrying any. You lose one permanent life point due to brain mm-hmm. fog. If you look around carefully, you find your side, you're standing in the northern corridor just outside the northern door to the area marked 129 on your map. You'll also find you're in grave danger of stepping into a small and quite amazing magical artifact, a talisman of wandering monster protection. When you invoke the power of this charm, it sends out rays, which it's a repel. It's a repel. There's only one slight problem. It has two charges, so use them wisely. Or not at all, if you wish, since some adventurers prefer hacking up wandering monsters for the sake of their gold. Should you wish to retrace your steps back through 129 from this direction, you can go direct to the door in the eastern wall since you've solved the maze now. Cool, cool. Well, I suggest, because... Wait, like, have we picked it up? Wait, hold on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You're in da- grave danger of stepping on a small artifact. It doesn't say you pick it up, but I guess, yeah. So, hey, okay. All right. Do we pop it? We're dying. Um, Yeah, I legitimately believe we should probably just pop this consistently. So yeah. one charge of it used. So that's, theoretically, that's this floor and the next. So we're good to go. I'm thinking so. I'm thinking so. Which sounds great. Uh, so you'll never have any encounter. Yeah, cool. So that that saves us a yeah. bunch of rolls. Let's we just exit don't. This, uh, we never corridor. have to roll wild encounter again for this. The rest of this book, if we, as far as I'm aware, which is great. Saves right. a lot of time. One forty. Zap. The huge chamber is full of blinding pinkish light coming from a large globe set in the center, which pulses. 
And jibbers slightly, come to that. I am the magic zapper! A voice snickers telepathically in your head. I have been waiting for you to see who would be fool enough to enter my lair. If you leave my lair now, any magic you may use from now on will cost you double the normal life points. But if you fail to kill me in a single blow, I shall absorb your magic completely. Any magic you may use from now on will cost you double. But if you fail to kill me with a single blow, I shall absorb all your... Huh. Nasty, the magic zapper has only six life points, but it's still a big risk if you only have one blow. At the same time, you hardly want to pay double life points every time you want to use magic from now on. Decide what you do, then go back out of the door the corridor to keep away from this chamber from now on. So the enemy doesn't show uh, damage represented, and they say if you don't uh, hit me in a single blow, so I can only imagine that we have the first strike. It sounds like it. It also doesn't even say it attacks. Yeah, exactly. So! Lightning bolt. Yeah, I think we just... Yeah, I think we like... Well, it's magic it's... Zap, zap the magic zapper. Just short circuits. Um, Lose all of my spells or just one? Zap. Blap. <laughs> what a room. All right. Um... Decide what to do and then go back to the corridor to leave this area. So when we leave this corridor, we could continue uh, to other parts of the corridor. We could go to 96, the exit near the north, or we could go to 108, the exit near the south. I feel like I'm looking at the map. It, it So far, the conspicuous, inconspicuous rooms have been correct. There's a very mm -hmm. strange, weird, like, long hallway door of doors. Down at the bottom to 117 mm -hmm. down there. My idea is doing what we can to get there. So okay. what's the quickest path there? Uh, quickest path there, it looks like, would be... Actually, this is one long continuous corridor. Yeah, isn't it? Which doesn't matter to us. Yeah, because it was well, like... I mean, if... getting down to 117 would mean we would want to go through the corridor to get to 135, which yeah. is a double door room that then leads down to uh, the 81 and 117. Yes. So how do we get to, can we go, can we go to 135 or uh, that's what I'm trying, I'm having trouble. Parsing. Yeah, I believe, I believe if we go through the corridor, we have the yeah. ability to get all the way to 135. Yeah, because it's like one really, it, it's something you wouldn't want to do if you didn't have immunity to fights, but we do. So great. Mm -hmm. All right. This, is a, this looks like a very ordinary antechamber. One door leading to a corridor, other leading to 81. You could walk straight through it if it wasn't for the spiff that has rooted itself in the center of the floor, cracking up the stone, slabbing to reel the earth beneath. You recognize it instantly, of course, since there's pictures of these weird vegetables in Merlin's spell books. It has a single stem, very thin and pliable, bulbous head, and the size and shape of a melon. Honeydew, not watermelon. And the color of an aubergine and eggplant. Desperately, you want to remember what you read about them in Merlin's spell books. There's something about magical about them, of course. Otherwise, they wouldn't be written about. But what? Eventually, it comes to you. The seeds instead. Oh. Inside the head are anything up to six seeds. Each one you swallow restores your life points to their absolute maximum. The most powerful healing known to man. If you eat six, you'll automatically gain one permanent life points. The problem is they don't like having their heads cut off for the sake of seeds and will begin to vibrate if you're not very, very careful. Uh, okay. 
vibrating spiff will turn the molecules of your body into brackish water in exactly eight seconds. Are you willing to risk cutting off the spiff's head for the sake of the seeds? If so, turn to 165. Hmm. I, we have to kill it. It's a shame that we don't just have the ability to 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 neutralize it as an attacking vegetable. Yeah, because uh, it would be looking for a friendly reaction at that point. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely more than happy to actually get some healing. It feels like we have to put our head on the line to try and begin a vibrate if you're not careful. Eight seconds. I mean, what page? It's one thirty-five. It feels like we need to try, right? Just knowing that we have no way of healing at this point is absurdly frightening. Um, what do you think? Well, it's just, is it ultimately going to come down to a fight? I guess I don't know. It does sound like you could just... You're saying you think... You're I'm, saying you think I'm that saying it's I think there's vibrate the possibility that's an insta-kill. You think it's an insta-kill. I, I think that's possible. I think that it, I guess I do. <laughs> oh God, why game? I think you're right. It's so, it's, which is annoying because I I want healing, but they they set it up as such like here you get six seeds. I don't know. And also, they even say it's a vegetable. I really wish that like we were able to just cast the veggie friend spell. Why can't we? Uh, because it would resolve a friendly reaction. Um, and, uh, we can't do that unless, uh, it's, uh, giving well, us a possible result for the friendly reaction, which means that a battle would need to begin. And you're con you're feeling like there won't be a battle beginning. Turn get your molecules of your body into brackish water in exactly eight seconds. I'm, it, it just seems very threatening. Is there not a world in which we, I mean, it sounds like. It sounds like what what does the spell say exactly? Because it, uh, you resolve a friendly reaction against any attacking vegetable. I mean, maybe we, it sounds like we could fudge that. I don't know. What do you think? You, you it seems like I, I'm feeling a pull away from encountering it on one eighty five. I'm feeling a it, pull from you away from that. It seems I I am threatened. I'm I'm fine with going to 165 if we want to. I just wanted I needed to air my conscience, which was uh, this looks uh, possibly bad. All right, do you want to roll? Do you want to roll the die to see which one we do? Absolutely. So it's, so it's just up to fate. Sure, sure. Uh, so you and I are rolling effectively like an initiative combat. Oh here. sure, sure. Uh, I guess yeah, sure. It was more yeah, just if it was. I got a four. I have a question. Oh, I was about to ask, did you roll a six? Which uh, you didn't. I did, though. All right. Uh, I think we need to leave. Okay, we leave. 165. Uh, 165 is the wrong one for leaving. A1 nope. is our leave. I know it is. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. It's, it's a good old heads you win, tails I lose. <laughs> Sorry, 81. <laughs> you said 81 yes okay the vast chamber with its high ceiling has would you believe it a second long thin room actually built in the middle of the floor the mad architect strikes again there are two doors into this thin room one at the western end one at the east east is guarded by a smallish winzing a squat stubby winged creature with leathery skin and a sword that's not much longer than a dagger they will not attack unless you try and enter 117 if however you do and get into a hassle it 
it's as well to know the winzing. You'll be fighting, has 15 life points, hits on 7, does plus 1 with that little sword. You don't have to go to 117, of course, but there's nothing else in 81, so your only other option is return. I mean, we should probably try, right? Yeah. It seems weak. 117. It seems weak as hell. Okay. Oh, it looks like we have to fight the oh, thing. Oh, yeah, we'd have yeah. to fight it in order to What was it? Roll its initiative. Boop. It hits on a seven, does plus Six. one with its sword. But it's ready as hell. Six also. Oh, re-roll. Four. Four also. Oh. Two. <laughs> okay. Two. Two! <laughs> All right. One. Six. Okay. <laughs> we either tie or we get the opposite clash, sides clash, of clash, the tie. Clash, 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 clash. Okay, wait, what page? Where was uh, the details? Well, I mean, we have to fight the we have to fight the winzing, which was, it, um, was on eighty one. The details for that, though, right? 81, yeah. Okay. Yes. So fifteen life points. Hits on a seven plus one. It sucks. Do we even have? Wait, hold on. Hits on a seven. Mm -hmm. Okay. If it rolls a twelve, it gets six. Okay. A, an eleven or twelve for it to do damage. Mm hmm. Is oops. I don't roll yet. A smallish winzing, a squat, stubby-winged creature with leathery skin and a sword that's not as long as a dagger. Got it. Um, I'm going to strike directly at its wings with EJ and just try and clip them. Uh, we roll a seven, doing uh, three plus five, eight damage to the enemy, taking them down to seven HP. Oh, no. He goes, oh, no. And he tries... <laughs> we take off one of the wings. Weakly, shakily tries to poke its dagger into your shin and gets a five. <laughs> Doesn't even hit. Uh, as it tries to strike at our shin, I uh, Pip elects to raise that leg and just kick it straight in the chest. <laughs> For a total of five damage, which does leave it unconscious. Boop. Alright, you've entered a ten by ten chamber. And the door behind you, and we were going to 117, right? Mm-hmm. Alright. Turns out to be one way, so you can't use it to get back out. Oh, my God. What's more, you've fallen into a pit. Not difficult to climb out again, even if you don't have a rope, but you'll lose one die roll of life points. The door to the north is also one way and leads back to 81, but you cannot use it to enter the room again. The door ahead leads to 94. We took six to that roll, annoyingly. If only we had 13 seeds. HP remains. Do we want to consider maybe having a nap in here before we do anything? I guess we can try. We can do our first night night time on page 214. It's time to finally explore the dream time. All right. It's used only for dream time. You enter it with your life points at the exact level they were when you started. You have no magic weapons or armor except that which is given to you here. You may take nothing back from the dream time. Any life points you lose in the dream time must be reduced from your life points. If you're killed in the dream time, you're killed in real life. Now enter it, rolling two dice, and then, okay. I roll two dice and go to whatever section. Uh, before we do that, though, um, we sleep and see if we even turn to dream time. Oh, wait, how... Oh, it's only on a one to four. We actually go to dream time. Five or six. We just sleep well. Oh, okay. All right. May I? Absolutely, please. Come on. This is this is important. This is important. What is that? That's a five. That's a five. Yeah. That's a five. All right. All right. 
Wait, well, what does that even no mean? No Dreamtime section for us yet, but we do get to sleep, and then we roll 2d6 and heal for a total of 6 HP. <laughs> Which actually just heals exactly the fall that we just made. This doesn't seem worth it. Because, wait, let's look at, I want to just look. What happened? You, this one is just, you just die. Oh yeah, I can only imagine there are going to be some harsh ones in here. This one is lose 10 health. This one is lose yeah. 5 health. This is a thing gets to attack you for free, might kill you. This is not good. None of these are good. Yeah, you don't want to do it, but it's it's risky health gain. Yeah, but it just seems like most of these are like... That makes an item. I don't know. I have some issues with the design of the bit of the of the nine nine time. All right. So are we gonna go in the door ahead to ninety four? Uh sure. Because otherwise we can't ever do this again. Maybe for good reason. Maybe for bad reason. What do you? you yeah. 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 yeah ninety four. All right. Oh God. You've entered a 10 by 10 chamber and the door behind you turns out to be one way, so you can't use it to get back out. What's more, you have fallen into a pit. Not difficult to climb out, even if you don't have a rope, but you lose one die roll of health. This, I got a bad feeling. You lost three? I have a feeling it's just going to keep on going. Or at least it can't keep going unless it loops his back. Also, descending? Maybe this is getting to a new area. What, wait, 122? Um, no, I mean, like, continuing to fall. Oh, yeah, 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 but wait, wait, what page should we go to? 122 would take us back to 81, takes us back to 122. Okay, I think, I, I think I've gotten confused. Door ahead leads to 122. The door north is also one way and leads back to 181, but you cannot use it to enter the room again. I mean, yeah, we can only go to 122 as far as I can see from here. Yeah. So one one twenty. Oh god, where am I? 122. You've entered a 10 by 10 chamber, and the door behind you turns out to be one way, so you can't use it to get back out. What's more, you have fallen down a pit. Not difficult to climb again, but even if you don't have a rope, you lose a one die roll. Wait, even if you don't have a rope, but you lose one die roll of life points. I mean, I guess you keep killing us. Keep going. Uh, I'm confused. Are we going in a loop here? I don't think we're going in a loop. I think if you look at the map, I think we're you see how it's one by one by one by one by yeah. one. yeah oh okay so it's that many instances maybe oh, mm. god this is annoying should we sleep again how much health do we have uh at the moment 16 uh but we just landed on 121 uh, 122 so that's another roll oh we yeah. only lost one this time yay 15 health Oh my god. Why is the end of this? The end of this book is doing the stuff that the other books were doing in the beginning. The, the uh, insta-die stuff. I'm not a fan mm -hmm. of that being so late in the book. Um, Oh my god. Well, if we know, if we think that it's just going to keep on doing it, the the issue, the question is, do we think that, do we think this is where the secret is in this gauntlet of traps? You know? I mean, the the thing is, I can only imagine. But just looking at the map, it feels like it would have to be. But the thing is, it's just we just didn't have any healing, really. I think we should uh, head to 131. In for a penny. One thir 131? Mm-hmm. The question, and I guess we, we heal. If it keeps on being... Oh, come on. 
Come on with this. You enter a 10 by 10 chamber. The door turns out to be one way. You can't use a get back out. What's where you have to climb it? You lose two dice rolls of life points. Only five, thankfully. Okay. And then we can keep going. In for many pennies, in for many pounds, 99. In for the amount of pennies we have. Uh, hey, Refs, did you know you've entered a 10 by 10 chamber and uh, the door behind you turns out to be one way, so you can't use it to get back out? And what's more, you've fallen down a pit and it's not difficult to climb out again. If you don't have a rope, you can use two dice rolls of white points. Yep. Did you know that? Yeah, figure that figure that out on the previous one. Is three. So we uh, we could be unconscious. I think we go to nine nine time. Let's let's have a nap while we're unconscious here. All right, you roll it. You roll the d six. Four. All right, time to learn <sighs> dream time. Do we heal? Uh, do we heal for sure? I believe we heal after the dream. <laughs> you enter dream time with your life points exact level they were you have no magic weapons or anything you may take nothing back any life points you lose you lose for real now enter the dream time throwing two dice and going to the section indicated by your score you rolling we're going to section six all right great you have fallen through the floor of a ruined castle into the pink marble crypt of the poetic fiend who you discover is in a foul mood by reason of a bad toothache or, more correctly, Fangank. He insists you must write a limerick beginning. There, there once was a poet oh, yeah. called Dan. If you can complete the limerick in less than 15 minutes, you may return safely to the section where you decided to sleep. If not, he will fang you for the life for the, the loss of five life points. Uh, this is on you, Rebs. Give me a limerick. Uh, there once was a poet called Dan, who stood as a very tall man. He... Cut off from his knees. Uh, wait, one sec. The things that you please. Oh, if you would please cut him off at the knees so his head no longer hits the fan. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, so we, I guess we get I to I thought heal. it was going to be 15 seconds, so I was, I, I no, was already like, minutes. oh no. 15 whole minutes to do it. All right, so we get a roll. 2d6? I think we get like four. Yeah, I think we get like legitimately. We just safely return. I think we get this like, is a good one. I think we get like. Four. I rolled the ten. We're taking mine. We're taking mine. We're taking mine. We're taking mine. I yep. rolled the ten. I hadn't even rolled yet. I'm so <laughs> glad you rolled the ten. Thirteen HP. Do we? I mean, surely we don't risk going back to sleep land again unless we do. I I think we might want to continue before we risk that. All right, what page were we on? I scrolled down. Oh God. So did I. <laughs> Which is actually gonna make it kind of difficult, right? Uh, yeah. Ninety nine, I think, was relatively recent. Uh, one nine, one nineteen, I think. After nine, one nineteen. Okay, yeah, yeah ninety nine was the last one we were on, and then going to one nineteen. That's odd. You haven't fallen down a pit. Oh, really? What? But you have just been teleported to eighty seven, which may be just as bad. Or maybe not. But I was just getting used to the pits. Yeah, I kind of felt comforted by it. 87. How interesting. There's stairs in this room, Pip, leading down to the dark depths of 150. There's also three doors, one leading south to a corridor, north to 113, and one east to 102. Are you going to make it choose between north and east? There's also the dark depths of 150. 80, 87. I have to actually go back to writing it down because we don't finally don't have a map for this part. 130, 113. Mm -hmm. 
102. Is that is any of that on our map? No. Okay. Well, well, I don't really, I don't know. Don't make me choose between my favorite directions. Go. We go. We go. Not south, but down. One fifty. One fifty. This isn't really Based a fundamentally room at all. on the Based fundamentally on the instinct that uh, stairs are good. It's true. The stairs leave off in a twisty little bit of corridor, which, with fortunately, a full plan of level three drawn facing you on a massive blackboard. Since you can't very well carry a blackboard around with you for the rest of the adventure, you copy down a plan. Wondering who drew it here. And note that you're actually in a spiral corridor that goes for quite a long way. It's rather a pity, since you'll find that in the corridors of this level, you will make a wandering monster roll every 40 feet. Doesn't matter, don't even care. Now put your best foot forward and turn to the level 3 map, and good luck. Okay. All right, we saved a bit of time on level 2 there. Woohoo. Uh, we also pop a max rappel. Blah. Professor Oak says, now there's a time and a place for everything. Um, All right. So... Okay, so this, this is a corridor uh, from 150 that leads around in a spiral, but we can ignore that. In fact, this corridor leads to so many different locations that we could go to at this point because we don't care about wandering monsters. That is so true. All right. <sighs> I will say there is one big thing on the map that is listed as Zone of Darkness. Mm-hmm. There's also a checker. There's like a checkerboard. Maybe there's like a chess event. Uh, perhaps there's something. Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of rooms that like look more like things than others. Mm-hmm. Something uh, I immediately uh, note is that uh, there is a spiral out from this staircase, but there is also a spiral in, yeah. uh, in a different area spiraling into a central area. So that's leveraging. You'd have to fight a lot of monsters to get here. Yeah, I'm really liking. Yeah, I'm loving the idea of going straight from this 150 spiral all the way to 160, taking advantage of the Love fact it. that a normal run would have to fight a billion monsters. So I, I like that. 160? I'm just going to cross up my garbage. A whirlwind envelops you. Wait. Am I the right thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's indented. A whirlwind envelops you the second you step through this doorway, blackening you out momentarily and teleporting you straight to 147. Isn't that irritating? Okay. Slightly, uh, I suppose. Yeah. 20 by 50. This pretty big room for a rubbish tip. Everything seems to have been thrown here. Tables, chairs, old pots, pans, lamps, clocks, urns, candlesticks, garofalas, crocs, old boot garofalas. There's nothing worse than meeting a garofala when all you want is a bit of peace. These six feet long two-headed reptiles have a meaner disposition than Emperor Ming of Mongo. This particular garofala lurking in the junk has 40 life points. Streaking on, wait, striking on a six or better gets two hits for one you're one on account of its second head. But both heads score only the damage dice with no pluses. Oh. Okay. That's not... I mean, that's scary, but not that scary. Yeah. So they're rolling twice roll a turn. Well. But they have to roll a 11 to even deal one damage. I will also say, if we silly thing, they don't roll any times per turn. And we don't want to leave this dungeon with a bunch of silly things left over. <laughs> silly. I think we do it. Absolutely. Uh, roll for initiative first, though. Oh, yeah. Four. Two. Oh! Ooh. Not tied or opposites. <laughs> Garofalus, what are you doing collecting all these silly things? 
and we accidentally goop him. Mark Successfully, Garofalus. mind. Mark Garofalus. <laughs> Janine? Um... <laughs> You are uh, immobilized for four turns. Ah, uh, the are also. Turn, they do nothing. Uh, we're at this point, like, I mean, the enemy's totally paralyzed. Yeah, let's just walk up close and strike him. I mean, forty health is not. I mean, we we've done with worse. Uh huh. Uh, we take them down to thirty-one, dealing nine points of damage as we strike across the scales of their chest. Oh, right, of course. They don't take another turn. Yep. And we instead do and swing back in the other direction, which is actually significantly less impactful and uh, bounces off of their scales. They s do nothing still. Also worth noting, we could tingle ring at any point. Not probably mm. here, but like next time. We got to remember we can do it. We do six more points of damage, taking them down to 25. And then they have their final uh, turn of... No, how many do silly action. things do we have? Uh, three silly things left. Huh. Do we want to possibly roll for the silly thing instead of for another sword attack? Or I think at this point we would be fine to just hit them with the sword. I think so too. I have slight concerns as I don't know that sleep time is going to go so well again, but we'll see. Sword strike does another seven damage, taking them down to 18, and they're allowed to respond now. They attack twice at once. Do you want me to roll for one of the heads? Go right ahead. <laughs> got a seven snake eyes oh <laughs> thank you for rolling for one of them then i got a seven which is a hit but not damage hit for no damage in response we oh, i was really hoping that was going to be a crit because one of them is a six but the other is a two so we're only going to be dealing a total of uh, nine more to the enemy taking them down to a total of nine remaining all right one head goes for a champ and he gets an eight which is a hit no damage uh the other also goes for a chomp but in the opposite direction and they get their next tide and then we crit in response immediately Boop. uh we we attempt with ej who's like hey i've uh, fought things like this this is kind of a hydra right you gotta start cutting off the heads uh, let me attack the left one and uh ignoring ej's advice uh, we strike from the left and down through the right as well, taking both heads off at the same time. Pop. All right. If you survive this encounter, go to 152. Nice bit of survival, that. Garofalus are monsters to be reckoned with. What a sturdy young adventurer you turned out to be. What a sterling slaughter of monsters. What an intrepid seeker of loot and booty. What a... Enough of this flattery. You might as well rummage in this junk heap now that you got rid of the Garofalo. That brass lamp looks interesting, for instance. A bit battered, very old, but interesting. Now that you found this interesting lamp, what do you do with it? Rub it, open it up, or try and light it? Oh, God. Um, well, I mean, the thing is, we already have the gin, so I kind of don't want to do almost any of these. That's where I'm at, is like, it? yeah, I don't, is it going to explode? All I know is, whatever's in there, I don't think we want to reveal it. So, burn it. <laughs> L199. Yeah. Okay. All right, 199. The lamp burns with a surprisingly steady blue flame and a hint of pale grew blue blue gray grew uh despicable me smoke which curls around you like a shroud except it isn't a shroud as you quickly discover it's a magical protection if this lamp is lit before you get into a hassle the magic smoke will deduct three points from any damage scored against you 
on top of any damage reductions you already have. You must decide to light the lamp before you enter a section or make a wandering, wandering monster roll since you won't have time. When it starts, there's enough oil for six uses. But don't throw the lamp away afterwards since you may find suitable oil somewhere, perhaps on another adventure. Hey, that's pretty cool. Ooh. Lamp of minus three damage taken is mm -hmm. pretty darn good. All about that. 167. The question is, should we use it immediately? Wait, back to 167 or wait? No. Yeah, it says, uh, Macho can't lovely. leave behind the door south into the corridor or the door east into 167. All right. Wait, so do you want to go? Wait. Oh, there's another option? Um, well, I mean, we could go back to the corridor and that would lead us to uh, pretty much anywhere on the floor or 167. This is the only entrance to 167. Oh, we'll do 167. A whirlwind envelops you to the second the second you step through this doorway, blacking you out momentarily, teleporting you back to 74, which is right at the beginning of level two. Wouldn't that make you spit? What? It didn't try. Um, the thing is, I'm it's irrelevant. To oh no. I don't think that it works like that. I think it cleanses the monsters for the level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If that's but, what you're saying. But. And it's a big but. Uh, the way we came down to level three, <laughs> rolling uh, 10 oh die effectively God. of damage is not something we can repeat. Uh, why? I, I gotta admit, I'm not a fan of this section. Mmm. Yeah. Alas. Um. Boy, howdy. We could try and go fight that seed monster thing now. That's true. If we're screwed that, anyways, that right? Would make it, that would make it a lot easier. If we're screwed anyways, we might as well try. Sure. Uh, so if I recall correctly, I think the fight for that, because we can just get there, like all of the things are already dead on their way. Um, mm -hmm. Is the fight 151? No, it's not 151. Okay, I don't remember where it was. Uh, what was it called? I was just going to search the word seed. Uh... So that's 165. 165. Oh boy. <laughs> Roll two oh. dice. Unless you score a 10 or better, it will vibrate and you should count to eight and then flow away to 14. D uh, hold on. Mm. Like, like, let's look at our spells here for a second and see if we can flavorfully, logically work our way out of this is there anything that we can do the fact that there's not a spell that guarantees a roll right now is a bummer mm -hmm. is there anything even um, like remotely that because like, you don't think that we could calm this thing with the the vegetable spell you don't think that that counts as calming it uh i i i my assumption has been that uh, we can only do it if we uh, test for a friendly reaction and we can only test for a friendly reaction if we were going to have a fight mm. um but maybe that is not the case i mean should i, <laughs> I don't want to roll but i can should i do it should we just try and roll is that you don't it's you don't amazing you don't... legume spell you know what i'm literally just gonna let's let's see if i can find a rock right pips Amazing legume spell, and the name of this is a spit. Looks like there aren't many great matches for your search. This right here says, I think you should trust your gut. It says, 
I mean, I can roll first, and then we can figure out what we think. Let's let's give that a go. I don't. Oh. <laughs> okay, we're gonna roll one die first. That's a five. Oh. It's not gonna be okay. <laughs> Maybe you should roll the other one. <laughs> or what do you think? I'll give it a go. Let's split it up. I got a five. I wish I rolled better. Okay, maybe I'll roll another die. I got a six. <laughs> that sounds good. We never split up spells you across two different people. It only makes sense, Dorito. Why would I even old... make you do it? Oh, God. Well, now I feel... <laughs> I could have... This is one of those things. I should have just rolled, but now I, now I messed it up in fear of the odds, you know? Uh, no, I'm I'm gonna happily put my hand up and say this 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 is like if I had have succeeded, we probably would have gone ahead. This is definitely a little bit of a fudge, but it is uh, in order to avoid uh, it's ridiculous extra overdoing of the same flaws again. Yeah, on on the situation where we are four hours plus in already. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm with you there. Fudging for the sake of it, dear God, it's going to be too long otherwise. So 81 is where we go. Mm-hmm. And right oh, there, wait, hang on. Wait, no. If you if you score, then you should roll one die to see how many seeds are in the head. Oh, wait, where is this? Oh, God. That's just below the uh, if you score 10 or better. Unless you score 10 or better, rather. The spiff will vibrate. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. The information is on the other one. I got a five. That's incredible. Hey! Five so seeds. get a permanent... HP, but we will get five seeds of full heal. I, 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 at this point, I feel like we have made out like bandits with our cheesy ways. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be upset by only getting, by not getting a permanent health. Uh, we go back to 51 maximum HP. I don't know. I'm almost like, I'm trying to wonder if we should just throw away a couple of these seeds as, as a penalty for our fudging. Feels right to me. If we like tripped and dropped a couple. I'm happy to fumble. I we trip we trip and we fumble a couple seeds. I think I think we should drop at, at least drop two of them. Bare oh, cool. men. We drop two more. We have two remaining seeds. Yeah, that feels more fair than getting a five and actually getting the full success. So we do have to go through the endless hell trap, anyways. Uh huh. Which is on. Oh my god, I covered up my page. What was that on? Page one seventeen. Uh... Yeah. Um, if I recall correctly, it was uh, one fall effectively per block we moved. No, it can't have been that. That would have been ten. Yeah, eleven so, individual falls. Yeah, which is not true. So ninety-four. So there's. I'll tell you what to roll one. I'll tell you what to roll, and I'll go through it. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Roll one. One die. One d six. Three. Uh, roll one more d six. Eight. Uh, two D6. Uh, Sixteen. Two D6, and I think that's it. Uh, another five, taking 21 full points of HP from oh, us, getting us down to 30. Jesus. All right. All right, so now we're back on floor three. All right. Well, let's never go to 167 again. That sucked. All right. God, that tele there knowing that there was a teleport. Oh, well, I guess it was a scroll, not a spell, to like teleport mm. you back to the room you were just in. Oh my God, that'd be so nice there. But I mean, we are we're richer for it. But alas, um, God, I don't know where do we go. 
I'm so scarred. It looks like it looks like there is a hard wall uh, in one area, but if we go to 151, we would have the ability to bridge back to that area. Okay. So that would be uh, from 150, spiraling around the staircase in the corridors, and then heading all the way south to 151. 151. Sorry, I'm just looking at the map. Oh my lord. So, you're trying to. Which room are you trying to get to? Uh, so I'm I'm uh, trying to generally move towards 162, and the main reasoning here is that 162 is the only one of these entrances that has a double doors leading into that it. That is a really good. That is a really good point. Okay, you uh, take take the wheel. So you think 150, 151? We have to go mm -hmm. to to get eventually get yep. to the. Yeah, double doors makes that makes so much sense. That feels. If we survive 151. We literally have a corridor directly to 160. All right, it's 151. There's a statue of a frog in here, which is wearing a silver filigree amulet encrusted with magical emeralds. The frog is wearing red tights and a blue cape, and has an emblem embroidered across its chest, saying, "You know what? Super frog." Yes. All this must come from something of a shock to you, but there's more. A chisel inscription of the frog's plinth states. Touch my amulet, and I'll kill you. Signed, Superforg. Frogs were never really that good at spelling. Propped beside the inscription is a note, written in ornate but familiar handwriting, that reads in Superfrog's voice. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't believe this is uh, Superfrog. There I is a character. It. It's... <laughs> I, I like that too, but the thing is, I've known that this character has existed because I've seen them on the oh. other side of pages in previous books. This is a character we're supposed to be very familiar with. We, in fact, encountered him. He's the one who made us do the, uh, the rhyming mimic. in the dream time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but as soon as I knew who this character was, I knew what his voice was going to be. The amulet I can report contains a scroll of teleport which you can use to travel true or stop them teleporting you. The frog is not a super frog. It's carved out of a piece of log. So on its plinth, it will just sit while you rip off its amulet. This is a tip from me to you, so you will know what to do. Sign things that were not quite what they seemed. Signed, your old pal, the Poetic Fiend. How nice. The poetic fiend was here and is looking after your interests. Writing slightly better verse, too. If you're prepared to believe the fiend's note, then you can try grabbing the amulet on 157. You're quite free to leave. Where it is, we leave it where it is and leave the section via the doors north and east, both which lead to 156. I mean, I think that... I, I don't know why I'm inclined to trust him. <laughs> Me too. But maybe it's just the voice. <laughs> it's a shame. I've unfortunately doomed us with that voice. If we uh, should head over to 157 to see if we can keep this amulet. I'm willing I'm willing to give it a go. I he, he said it was... I feel like it... Let's give it a crack. Cautiously, carefully, you lift the amulet from around the frog's neck, waiting for the statue to spring to life and zap you. But it doesn't. The poetic fiend wrote truly as well as poetically, good old fiend. Okay can possibly also mark knowledge that the poetic fiend is on our side now or at least chaotically on our side now place the amulet around your own neck prepare yourself for a bit of good news for a change anything up to three times during this adventure you can use the amulet to teleport yourself directly to any section on a level that you've already visited 
Even, Even if you've managed to get yourself killed since you visited it. can save you a lot of problems with wandering monsters. You cannot use it to teleport yourself to a section you have not yet visited, and if you try, it will teleport you to 14. Better news that if you find yourself in a section that threatens to teleport you somewhere else, you can use the amulet to stop it from happening, allowing you to leave the section you are in by the same door you entered. The amulet may be used this way six times in the present adventure. Now you can leave the northern or eastern door Wait, doors into the corridors or through to 156. Or you can I blow mean, a charge to go somewhere else. So, I mean, if, we're, if you're wanting to go up to 162, it seems to me that we go to 156, right? No. Wait, we, what? If oh, we is go that a wall? to the eastern corridor, oh, wait, uh, we can that just, just follow goes the there, corridor up to 162. Oh, there's no wall. Oh, there's no wall there. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think it's, it's, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. Well, I'll meet you on 162 then. All right. There are many great urns in here. Terracotta and alabaster and a few rough... It does, okay, so it's not the final boss. Rough baked clay, but all extremely large and all sealed. Who knows what might be in them? Who indeed? But if you're determined to open them, roll one die. Remember the result and go to 154. I don't know. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, we I, don't have any... We do have immunity to poison in a poison antidote, as well as those sharp teeth. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I wanted to come here because I thought that it was the boss. I'm fine to just like peace. Same personally. Let's peace out. Whoop. Well, I've selected the last uh, room we are directing ourselves towards. Why don't you give us the next? Oh god. So the only other rooms of like, there's a couple other rooms of kind of note. One seventy nine has like weird scroll like pathing on it, like a like a treasure mm -hmm. map. There's 190 and 193 in the upper in the northeast of the, the map that are kind of like two circle columns side by side, sort of. It's a little weird. And then there's also something that says zone of darkness in the bottom left. And there's a couple, there's two rooms on the side of, on either side of it. And that's the same room as well. Yeah, it's the same room number, regardless of where you enter it from. And then there's a zone of darkness in the middle between those. Oh, you know what that probably is? You can probably go to 164 in the bottom left, and then there's a zone of darkness separating it and the other 164. Mm -hmm. My guess is that is actually just, like, tr get through here if you have, um, like, light. My, I mean, we could find out, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion that that's actually just a way to avoid a lot of monster fights if you don't have monster avoidance. That's what mm. that looks like. That's what that looks like to me. Which leads me, I guess, towards the only rooms of note kind of feel like 190 and 193. Okay, okay. No continuing ish, uh, interest in uh, 179, the, the treasure room map? 170, wait, 179? Directly above the double doors. I'm down the, I'm, you know what, sure. Take, let's go to 179. I'm not feeling oh, no. exactly pulled into many. All right. How strange, how odd, how positively bizarre. There's a winding path laid out on the floor of this huge chamber, and along it are marching, in perfect unison, an armed contingent of seven dwarves. Hastily, you look around for Snow White, but she's nowhere to be seen. And, well, may you blush. Fancy expecting Snow White in a joint like this. Squad! Halt! Roars the leading dwarf, who is wearing three stripes and a crown on his sleeve, the insignia of the British Sergeant Major. Kill! 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 
Chant the remaining six, their beady little eyes fixed on you, glittering slightly. Hold it down, lads! Growls the Sergeant Major. This one may know the answer. Yeah, tell us the answer! Chant the dwarves in unison. The answer to what? You ask cautiously, not particularly anxious to tackle seven well-trained martial dwarves. Oh, God. The Sergeant Major Dwarf scratches his nose in a most alarming manner. At 0-1500 hours, 3 o'clock in the afternoon to you, our CO, the dreaded Black Knight of Avalon, set us marching on a level road then, up a hill and home again, back the way we came. We got back at 0-2100 hours, 9 o'clock in the evening to you. Then, he asked us how far we'd marched. Of course, being pig ignorant, none of us knew this, none of this sure knew. And being Sergeant Major, neither did I. So he set us marching round and round this chamber till we work it out. Very boring it is too, and only the occasional adventure and a murder. Now, the question is, will you tell us how far we marched, or do we amuse ourselves by killing ye? No one can tell you the answer to that unless you answer one question first. Huh. Oops. Oh no, I scrolled. I scrolled. I broke everything. I broke everything. 179. Okay, sorry. Where was that? You say slyly, playing for time, but with an idea forming in your cunning little brain. And what's that? Asks the Sergeant Major Dwarf. How quickly you walked in miles per hour. You say smugly, knowing full well this pig-ignorant shower won't have a clue. But to your horror, the Sergeant Major Dwarf answers promptly. Four miles an hour on level ground, three miles an hour uphill, and never varies on account of our military training. You stared him blankly. Oh no. Stuck now with answering the problem. Okay. Okay. Okay, so at 1500 hours, they were set marching along a level road, then up a hill, and then home again back the way they came. So. It doesn't. Level road, hill. So uphill, then downhill, and then back the way they came. So they travel the level road two times, so we'll reference that as 2x. And they travel uphill one time, that's y, and they travel downhill one time, that's z. Uh, and we know that uh, 2x plus y plus z equals the difference between 9 and 3, so 6 hours. I'm just going to sit back and say, yep. Um, it's it's absolutely okay it's my midday which means it's way too late for you to be thinking it's 9pm um, and I haven't eaten <laughs> I ain't doing math uh, 4 miles an hour on level ground so they've troubled 4 mi uh, miles an hour twice uh, and then 3 miles an hour uphill and 6 miles an hour downhill so uh, so that's six times their speed s at the end so it's eight plus uh, where are we eight plus three plus six yep that's what i got to a total of 17 uh and wait i'm making this harder than it needs to be right i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yep yep okay 
Damn, math is not my strong suit, apparently. Here <laughs> I thought... Why does it have to be so many options? Oh! Uh, yeah, it's 2 by 4 by distance plus 3 by distance prime plus Z times distance double prime. This is getting... This is... It can't be this, right? I could okay. All right, I'm step. I'm stepping in. Step back. I mean, well, keep working because I'm probably gonna give up in sure. three seconds. I'm probably gonna give up in three seconds. So just, I haven't even. I'll admit, I have not even attempted to try and solve this yet. <laughs> it doesn't say how long they go on a flat road uphill or downhill, do they? Yeah, no. Set us marching along a level road, then up a hill, and then home again, back the way we came. Wait. Yeah. So they don't even, that's the thing, is they don't even specifically say if it's an even amount on all three, you know? Yeah, exactly, which is why I'm trying to figure out some amount of distance for those as well. Because uh, it's speed times distance on each of them. Okay, yeah, 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 this makes sense. If you don't come up with something, I'm just going to say the biggest one. <laughs> Six times D. So we have... 8d plus 3d prime plus uh welcome to math quest 6d double prime equals 6 triple prime uh -huh. and i we know that did you factor in optimus at the prime? same time uh the apologies i can only have one brain working at a time <laughs> i know i'm um we know that uh, 2d plus d prime plus d prime prime is equal to <laughs> d triple prime. Yeah. <laughs> we also know that the distance... Well, we know that the flatland distance each way is the same, and we also know that the uphill and the downhill have to be the same. So that's not d prime and d double prime. That's d single prime, d single prime. Which makes that a lot easier. <sighs> yes. Why? Why must we do this to me? Uh, so here's the thing. 8d plus 9d prime equals 6d double prime. And we also know that 2d plus 2d prime equals <laughs> d double prime. So we've got, we we got two equations that we can work at, possibly. I'm gonna, here's my answer. Four times six, 24. Okay, I, look. It's been three it's years. Been, it's been <laughs> a long time since I did math for a good reason. Um, I'm just relying on the fact that uh, the parallel equations that I was starting to work on before we took the break, uh, <laughs> that was, to me was overcomplicating things, but I'm worried that everything I've done seems more and uh, less correct. You said that uh, we're So I'm going on. to relent to that, which is 12 on flat and 12 on uphill and downhill. All right. So to, to be clear, there's total miles. We, the reason why it's rough to just guess is there's five answers here. So 24, 191. And just how did you figure that out? Asks the Sergeant Major Dwarf aggressively. Simple. You reply, adopting your best intellectual expression. Since this pig ignorant sour matches at four miles per hour on the level, 
a level mile is going to take them a quarter of an hour. Going uh-huh. uphill at three miles per hour means they are going to take one third of an hour to march a mile uphill. Uh-huh. And since their speed downhill is six miles per hour, it follows that they will take one sixth of an hour to follow a downhill mile. Yep. Nods the sergeant major dwarf uncertainly. That means every mile you march there and back is going to take you half an hour. It doesn't actually matter whether you're marching on a level or a hill. Since you marched six hours altogether from three o'clock to nine o'clock, you must have covered oh. 12 miles there and 12 miles back. 24 miles it. altogether. You did it. <laughs> Hooray! Hooray! Roars raps. <laughs> Roars the dwarves in unison. <laughs> I'm, I'm the smallest of the dwarves in the background. Ah. Hip, hip, hooray! Can I go now? You ask politely exhausted from all the thinking, I say less. Of <laughs> <laughs> course you can. Yeah, uh, says the sergeant major dwarf delightedly. And so can we. Here, have a tin of spit and polish for your sword. Our compliments. Oh my. Uh... He hands you a small, rather rusty tin of wax polish. Great stuff, this. Not only does it keep your sword bright, but it also gives it an additional plus two gin of fight. There's nothing there for six fights, too. So so saying, the seven dwarves march off singing lustily. Hey-ho, hey-ho, off to the dreaded Black Knight of Avalon we will go. <laughs> and if you are really quick off the mark, you can follow them to their secret route to 200. If you don't feel ready to face the black, yes. sh- shut up. Yes, two hundred. <laughs> say less. <laughs> I say less. I'm tired. Say nothing. Des- we need to feed Rita. I, despite the vast size of this chamber, the first thing you notice is that there's no doors leading out of it. But that hardly matters, since standing in the center of the chamber, we'll have to successfully math to find. Okay, it's probably it was probably a secret pass. I guess there's probably another way. Mm-hmm. Since standing in the center of the chamber, black armor glistening in the light of a massive chandelier above his head. Oh, okay. For what it's worth, 200 is just like 100% a... Oh, it's a room with no entrances. I guess we should have clocked that. Huh. Interesting. A chandelier above his head is a burly figure carrying a sinister broadsword in one hand and equally sinister mace in the other. Ranged in front of him are seven seven military dwarves. Ranged in front of them are seven slime monsters. And sickening they look. Ranged in front of them are seven jinns. An unfortunate reality of yep. uh, having uh, chosen that voice for the previous character. We'll just... The, the sergeant sounded slightly different. Because... Welcome, Pip! Says the black-armored figure hardly. I am, as you will instantly recognize, King Pelinor, bosom friend of King Arthur. No, you're not. You reply promptly, having made that mistake too many times before. Oh, God. Okay, I got fooled again as well. You're the <laughs> dreaded Black Knight of Avalon. I'm gonna do your fearful mischief in... Sorry, and I am going to do you fearful mischief in order that I may shut the gateway to the Ghastly Kingdom. Well, if you're going to be like that, you'd better get on with it, says the Black Knight huffily. Sick him, monsters! At which point the monsters, various monsters, move towards you. This may not be quite so bad as it looks if you've already met, befriended, and defeated the seven dwarves and the jinns. We have, right? 
Uh, not the gins. Oh, gins plural. The only things that will actually attack you are the slime monsters. If you have not met them before, the dwarves and the gins will attack you as well. So that we don't have to worry about the dwarves. Boom! No dwarves. How the gins are gin. open to bribery. So that's uh-huh. a no-go. We don't have to worry about that. Well, wait, how many are there? Each gin has uh, 30 life points, hits on a five. Does it? it I'm assuming it's seven just because there were seven of Oh, seven gins. Yeah, no, yeah, it said seven gins. I'm mm. going to be real. I'm down to spend the money. A hundred percent. So we are seven, so rich. 500, that's 4.5k that we're losing there. That a drop. Of, wait. Oh, if you, you're wearing a tingle ring, any damage scored against you by a, okay it, by a gin is automatically halved. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, we might as well pay for it. The slime mm-hmm. monsters are bad news all the way. Each has ten life points and needs six to strike and scores only dice damage, but they poison you on the first successful strike, causing you to lose two life points every time you make a hit, until you cure yourself if you can. We do have poison cure. And curing yourself takes up a round, so the monster gets a free strike while you're doing it. So, that is annoying, but we do have Poison mm-hmm. Cure. We do indeed. Uh, I think before we start this battle, we should absolutely do a couple of things. Yes. First things first, I think we should cast POW, so our first hit is uh, good. Yes. We fail to cast POW the first time, taking three damage. And then we succeed the second time, so we're out of power charges now. Great. Well, not great, but fine. Mm-hmm. I will say power charges when we have to fight the slimes first. Well, whatever. Do yeah, have- it, it it almost does nothing to a slime. It almost actually. doesn't. It literally matter. does nothing to a slime. However, it almost doesn't matter, and it fully doesn't matter uh, when we pop a uh, seed, a spiff seed, into our mouth to heal back to full perfect i guess the you probably can't make the argument that we oh we could have known that we were entering the room on the we can put on the 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 wax for the plus two damage oh yeah that we can definitely do i don't know if we can argue that we can do the lamp for minus three damage yeah unfortunately i don't because so. we had to do it, it before we entered have the room. to have that before yeah. you go into the room yeah but with it, it sucks because we should have known because we literally knew we were entering it's true. we knew we were entering that's not that's uh that's just a goof. Uh all right. Any other things that we I think that's it for the out of combats, right? Yep. Now it's time to fight the slime monsters. All right. So how many are, are there seven of these too? Yeah. It looks like, yeah. Yeah, there's seven of them. Okay. All right. Initiative roll. They got a 3. 1. They're going to be attacking first. All righty. Need a six to strike, scores dice damage, two life points every time you can make a hit until you can cure yourself. Whoa, gosh. Okay, well, I got a five, so it doesn't matter. Did a sick trick Woo-hoo. off my thumb, but it is a five. Uh, we, uh, actually, let's, oh, okay, yes. Um, any, any hit that we actually make here will knock unconscious at the absolute least a slime monster uh, and ranging all the way up to a kill. So effectively, I'll just give you successful hits or non-successful que- hits. Question, uh, though. Should we mm. do the... We get to attack twice a turn spell. Is that a thing we have? Mm, this, this, this would all be one combat, right? I, uh, it, it's listed, it is listed like it's one big, long, back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back combat. It's listed like that. Yep. 
I, I think we should absolutely cast combat buffs like that, especially yeah. anything that lasts for the entire combat. Yeah, um, I think we have to. Sure. Well, I'm going to roll for pi r squared then. Roll well. And fail. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. All right, well, Slime Monster's going to attack. And roll bad, 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 and roll 10. Well, here's the thing. Well, we only take the damage when we hit anyway, so... Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. And rolling die damage, that's a so that's a force. That doesn't do damage to us. We are poisoned, but that's irrelevant until we swing, which if we're not doing, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, it works. So pi r okay. squared. We cast pi r squared on it second uh, successfully. Okay. And then I think we should cure ourselves secondarily. Well, oh, should we? I think so. I think so. What if they just hit us again in return and then we have to cure ourselves? That's a good point. Is there another spell we can cast that makes sense? I guess we could wait. Well, actually, yeah, we, could, we'd be able to cure ourselves and then hit them every round. I, I think we, oh, I see I don't what you're think saying. we need to use anything here. So you so think we'll cure ourselves and then they can hit us back. Okay. All right. That's a three anyway, so we didn't need... Good risk. Good risk. Pan down. Uh, okay, we uh, flip EJ from sharp side to flat side and just... Bring it down on the head of one of the slimes and crush them into the grout. And ah. another one just falls apart, frankly, on seeing this happen to another and becomes no more than a puddle. All right, we're down to five. Mm-hmm. Next one slimes up towards you and tries to slime you. He gets a seven, which is not damage, but is the poison. Yes, so we'll cure our poison on the first round. Yep. And then... Is there play Strike back to take another round. Taking a little... Well, nah. Nah, why, why risk it? Mm-hmm. Because it's well, very hard for down. them to do damage to us. Like, actual damage. Hmm. Uh, all right. Next one slimes towards you and slimes at you for a six, which is which is a hit. <laughs> it's so annoying because it's not damage, but it is poison. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We'll unpoison ourselves again. We only have two poison antidotes remaining. Oh god. Oh, oh god. If we get if we remain poisoned. Well, we have the snake poison thing from before. Oh wait, no. We have shark teeth. <laughs> wait, that's true. Uh we strike another one of them down. Blip. He slimes and it into will the ground. not raise stronger than ever before. It's true. Uh another one slimes at you and slimes. For a five, thank God we don't have to poison this time. That helps the Hell action economy yeah. greatly. Giving us the ability to fight back. One, two of them die. Okay, we're sitting at how many slimes left? Uh, one, two, three. I think there's two remaining at this point. Okay. Another one slimes at you and slimes. That is an eight. Because <laughs> it, it has to be messy. It's, again, it's no damage, but it does just mess us up a bit. One more antidote, and oh, we don't kill in return. Oh no. Okay, another one slimes at you and slimes. Okay, for a four, we're good. Ooh. Okay, we get two attack. Please. That's one down. Roll a sec. And that's a four. That's enough to take the second down as well. That is oh, the good. end of the slimes. We have nineteen experience. Bless. Oh my god. Finally, wait, we're one XP away. Mm-hmm. Finally, there's the dreaded Black Knight himself. 
that has 80 life points, which could be worse, but both his sword and armor are magic. The armor will stop 12 points of damage the first time it's hit, 6 points the second, 4 points regularly thereafter. Sword allows him to strike on a 4 and does plus 4. We can handle an honest fight pretty well. Yeah, we could. We have fireballs still, too. Exactly. <laughs> so 75 damage. He blocks 12 points the first time it's hit, regardless. Mm-hmm. <gasps> but I think so, we have to roll for initiative. Yeah, what's his initiative at? Because Alice is five. It is a six. <laughs> so, all right. He says, my slimes, my beautiful slimes. And he swings. He gets a seven, which is definitely a hit. It is a three. It is a seven. We do four less. It's, yeah, it's a three damage. Mm-hmm. We're down to 45 HP. Um, In return, fireball! So it's automatically, it's a <gasps> roll of what or better? Seven or better? Seven or better. I rolled a seven, by the way. Okay, good. We fireball this man for uh 63 points of damage. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. This is why you save those fireballs and don't use them on grannies. As much as I wanted to. It's true. So wait, you have wait, we can do fireball twice in a row, can't we? We Should theoretically we? could. I wanna fight him mano a mano. Sure. Give so us... do we want to use EJ to finish this fight then? I think I think that sounds right. Doesn't it? How much health does he have? Uh he has seventeen health remaining, but he oh, will block of six hit six points from the next hit and four from there on i want to i want to go blow on our finger stick it in our pocket come back out with the sword and even though we have another one just to just to assert dominance Ooh, we do we do indeed we grip ej who who responds quite calmly and warmly uh to the warmth our hand emanates up through their hilt we strike the enemy with the trusty EJ for seven, which is three plus seven uh, because of the uh, the spit shine oil. So that's a total of 10, which they block six of, taking four damage down to 13 for the Black Knight. Now it's their turn. Oh, you little son of a so-and-so rolls a 10. That is something. That is a... That's damage. That's, dam- that's damage. Don't look care who you are. That's damage. That's 10. 10 of damage minus 4. That's 6 of damage. Mm-hmm. That's a hurt. 39 HP remains for us. Oh, no. Uh, EJ hits exactly for 7, which the enemy blocks 4 of. So we get as small a possible pool of damage as we can, doing 3 to them, taking them down to 10, mm-hmm. and then hoping that the next throw of EJ will do a lot better than that. And in fact, deciding the the problem uh, here must have been the way we were wielding EJ, we decide instead to throw him such as a javelin or a dart directly into the head of the Black Knight. By rolling an 11, we do 7 plus 7, 14, minus their armor of 4, we instantly kill the Black Knight for their last 10 HP. Oh, kerpoof. He melts into the darkness. No! Bye-bye, punk. It reveals that I was a slime all along. (laughs) If you get out of this mess with a whole skin, go on to 201. 
The Black Knight sinks to the floor, hey, clutching his wounds. Oh, you rotter! He gasps, this being an ancient expression to convey the very depths of the insult. But you ignore him except for the token gesture of placing your boot lightly on his back and beating your chest. <laughs> then you search the huge chamber. Remember how we... The book started with gorillas. <laughs> you remember that? Six hours ago. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, how, how, oh my god. It's It almost is... It's, it is it's, almost six hours. This is half of our waking day. This is a total day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a long pocket. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've, do, we've done it in one sitting, so hey. Then you search the huge chamber carefully until, at your agile touch, a secret panel opens in the ceiling, allowing you to climb out into the muted sunlight. You look around, and sure enough, the open gateway is a mere hundred yards away to the south, faster than a speeding arrow. Despite the various bits of booty you've collected, you zip through, slamming it tight shut behind you, and quickly you turn the key you found in the little old lady monster's chest. The bolt slides home with a satisfying click, and you turn away and seek the road to Camelot. So move to Pip Triumphant, which is a very small section. Oh, God, good. If the Monday morning meetings of the table round were bad, the Friday afternoon meetings of the table round were usually much worse. Even at the best of times, the knights were restless, anxious to get a shot of business so they could spend their weekends with sailing and carousing. <laughs> but in the middle of this particular Friday afternoon meeting, something very peculiar happened. The knights suddenly began to act politely towards one another, and so that it was. After you, Sir Percival. And... No, no, my dear Galahad, what were you going to say? And? No, I insist you speak first, Sir Percival. And general sweetness and light all around, King Arthur studied this interesting development for nearly an hour before he wrapped the table for silence. Have you noticed? He said seriously. How benevolent we've all become to one another. There's not been one serious threat voiced for the last 60 minutes. The knights looked at each other in amazement, realizing that, realizing that, of course, their king was right. What does that mean? cried Sir Bevedere, who had the flair for the histronics. I think, said the king slowly, it must mean someone has managed to clear the gateway to the ghastly kingdom of the dead. Pip? Sir, asked Sir Lancelot. King Arthur nodded. Who else? I oh, yeah. I have a proposal, said King Pelinore, seated in a corner. He glanced around, grinning. I expect you all know what it is. A knighthood, asked Sir Lancelot, also grinning. Precisely, King Pelinore confirmed. A knighthood, roared the excited members of the table round. A knighthood for Pip! Even the king was smiling in circumstances. Sir Pip sounded good to him. The end! What? Oh my god! The end! We survived a sleep. We did! Oh my god, and now to do that for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, a good point well made. Yeah. I. What are my thoughts on the book? I really like it. It got a lot beefier. I do not enjoy 
the amount of like forced forced damage and instant death possibilities they gave you very far very far in not a fan mm. of that but it also it makes feels... some sense it's just like, i get it but it's like but ow yeah exactly like they, they they tied it into the mechanic effectively as well in the in the first two books you're creating your own maps of the environment rather than being given them and because of that, I think they decided that the maps themselves that you were going to have to navigate and generate for yourself could not be that complicated and could not have that many dead ends near the end of the map that come back to the very start. Whereas here, when they provide the map, it's much easier for them to do so. Format-wise, yeah. I think this would work very, very well for an individual reading a book. But format-wise, I think this is unfortunately a little harsher for those of us doing this as a podcast. It's true, it's true. But regardless, there's a lot of really cool stuff in it. I would say I think this book was the funniest it's yeah. so, of of the three so far for sure. It had a lot of like really good writing and a lot of like really clever kind of punchy humorous parts. So it's definitely mm -hmm. the funniest and I really appreciate that. But yeah, it all, it also had a couple like rough things. There's a lot of it that feel field i'm dying dude <laughs> that felt very goosebumps in it in a way that felt kind of nice which obviously this long you know like before they give yourself goosebumps so i'm not saying anything like that just i don't know just like that kind of that thing that i like that little je ne sais quoi that goofy irreverent silliness tied in with something that you're supposed to care about i find very very mm -hmm. compelling and fun um but what, what more is there to be said that I didn't say a million times every time we walked into a instant death possibility? Just, <laughs> but we're triumphant. We're Pip triumphant. We're going to be knighted. And I think that, do you have any other thoughts in regards to specifically the book before we move on to the closing thoughts and uh, me getting to eat and sleep? Only that it's taught me that the most powerful child in the schoolyard is the one who brought a magnifier and is standing over an anthill. That Pretty child is level 50. That <laughs> is true. We did get to grind off of ants. And we will have that forever. And I think that we have the, the tingle ring. We, mm -hmm. is, we came out of this. We, we, didn't even, we didn't even use the gin in the final fight, which we could have done. But like, honestly... <laughs> Oh, we should have used it against the slimes. Oh, whatever. Yeah, it would have would have been fine against the slimes. Yeah. Alas. Alas, it doesn't really matter. We were successful regardless. Uh, anyways, it's been uh, turned the page. A very, very beefy, 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 beefy long one. And <laughs> if you I want... I love the flow of that. <laughs> if you want to help support the work we put in here today, uh, it's 10 p.m., like, we got in the Discord call at 3, <laughs> and it's 10 p.m. If you want to help support what we're doing here, you can, if you want to go above and beyond, you can support on Patreon. It's a wonderful thing you can do, patreon.com slash turn to pagecast. Otherwise, over on YouTube, if you would at least, you know, go over there, do a little subscribe, do a little comment, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Scratch back, scratch back, scratch back, all that. Uh, that'd be wonderful. But do you want to thank our uh, our wonderful uh, Patreon supporter for this episode here? Our Absolutely. hero. A special thanks to the hero of the realm, Sir Adams. Well, thank you very much, Sir Adams, for uh, 
you get to you get to claim this. <laughs> you, I think that that's a badge of honor. You perhaps have the most episode, <laughs> <laughs> which is that's some bang for your buck on this one right here. <laughs> but alas, uh, yeah, go rate the podcast on the streaming service if you made your way through all of this. Go do that. But thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Beep, beep. Good morrow.